Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2019 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me from New York City is Henry. And in Colorado, I have James and Brad and Zach. We are all here. We are all here. Sorry about the last two weeks, guys. I, my, sometimes my job you, you gets in You missed two the weeks way. ago? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I wasn't here two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, you had a real... well. I guess my reason is real too. Some dude like almost killed himself on a well. He's probably dead now, but uh, <laughs> he, he wrecked out on a motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> you know, didn't wear a helmet. Lesson oh, learned. all right, never mind. Um, was his motorcycle hella loud? It was a Harley. Yeah. Oh well, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Going to hell. That's all right. I'll meet you there. Sheesh. Church isn't really working for you, is it, James? Damn. <laughs> I'll save you a spot by the cabana. It'll be fine. Ah, uh, so yeah, so thanks, guys. Did good. I listened to the Ant Man episode. Oh, it was good. That's what I would say. Yeah, that, 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 he's only how, saying that because Corinne was on. If it, if she wasn't, he'd be just like taking us to town. That's how yeah. I. That's how I reviewed uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, <laughs> it, was good, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I had fun with Ant Man and the Wasp. It was good. Sure. It was Why good. not? It was good. <laughs> We're all good. Everything's good. Yeah. yeah. Paul Rudd's great. Yeah. yeah. I do like Paul Rudd. I don't know what the movie has to do with Paul Rudd or why he's in the movie. I freaking but... <laughs> I freaking love that the Alamo pre-show had his uh, like Eric, uh, Tim and Eric like. Little thing oh, where it's yes. like uh, oh, him on the computer yeah. Like, yeah. doing the dancing. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, let me see some Tane. <laughs> yeah, Tane. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyways, we usually go see a new movie and podcast our experience of the world, but we didn't want to see Mama Mia. Here we go again God. this weekend. This, and, this uh, week just sucks. And so we're gonna bust out another film explosion from a year of 1998. So we're going back 20 years, and uh, my list is gonna get laughed at because. At this time, I was in high school, and mm. so a lot of my favorite films from this time yeah. are not cinematic achievements. Uh, I'm so glad you did that, because I, I wrestled with that as well, because there's a handful of movies that we'll talk about at some point, like mm-hmm. maybe five movies that I loved as a kid that are nowhere near this list because they're bad. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Yeah, loved that movie. 
Yep. See, but then I grew up. It's, it's, <laughs> but see, you can still. What I, I will oh, say that oh, you still I appreciate. Own it. Oh, on Blu-ray. Oh no, I I own these movies, but so some of them, like some, are going to be irreplaceable. And uh, my number one movie was such an experience that you can never top. Sure. Um, But and but there's some movies on here that's just when you're a kid and you love them. And I I mean, I still like some of them now. um, But it was really fun because it made me think back to going to Denver West when Denver West was the only cool new. Theater. Theater in town. Thank you. Yeah, I just see all this stuff going on around me. And it's just fun. And I, I there's one movie on my list that I saw in theaters five or six times. I can't remember. Um, and I would go with my friends. Nice. So it was a fun list. I had a lot of fun doing this list because yeah. there's good movies on in this year. Mm-hmm. And there's also movies that are sentimental favorites that mm-hmm. I'll cherish forever. I have a quick question. Henry, were you alive? Uh, I was too. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to set a base. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was 17. I think we've always made it clear that these aren't cinematic achievement lists. These are oh, movies yeah. that are important to us. Well, and, and these years these years when like I was a kid are always really hard because I want to get the movies in that I saw later like well, we'll talk about them. There there yeah. are movies that like were not appropriate for me as an 11-year-old mm-hmm. and I want to appreciate those cuz they were great. Yeah. I mean, there were some this year that yeah, I should not have seen when I was 10 or 11, yeah. but are maybe some of the best films ever made. But then at the same point, I want to really honor the things that I adored then. Like and 10 is just not enough. Yeah, no, like none of the ones that I watched in the theater as a kid cuz I was 6 or no, no, 7, 7 years old. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let are. me let me ask you this, Ryan. Did you see Meet the Deedles in theaters? Because I did. No, <laughs> I was old enough at that point to make a decision <laughs> on not to see that movie. <laughs> um, but no, like My yeah, poor but mom. but the ones that are the ones that did make the list are ones that I discovered not too long after that. Like I would rewatch constantly. Yeah. So um, I rented Meet the Deedles multiple times. Yeah. yeah. We all have our list of shame. But I remember Could Godzilla in the theater. Movie. That, that, that was, was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, until, hey, I, until I saw it I guess again. I should be listening to Zach, but I'm really excited about our conversation, Ryan. Uh, before we start, <laughs> I'd like to make an announcement. What? Are you pregnant? No, no, I'm leaving the show. Oh, all right. Right now. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I think uh, starting August 20th, um, I think if everything goes according to their plan, uh, Rillers Pod Show is going to be screening nightly um, on the uh, Sexpot Comedy block of shows it's like an adult swim style network oh, for yeah, uh cool. for denver media so Hot damn cool. what channel is that i don't know uh it's it's not like not on tv it's uh their live streams there's oh. two of them i think it's like 57 and 58 or something but oh, okay it's public access you have to tune into 57 and 58 okay. at the same time <laughs> channel a on the internet community, and, uh, I, uh, community access someone, uh one of my co-workers found our uh what episode was it I, I i forget what episode he was talking about but he thought it was really funny <laughs> for somebody probably one of James's. <laughs> I, just, I, love, I love that the point of that story was somebody found an episode and thought it was okay. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Oh, <laughs> hey, no, it's good. Well, I, we need our bucket like, filled sometimes. Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, do even people pay attention? But I also want to give a huge shout. We got tons of responses to this film explosion. Oh yeah, my mommy meal and oh, yeah. people that's never written to the show. Um, so I appreciate everybody who's listening and um, everybody who supports us. You know, it just means whether it's our wives, now we have wives, um, or parents, or um, the beautiful city of New York, 
uh, for giving us this wonderful. I don't reception. have anyone listening Ryan, in New York. Ryan, please stop <laughs> bragging about all your wives. Well, I can't help it. <laughs> you know what? One of my favorite Rodney Dangerfield movies that no one has ever seen is My Five Wives, where he plays a polygamist. It's pretty funny. Hey, Henry, can oh, you yeah. rent out? Yes. Can you rent out the Empire State Building to like project like a real nerd's hashtag or something in their lights or? Yeah, I can do that. we did that for the election, and I think we're on the same level of importance. So I think we're all okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Holy shit! I'm only now looking at my mom's list. This thing is crazy. I had a few people send me some lists too. So, or, so we're full. Yeah. Please stay with us. We we're really excited that everybody sent in. I I love the response we got. Um, so without further ado, since there's five of us here, uh, let's start our list for. The best films, according to Real Nerds Podcast, of 1998. There's no theme song. I don't know ever. Uh, oh, there's good. Well, one. there is one now. <laughs> it's the end credit oh, song for I, Godzilla. I tried to, uh, one of my tweets, I tried to do like the Armageddon, like, I don't want to miss a thing. Like, oh, I saw that. That was good. I'm like, I can't really get it to fit. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was like laying in bed, like trying to hum the song and read the thing. And it was like, uh, almost, uh, almost got yeah, it. Yeah. But it was too specific. Like, yes. It had to be too specific <laughs> of a tweet. For, so, At some point, like it started just reading. Yeah, exactly. Because like, at the beginning, it's like, if you close your eyes and send us your list of the best movies 1998, please do. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's all I got. Please do. I also have to be polite. Yeah, and I so I put uh, little music notes at the end, I'm like so people know that I'm making fun of. I don't want to miss a thing, guys. I just oh. got an email from Steven Tyler. He's not happy. <laughs> oh. Well, he should be. He has a lot of money. He's doing just fine. Yeah, I know. Woo, Did you watch baby. that episode of? Um, uh, oh gosh, um, uh, the soup. It's not called the soup anymore. Um, oh, with Joe McHale? Yeah, Joe McHale's show. Did you watch the episode watch where, they, where, where they had him on there uh, yep. talking about how he writes songs? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just sitting on the beach and I was like, pink. He just starts reading the lyrics to pink. But it's as my if, like, obsession. And you hear him read them and you go, oh, yeah, writing Aerosmith songs are, is really easy. Like, yeah. it's suddenly really obvious how easy it is for you to I tried to explain to my wife. Pink. <laughs> it's my new obsession. Pink. It's a matter of opinion. Pink. <laughs> I like pink. Pink. Aerosmith's one of my favorite bands, so that's, that's kind great. of an insult. I went through it. <laughs> uh, no, I like Aerosmith. I was obsessed yeah. with Aerosmith for um, a car ride. Play, Joe McHale is so, like, clever, and the writers on the show are so clever. I always try to tell my wife how he describes the Real Housewives and other shows, but I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just watch the show. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, I made Brooks watch a couple the other night. She enjoyed it. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's quite good. Um, so I'm going to start with, um, who have we never started with before? Uh, I don't think that's a thing. Nope. That's Zach, terrible. what is your number 10 film from 1998? All right. Um, my number 10 film is from one of my favorite directors. Uh, and it is a film that I didn't see until two years ago, but... Love it and think it's one of probably one of the last great films he did. Uh, my number ten is John Carpenter's Vampires. Have you ever seen the vampires? They're not romantic. Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. You want to kill one? You drive a wooden stake right through his heart. We think we got a nest inside this place. Let's get to work. 
figure out at least six goons, maybe more. Chances are we'll find a master in here somewhere. Set up, he knew my name. It's time to kill some vampires. Wherever you go, I will hunt you down. You can't kill me. Let me just ask you one thing. After 600 years, how's that dick working? Pretty good? Wow, all right. Yeah. Uh, put your seatbelts on, ladies and gentlemen. So It's going to so, be a bumpy ride. So if, <laughs> if, if, if you really think about it, this is the last, at the very least, watchable, entertaining film John Carpenter did before oh. Ghost of Mars and The Ward and and uh, Cigarette Burns and his stuff with Masters of Horror doesn't count because like, it's not a movie. It's a Showtime thing. You're um, me sad. But John Carpenter's Vampires, it's, it's, it's a fun, like, I would call it a dumb vampire flick where um, uh, where uh, James Woods plays a vampire hunter, works for the Vatican, and mm, piece of candy. Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's a lot more volatile than nowadays. But um, at that time, he was just a vampire hunter with Daniel Baldwin. Uh, Daniel Baldwin gets bit uh, along with a prostitute when they're all celebrating a job well done. And hey, Daniel, what sucks about being a Baldwin? <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> At 9 a.m. So, yeah. today, the Canadians have attacked the Baldwins. <laughs> um, but so, no, yeah, it's it's John Carpenter. Also, it, It's also him adapting a novel called Vampires with a dollar sign on the S at the end. And I've never read the book, but uh, that's what would have made the movie better. It, it, it would have been interesting marketing. But, like, it's just a fun, like, vampire western type of film that's – I would equate it to, like – Planet Terror and it share the same kind of DNA in terms of their style and like the way it moves. Um, it's a pretty fun, quick watch too. Like it's not like overtly long, um, and it has a lot of John Carpenter tropes coming throughout it, whether it's the cinematography or the music. So, um, but yeah, I, I like John Carpenter's Vampires, and like I say, you know, like this is for me. This is like one of the last ones that's like tolerable to watch because I tried rewatching Ghost of Mars earlier this year, and yeah. it did not work out for me. <laughs> It's a sad realization that John Carpenter has not been relevant in over 20 years. Uh, until this October when we get the return of his beloved Michael Myers. Uh, that he scored. <laughs> and, it, and, and executive produced. Damn it. So when you're an executive producer, what do you do exactly? Staying home and collect money. Right. Yes. <laughs> and he's very good at that. <laughs> I write fat fucking checks. Leave him alone. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Cool. John, and seriously, if you, if, and if you haven't seen it, like it's. It's actually a pretty fun watch. So, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the few Daniel Baldwin movies I've ever really seen. <laughs> you and most of America. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what else he's in. Is he in that fair game with uh, Cindy Crawford? Is that that right, Baldwin? No, he's not. Uh, and that's not. And and it's not. Uh, we have Google did, machines. That's. I'm thinking backdraft, but that's Billy Baldwin. So. Billy Baldwin. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Cool. Look at me change it up. I will go next, so I'm in the middle, so Ooh. someone else can have the spotlight. You're going to be sandwiched in. Yes, I'll be sandwiched. Uh, my number 10 film, so 
Growing up, I was a huge uh, WWF fan. You know what I'm saying? Say WWF. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so uh, around this time, around 1998, 99, wrestling started embracing that, yeah, we know it's predetermined and we know that people know how it, the outcome's going to be. But there's also this documentary that followed around one of my favorite wrestlers. And um, in this documentary, it gave you a behind the curtains look of what happened and a real life drama and it's called uh wrestling with shadows the brett the hitman heart story something like that yeah something <laughs> i think it's wrestling with shadows hey, hang on one second it has like a weird subtitle hang on hang, hang on. on yeah hitman heart wrestling with shadows i got it right the first time nice when people say people say wrestling wrestling not being real It's far more real than people think. We keep looking and searching for something to pass the time. Found what consumes me. It dances right through me all the time Let's look together and make our It's too bad that a 14-year relationship was destroyed because one member of that relationship forgot that we're in the sports entertainment business. To go back to something like Hamlet, you know, uh, Hamlet finds himself in a world in which he can find no moral value. That makes him a good man, even if he's in a bad world. Holding out a bloody sword. No matter how I squint, I cannot make out what it's pointing toward. Sometimes you feel Vince McMahon has always like had this mentality about treating wrestlers like circus animals. All these wrestlers that have broke their backs making this living for years end up with nothing when it's over. And then they sort of take you out back and they put a slug in the back of your head and dump you out in the... That's the life of a professional wrestler. The cage. Um, yeah, no, I love this movie because it's a very interesting. So there's real drama in the WWF. Um, Shawn Michaels was, by his own admission, if you want to see a follow up to this, there's a great uh, Blu-ray called Shawn Michaels versus Hitman Hart where it's just them sitting down for two hours and talking about the lead up to this moment. So at the time, WWF was losing a lot of money to WCW, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, all these guys went over to the WCW. And so Vince McMahon wanted to hang on to Bret Hart and they were trying to work out a deal where Bret Hart was going to sign like a 20 year contract, $6 million a year, 20 years, something like that. And, and then halfway through his documentary, Vince McMahon's still losing money. And Hitman decides that he's not going to sign with him. He's going to sign with WCW. And so they have this huge match. Bret the Hitman Hart is from Canada. And in wrestling, when you're a bad guy, you're called the heel. Mm -hmm. And so Shawn Michaels is 
who's an amazing performer, is kind of going to this thing called Degeneration X, where they like say like moon people and they're against the establishment. Is is that time where it's like cool to be bad? Sure. And Hitman Hart, even though he's a great wrestler, it's yeah. not cool to be just a good wrestler. Um, and so they devise this plan in Montreal that um, Bret Hart would win the title, but drop it the next day on WWF Raw, and then he'd just go off to WCW. Um, well, this story is following Hitman Hart as all this is unfolding. And so before the match, him and Shawn Michaels sit down and they plan out their match. And uh, Bret Hart's going to lose through disqualification. And there's a part in the match. He has a finishing move called... Uh, uh, it's a figure four leg lock. What's what they call it? The sharpshooter. And then something happens. They ring the bell. Hitman keeps the title. He drops it the next day. Um, but during the match, Shawn Michaels puts him in the sharpshooter and the ref gets up and rings the bell without him giving up. So M Vince McMahon purposely made him lose the belt and oh. win again. So um, and then after the match, he comes in the back and, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels says, I swear on, to, on your kid's life, I had nothing to do with this. And so <laughs> Bret Hart goes, finds Vic McMahon's and just <laughs> punches him right in the fucking face. Oh, like, shit. Like, knocks him out. And Vince McMahon doesn't do anything, lets him go away. And so this is an interesting documentary that chronicles this last, like, three or four months of Bret Hitman and the, the WWF. Wow. And it's really fascinating. It pulls the curtain out and um, seeing how these guys really are. And then, um, just to follow up, if you... See the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels documentary where they both sit down. Yeah, Shawn Michaels knew exactly what was going to happen. Oh, shit. And so, uh, but he's like, so I was... So then he had to kill the Hart's son? <laughs> yes. But he was, uh, <laughs> he told Brett that he was on drugs and uh, prescription pills and drinking so much that he didn't remember some of the things he said or did. Oh, wow. And that he was really, he felt horrible about it. And he, so Shawn Michaels went away after WrestleMania 14 and... Uh, found God and kind of rededicated his life, came back about six years later and mm -hmm. was even better then. And he found purpose. And so he went around and apologizing to everybody. And wow. he, and so that whole interview was leading up to that. And he, he said, I don't remember doing this, but if you're telling me I did it, I probably did. And I was an asshole back then. Wow. And so it's a great, if you watch those two back to back, it's really fascinating. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. that's my number 10. It's interesting how some that's of the cool best pick. documentaries and sports related recently have been about wrestlers. Well, yeah, because they don't – they're real guys, but, you know, it's also in this huge entertainment, and a lot of them didn't like each other. And yeah. You're also traveling with them 300 days a year. Right. So um, I, I'd seek it out. I, you might be able to get the Blu-ray now. I don't know. I have it on DVD. The, the one on The Sheik is really good, um, yeah. and um, Resurrecting Jake uh, the Snake is really and good, he had a, And, I mean, if you like the Shawn Michaels, there's a great one WWE put out called The Shawn Michaels Story, mm -hmm. and it chronicles his – he was super popular, and he won a lot of matches. Everybody liked him because he's such a great performer, but people backstage hated his guts. Hmm. Um, and then he came back, and everybody respected him because how he changed his life around, stopped doing drugs, married a woman, had kids, and kind of reaffirmed his passion for the industry, and it made him have some of the greatest matches in wrestling history. Wow. So, yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. Wrestling that. with Shadows. Wow. That's a long explanation of it. Uh, oh, Henry, what's your number 10? Uh, okay, so my number 10, um, I will preface this by saying that I saw this when I was an edgy teen teenager, and uh, I have not seen it since, and I have heard that it's a very bad film, so it's very possible I don't like this film if I rewatch it, uh, <laughs> but I remember liking it a lot. Um, so, my number 10 film is Very Bad Things. 
The bride. You have to pick up the cake. Don't we have somebody to do that? Yeah, you. The groom. I bet you didn't forget the bachelor party checks. The best man. It's five guys, 900 bucks. The stripper's here. Excellent. This is Tina. The problem. Slip. I think she's dead. There are always options. You left a dead prostitute in the desert? It's a 105-pound problem. Can't do this. We've already done this. And that worked. It has worked. It is working. What have we done? What have we done? What did you do? Have you done this before? Damn, I just turned your little pathetic ass in. I am not kissing this way. I don't want you to. I want to know what happened in Vegas. Nothing happened. Nothing happened in Vegas. Some very good people. Are doing some very bad things. We were very, very bad. Here comes the Wahoo. While you're at it, you know, just get rid of that dog. Kill the dog? Christian Slater. This is a situation that defies judgment. Cameron Diaz. Very bad things. A Peter Berg film. That ought to be about the end of that. Yep. So yeah, uh, has anyone seen this film? I didn't say anything yes. on Letterbox, no, but that's I don't not think always I've accurate. Heard of this. this is Peter. It's, this is Peter Berg. Peter film, Berg isn't with it? Cameron Diaz, right? Yeah, it's Peter Berg's first film. Slater. Yep. And it's with Christian Slater, and he cuts people up. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, why do you like very bad things? It's <laughs> uh, so very bad for things. <laughs> so this film, uh, it's a very very dark comedy. Uh, that's basically. Uh, about like a bachelor party that goes wrong, they accidentally kill a stripper, and then just one by one, just things get worse and worse. And so, uh, but <laughs> I saw it when I was thirteen, and it was fun then because I was very edgy <laughs> as a teenager. You know, when I watched uh, Rough Night, and, uh, it was a lot like it, but females. Except in Rough Night, the female characters are a lot more dumb. Yeah. Is there a really long delay? Uh, or are you just not don't want to say anything, Henry? <laughs> Can you repeat that? I, I kind of missed some of that. Oh, oh, I'm just saying. I watched Rough Night this year, and it reminded me a lot of it. Where, but they yeah. switched the genders, and the female characters were written really stupidly. Um, I don't remember very bad things. Are they stupid characters in that too? Um, it's less that. I mean, because the thing about very bad things, because there was that huge comparison when Rough Night came out that it's essentially the exact same film. Um, it's like, Rough Night is more of they just don't know what they're doing, whereas this film, they know what they're doing, and it's more of a statement on how morally corrupt they are, mm-hmm. and how, like, it's really, it's really, like, you can really describe it as what would happen to Christian Slater's character after Heathers. Like, it's, it's he's playing pretty much the exact same character, except this time he's a best man. Oh, I'm gonna go so. crazy! That's my Christian Slater, it's pretty yeah. good. So. It's an interesting uh, debut for Berg. Um, cause yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very different from what we know Peter Berg to do today. <laughs> yeah. Good movies. <laughs> Battleship. <laughs> I think it's fun. I have it sitting on the shelf. I think seen it all of Peter Berg's films are fun, including yeah. this film, according to 12 year old me. <laughs> so. And you know what? Who are we to tell 12 year old Henry? He's wrong until you find oh, a time okay. machine and can't find a way to do so. <laughs> Eh, what can you do? <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I don't really want to say much more about this film, because like I said, I saw it ten years ago. So I don't really want to like talk about how great it is, if it's very possible that it's not. So yeah, that's my number ten. I don't really remember it, honestly. I, I remember them chopping up the hooker with the chainsaw and stuff. Wow. But I can't remember really anything else about it. I've never heard of it. it it's a weird, like, pulp fiction y knockoff. Like the at the time when like after that came out you got like a slew of okay. films similar to Pulp Fiction in terms of like its over the top violent factor or sure. like it's- Starring Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> you know, I made a movie. Uh, you arm wrestle over oh, the Oh, no. The Stallone board's <laughs> activated again. Stallone, what did you think of uh, Very Bad Things? Stop encouraging him. Well, you, well, you know, it was, it was a pretty good movie. I mean, I wouldn't say it's very bad. I'd say it's very good. <laughs> That's all I got. It's oh. very bad things. <laughs> Brad, it's acting up on your mic now. Oh. I have the virus. <laughs> Well, I didn't know if you knew, yeah, our, our, burn our board has a button on it where you just hit Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Stallone and you know. Don't worry. I'll be replacing it with the Willem Dafoe button very soon. <laughs> yep. Cool. <laughs> James, number 10. Yeah. Uh, so my number 10 is a very predictable ringer for my top 10 list. Uh, my number 10 is an award-winning film. Uh, mm. It is the Disney Channel original Brink, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> Forget them. We still got the pit, right? Come on, Big Pete. I want to see a 540. Let's go. Ow, that hurt. Oh, man, you got worked. You all right, bro? You tried to go bio on a 540, one and a half rotations horizontal in the air. Hmm. You do that, right? In my sleep. Never gonna get that 540. Sure you will, but you're just not talking like that. Jimmy! I'm on a tight schedule here. Can we get these shots somewhere else? No, no, I gotta get a picture of the blades in the pit. I just gotta figure out how to get rid of these losers. I know them, I'll just ask them to leave. And they'll do that for you? Of course. Cool. Yeah, fun, dude. All right, look, try to throw your shoulder in the rotation more to help you out. Right. Yeah, so I fucking love this movie. You've um, made this very apparent. <laughs> yeah, I have signed multiple petitions to get it on a DVD. I don't need a Blu-ray, just a DVD. Well, I was, I was talking with this with Corinne. Do you think the Disney streaming service will start putting all their original <gasps> movies on there? <laughs> and you might have a chance to see Brink. What the fuck is Brink? You just, okay, so let me explain Brink to you. So um, Eric Van Detten, uh, who, you know, b- uh, b- was definitely on his way to being the next Paul Walker. Shit. Uh, Until that light pole got in his this way. Was, this was his year. Um, and, uh, I mean, because, you know, Paul Walker was in Meet the Deedles this year. So, like, this was... These these up and comers were up and and coming. So the uh, the 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 Brink is a film where uh, Eric Van Detten plays a young man named Andy Brinker. His nickname is Brink or the Brink. Andy the Brink. Which Brinker. Another one. Did his career come um, to a screeching halt too? Yes. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> anyway, um, so he and all his friends really love inline skating or rollerblading, as we said in the 90s. I know. I um, did, too. I was a lame kid. 
Do you see the connection here? So they were all they all really like it, and uh, and they've got a little crew, and they do like cool tricks where you know they go to shows, and you do you know you're in like a half pipe, and you're doing like cool tricks where you're riding up the thing and jumping and spinning and doing all kinds of stuff. But they do it because they love it. Um, and then there's another group of like kids, one of and like the leader of this kids, and it's called it's Team X Blades. They also <laughs> it's uh, they also Wait, that's the real name. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it is a '90s. So anything with X in front of it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was a good logo too. And everything was black, black and gold. So um, <laughs> they uh, and and their leader is that that Weasley shit heel uh, who was in the remake of like the Disney Channel remake of Escape to Witch Mountain. You know the kid. Um, so yeah, that Weasley shithole. Yeah, if you look up Brink on IMDb, you'll be like, "Oh, that guy. He was in like three movies, and he was always the worst." Weslin so shithole he's like, the third. He's like a he's like a um, he's like a kind of a bully. He picks on the other kids or whatever, but they get paid because they're really good at, at at inline skating. I'm always gonna call it that. Uh, they're really good at inline skating tricks, so they get paid. They've got sponsors and shit. They've got all this nice gear, but they don't love it, man. Like Andy and his, the Brink and his friends, like they love it. So anyway, they go through things. The Brink is like really good at this though, so he ends up getting like drafted to Team X Blades. Wait, Brink's betrays, the guy's name? His nickname is Brink. Um, With exclamation point? Well, I <laughs> no. His nickname is the Brink. He's Andy the Brink Brinker. So Andy the Brink Brinker gets drafted to the the cool guys uh, money team, and he starts doing it, but for the money. And he and he kind of betrays his friends. And then at one point, like he races them. But the shit heel dude, he throws rocks out so that so that uh, Andy the Brink Brinker's friend trips and falls and really hurts herself. Man, Gabby gets so hurt. And that's when Andy the Brink Brinker's like, shit, I have thrown my lot in with these bad guys. I need to not do this anymore. But he also he he hasn't told his dad that he signed up for this team, so he's been hiding it. You know, because it's a Disney Channel original film. So he's got multiple problems going on at the same time. So um, he's hiding the fact that he's doing this from his dad because his parents told him not to. And he has this great scene with his dad in the garage where his dad talks about, like, how he used to be a construction former. And then he got hurt and he couldn't be one anymore. And how that was really impactful because that's what he was to his family, that he defined himself by his job. And then the movie teaches you that you, you can't let yourself be defined by what you do. Uh, and then he switches teams. He goes and gets a job at a place that washes dogs. He gets an advance on his on on his pay so that he can uh, help fund the 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 cool kid, the fun kids to go b- compete in this thing. And they end up doing all these things, and they encourage each other because they're a good team. And then they win the big competition at the end. And he has to race against the bad guy, and the bad guy tries to cheat again, but he gets caught because it's all on video. And then at the end, this one guy in the crowd keeps pointing at the bad guy and going, "You cheated, man! You're a cheater, man!" You cheated, man. And I very specifically remember that guy's t- uh, uh, VO audio because it's clearly ADR. Um, anyway, and so at the end, Andy the Brink Brinker and all of his friends have won. And he has been an ups- uh, a good upstanding gentleman to all of his friends. And he has learned lessons about life and how to skate because he loves it. How but- many times have you seen this movie? Probably two dozen times. I say your recollection I, of it is pretty amazing. Yeah, I probably watched it. Well, no, it's more than that. I probably watched it at least twenty times because Disney would. It, it is easily the best Disney Channel original film. Um, there. Hold are, up. What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you you hush your mouth. I will fucking <laughs> fight anyone who thinks that fucking Johnny Tsunami or 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 Xenon um, or Halloween sequel. Town. Like no. <laughs> The b- Ever heard of a film called High School Musical, the best musical of my generation? <laughs> I'm going to turn off the laptop now. 
<laughs> I'm just going to turn off the laptop, Henry. Um, yeah, seriously. Didn't that go to a theater? Like, come on, that's cheating. No, the, the third, third one, one did because it was so good. <laughs> it, it beat Zach and Mary at the box office. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I so the Disney Channel played it over and over a lot, mm-hmm. and like many times. And so I watched it a lot at the time because I was 11, uh, 10, maybe 11. And um, uh, and then I have watched it. I have a rip of it off of the TV um, that I have watched a couple times. It still has a couple commercial breaks in it where all of a sudden they'll be like, who wants chocolate milk? And then it'll like cut and then suddenly go to the next scene. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I've watched that maybe twice. So I probably watched it a total of, yeah, like 24 times, oh, something wow. like that. Yeah, um, that's impressive. There are so many layers to this that I think Christopher Nolan's next film should be a remake of Brink. Uh, I would love much that. like I just, much I, like well, no, because he couldn't make it any better. So I don't know why you no, would do that. No, like no one should ever remake Brink because no, you can't make it better. No, it's no, like the Godfather of Disney what, Channel what if, films. So. What if what if Brink teams up with Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Inception? No, no, no. See, that would make and it he worse. has to inline skate through people's minds. No, 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 no. I, I don't think you're hearing me. You can't make Brink any better. So why would you do that? Well, you, the only thing you can do to make Brink better is take out the commercials and put it on fucking DVD for me already. God damn it! You know what? I would. I would also like a commentary from the director and Eric Von Detten <laughs> and Paul Walker for that matter. I'm gonna that's c- not gonna happen. He's not in the movie. I'll call. Cool. I'll call Criterion right now, <laughs> please, please. Uh, so anyway, that's my number ten. It had to be on the list because it is deserving. <laughs> Um, James, I just—you might know this, but I just looked it up because I thought it was. This is just fascinating to me. Did you know that Brink, the decom film, is based on an 1865 novel from the Netherlands? <laughs> what? No, I didn't. I knew I called it award-winning because it has won awards for writing. But no, I did not know this. Please explain. It is based. It is based on a novel called Hans Brinker of the Silver Skates. No. Which uh. Was written in 1865 no. by Mary Mapes Dodge. Yep. No. I was wrong. Todd Hooper to has to remake it now. Book. <laughs> I need this book. Christmas is coming. You all know what to get me. <laughs> Look me in the eyes and make sure that no more years will transpire in my life without a copy. <sighs> Going to Amazon now. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome, Henry. That made my day. Oh, gosh. Wow. All right. Anyway, my number 10. Brink. Brad? Uh, my number 10, I have not seen it in a very long time, but I do remember it being a good movie. My number 10 is Ronin. You ever kill anybody? I hurt somebody's feelings once. I never walk into a place I don't know how to walk out of. Oh, I know you. I don't think so. It's a small world. Not in my experience. He was hired to lead a mission. This is what we're after. To recover a package. We need to take it intact from several men who will be intent on preventing it. Nice. My kind of job. That some are willing to die for. Relax, darling. Just a game. Could you take a picture of me and my wife? Get the background. Guy goes for the case. Other guy's protecting the principal. Oh, they're good. And everyone is willing to kill for. I want $100,000. I want it up front. I want another 100000 when you get the case. All good things come to those who wait. 
target is on the way. We've got no word. We're moving. Come on, let's go. You don't want to go from there. Get out of here. Walk away. Walk away. Let's go! How did you know it was an ambush? That's the first thing they teach you. Who taught you? I don't remember. That's the second thing they teach you. We've made a good plan, and we're going to stick with it. What's this girl work for? Are you afraid? Of course I'm afraid. I think I'm reluctant because I'm happy. Who are our employers? I'm not under any obligation to let you know. If you are not, then the price has got to go up. It's not going to happen. The girl sold us out. We're following the wrong people. Get in the car! United Artists presents. Robert De Niro. I won't hurt you. Ronin. You worried about saving your own skin? Yeah, I am. Covers my body. I've never seen this film, but I've heard of it. Yeah, all I can remember is that it's that uh, awesome. A movie that has a briefcase with undisclosed contents sought by the Irish terrorists <laughs> and the Russian mob, which makes its way into criminal hands. Mm. An Irish liaison assembles a squad of mercenaries, or Ronin, and gives them the thorny task of recovering the case. And Sean Bean does not die in this one. Ooh. Wow. Spoilers. My goodness. That is a spoiler. And yeah, right. James <laughs> thinks it's only worth two and a half stars. Oh, yeah, that is true. Because I think it is only worth its, act- its chasing. How, how, how well did it do at the box office? Can you tell? Uh, not from this page, but I think it did like middle of the road. Yeah, because Sean Bean didn't die. If he died, then it would have been a huge success. Yeah, uh, stellar skateboards in it. Um, <laughs> stellar skateboard. <laughs> I'm so glad that joke is still <laughs> <That's> around. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I mostly remember that that chase that car chase scene, which is pretty yeah, good. So the car chase is great. Has, does Ryan know about Stellar Skateboard? <laughs> Probably not. No. Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan? I know it is. Pete, oh, okay. Pete Holmes encouraged people on Doug Loves Movies to take Stellan Skarsgård's... How did this get made? Or how did this get made? Like, it, to take Stellan Skarsgård's Wikipedia page and change the name to Stellar Skateboard. <laughs> uh, I think someone did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, up for two days before someone changed it. Yeah, I think it's one of those, like, eternally locked <laughs> Wikipedia pages now because no one can go edit it anymore. Stellar Skateboard. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I got for my number 10. Cool. Oh, uh, no, it was, was Jason. Very, it was Jason who asked him to do it. That was a it. very concise and well-thought-out summary that you gave us. That's what happens when you don't watch the movies before an <laughs> explosion. <laughs> I even own it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Zach? God, look at his list. Um, oh, oh, sweet. I can read it from here. This is the, uh, <laughs> this is the, this was the finalist portion. Man, Mulan didn't make it. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. The remake probably won't either, guys. Um, Sing some Donny Osmond about for Mulan me. One and a half. <laughs> Did Mulan one and a half make it? Are you guys a good song, uh, Make a Man Out of You? That's a pretty good song. Oh, yeah, uh, I, fun. It's, a, it's a fine film. It's just it's not one that I rewatch constantly. I saw it in a double feature with Small Soldiers. It was the better film. That one came so close to my list. But really? Yeah. I like Joe Dante. So um, <laughs> That's not a reason to like a film. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I like his sense of humor. So there. Um, but no, my number nine uh, is my number nine is a film that I like loved watching on DVD after uh, after like on after school on Friday nights with a box of the movie theater flavored Mike and Ike's and a big bowl of butter popcorn. But it has the shittiest tagline in this particular series, and it's too damn short for such a fun time. My number nine is Halloween H two O. 
It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. We could have a roaming orgy. I love the way this man thinks. No booze, no drugs, no kidding. One teacher is living in fear. I'm not who you think I am. I changed my name when I went into hiding. Terrible. Take off your clothes. My brother killed my sister. <laughs> How'd he do that? With a really big kitchen knife. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. It's been 20 years. What's he waiting for, huh? Don't you think he would have shown up by now? No. This is a sick joke. Now. Come on! The face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. This summer, Terror won't be taking a vacation. <laughs> Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. Yeah, it shows up a little later on my list. It's a good movie. Yeah, no, I am. Um, it. If it wasn't for everything else above this, it'd probably be a lot higher because of the memories I have watching this, the first one, the first Halloween and Halloween two. I what I would do is like when I got into like the horror film like mode in I want to say sixth or seventh grade, um, I would get them from Blockbuster, which was actually in like Orchard and Holly and stuff like that, and they they'd have these movie theater style Mike and Ikes that were like root beer float flavored or strawberry vanilla flavored and stuff like that and they they're discontinued now for some stupid reason but i get those big bowl of popcorn root beer did they make and, a man out of you <laughs> no they did not they made me a fat man um but <laughs> um diet near diabetes but um but halloween h2o was the one i kind of watched more than anything else other than the first one because it was it's a it's a slick 86 minutes um it tells a story that I really like, which is Lori coming to terms with um, Michael and facing her fears. Um, as I've watched it now in recent years, I still love it. I do see, however, that like there's it should should be a longer film in the regards of dealing with Lori's trauma. However, I like that it's I do still respect that it is that short because it gets to the action pretty quick. Steve Miner, the director of the film, did Friday two and three. Um, and a couple other like different horror films, and he's a very efficient um, slasher film director. Um, he makes that film feel like a Halloween movie, which is really nice. Yeah, I think Friday too is eighty six minutes too. Yeah, so he, like, yeah, he knows how to tell a story, like give you give you exactly what you need without overdoing it. Um, this is also like in the kind of the wake of the when it's released, it's in the wake of the Kevin Williamson craze with Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and all that stuff. So. It's like it, it's got an attitude to it that I still really dig. I, I like that the kids are smart and like 
a little bit above like the dumb like victim aspect. Um, and Josh Hartnett, I'm actually a Josh Hartnett like supporter, and I think he's fine in this film. You know you've seen movies too many times when you know their runtime. Yes, how, uh, Friday 2 is an hour and 27 minutes. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> um, and the, the, one of my favorite moments in the Halloween franchise history comes from this film. It's when she tells uh, Lori, like it's near the end of the film, she tells her son and uh, Michelle Williams to drive down the road and get the police. She turns around. She breaks the uh, control panel on the gate so that it's locked so that no one else can get in. Breaks open and, and in case of emergency axe, grabs the axe and then just walks down like a street leading up to the school and just yells out, Michael! And I was, it, it was so badass. Like, I, I, it's just, that's her Ripley moment. Like, that's her fucking, like, uh, like get away from her, you bitch movement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, um, and the final moments is amazing. I think that the, the, Spoilers: The head removal sequence at the end is a, is pretty fucking awesome, <laughs> until it's stupidly retconned in the next movie, which thankfully kind of killed that original timeline. Um, and I like that it ends with the original Carpenter score. I love this film a lot. I'm also aware though that this year I'm going to be getting a different version of that similar story that will probably make me a lot happier. <laughs> so, but I will always enjoy this film. So, what was the tagline? Like so much horror, you can drink it. <laughs> Blood is thicker than water. Oh, okay, yeah. I forget it was some kind of stupid water. Yeah, pun. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Also, it was one of those like Miramax the Miramax Collector Series DVDs were always kind of fun cuz they actually packed those things. Mm-hmm. This one wasn't so much packed, but they had a fun little trivia game you could play on it that I knew every answer to, and every time you answered a question correctly, you either escaped as Laurie, or you got chopped up by Michael. So it was, it was always kind of fun to play that little DVD menu game. This film is non-potable. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Nice. Oh, also, one of the best cameos of all time, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jimmy. Jimmy! Yeah, that's a, a, he gets specific mention in the credits as Jimmy. And I'm like, huh. as if this was the most important character in Halloween history. <laughs> well, sometimes they do that to uh, mislead. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets his face smashed in with a hockey, uh, with a hockey, uh, or no, not a hockey. Um, does he? Uh, a, uh, an ice skate. Yeah. Does, does he have his uh, third rock haircut? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because he was still doing it. Yeah, because he had a beanie on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Underneath that beanie was that third rock haircut. You yeah, know yeah. it. I've been suspended twice this year, so Jimmy's getting a little crazy with the stick. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, so now there's going to be a run of movies of mine that I loved when I was in high school, <laughs> and I still really liked to this day it, it they're nostalgic picks but also movies that i truly enjoy um this was the last film of this star um he died i think uh about three or four months before this and uh he starred in uh in a movie with one of my favorite actors on in sitcoms matthew perry directed by christopher guest uh my number mm-hmm. nine film is almost heroes with chris farley men we're about to embark on an unprecedented adventure to the great Northwest. Now get in the boat! It's a journey through uncharted wilderness. Oh, oh. Tell the men what they might expect to encounter. Once there was a hawk. <laughs> Pluck the man's eyeballs out of his sockets. Fear will be our breakfast. Don't take her. Take me instead. Put your hands on your hips. No, I think I'll still keep the woman. It's an undertaking of epic proportion. 
Uh, this movie is totally stupid but in a way <laughs> it, it totally works um because you have to have so basically uh i don't even remember their characters names and to tell you the truth i do know that um farley and matthew perry are trying to beat lewis and clark to the to the west uh <laughs> to california basically and along the way they they meet a lot of uh different characters and a lot of them are from christopher guest's movies i mean uh eugene livy's in it and catherine o'hara's catherine o'hara's in it and it's just really stupid (laughs) there's a part where the only way uh like matthew perry's character can be saved is if chris farley goes and gets a uh egg of an eagle and every time he tries to grab it the eagle comes back and when it attacks him, it's the worst-looking stuffed eagle ever. But <laughs> but the way worse than the Van Damme eagle. Oh yeah, and because it's literally like super stiff, and it's just Farley like fighting and pushing it back. But for some reason, Chris sells it so well that it's super funny because <laughs> almost like he knows it's ridiculous, and so he fights this eagle, and he, it, eggs keep on breaking, and so he finally gets the last one, and he. He falls down the tree and he's able to save it. And he gets back to the tent and the <laughs> the guy like breaks up and takes a little piece of the shell and just uses that part. <laughs> he's like, "Good, it just told me that." <laughs> just needed the shell. <laughs> it's stupid shit like that, and it's just it's totally dumb. But uh, there's this there's a super hot Native American girl that they both try to get. It's stupid. I love it though. I I only have it on DVD. There's some movies on my list. I don't know why there's no Blu-rays for them. Because uh, it was the late '90s, and some of those movies aren't very well loved. They're not, and, that, and they're just waiting until 4K. Yeah, almost. Almost Heroes on 4K. What studio put out Almost Heroes again? Touchstone. I don't know. Sure. Wait, Kino Lobor might take it. Yeah, I mean, I keep now. on hoping. I mean, I see movies that come out like Erotic Night of the Living Dead. I'm like, really? I get that, but I can't get um, The Longest Yard. The sixth on Blu-ray. The, I don't know. The Sixth Man on Blu-ray restored. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it, it's fun, and it, you know it's one of those movies that I remember seeing in theaters and just laughing at. And to this day, I still think there's some really great moments in it. Yeah. Um, narratively, it kind of falls apart, um, but it, it's all about the setup. And uh, as a physical comedian, I don't know if anybody was better than Chris Farley. Um, it's it's a bummer that uh, he liked drugs so much and mm-hmm. um, hookers, but you know. I learned a very important lesson from Chris Farley that I don't want to live in a van down by the river. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
Also, it's the one film of Christopher Guest that I'm like, I forgot he did that one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's really bizarre. I've and never seen it. It's a Warner it's Brothers a, one. It's Warner Brothers. I no. do have the DVD, and the DVD was hard to track down, Maybe too. Maybe archival take it over. You know, when it came out on DVD, it was, you know, Turner. Amazon barely was existed. Turner Pictures? Yeah, I guess that's... You know, yeah. Oh, Ted Turner owns it. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on TCM. <laughs> yeah. Warner no. <laughs> I like my own copy. I don't want anyone else to have it. <laughs> But yeah, no. So almost heroes. It's fun. Cool. It's we'll check a out. western movie. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. I it's think it. I've seen it. It's a Louisiana Purchase movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that burgeoning genre. <laughs> it's fun. Cool. Yep, Henry. Henry. All right. Uh, my number nine. I'll try to get through quickly because it's made by someone that y'all typically don't like. Uh, mm. My number nine is He Got Game. We out the projects, baby. Where we gonna live at, son? Central Park West somewhere? What you gonna buy your mom, son? How much? A big house. It's the will of the man. It ain't the skill of the man. Don't be afraid of nobody. Take it. Take Go it. strong, baby. Like nobody's yes. better than you. You have a son named Jesus Shuttlesworth? Is your son considered the number one high school prospect in these United States? He's awesome, baby, with a capital N. Governor's made a request that your son seriously consider enrolling in his alma mater, big state. The governor's given me his word. He'll do everything in his power to cut your time here short. The NC2A deadline is one week away. Two parole officers will be assigned to you. Yeah, I guess I better get working now. Young son. What did I tell you about that stranger in the house? He's not a stranger. He's our father. I don't have a father. Look, I need to talk to you. You'll see me around. The man escaped just like Shawshank. I beat around the bush. We love you. It's $10,000. I don't need that money, Coach. You can look like Buddy Hackett and drive down the street with this and have 40 girls chasing you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I want you to go to Big State, son. You find it in your heart to go to Big State, they may let me out on an early parole. I got that, uh... Arthritis thing. My brother's got the same arthritic condition. It's going around here in Coney Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's contagious. But why the hell did you name me Jesus anyway? What type of name is that? Jesus! Jesus! Biblical name. No kidding. I pray that you understand why I pushed you. I was the one who put the ball in your crib. I ain't no baby no more. Dear Lord, deliver Jesus to us. People make mistakes. People veer off the path. So what? God forgives them. When will you? Never. Oh. I bet he can finally beat you. One on one, and this will be the most important decision in your life. Don't blow it. Roman Polanski oh. made he got game. Spike Lee. There we go. Yeah, it's a Spike Lee film. It's I will say, play. I saw a trailer for Black Clans, and I'm like. Gotta want to see that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, he got game. Den- it's an early Denzel, like or not early, mid Denzel movie. Like, yeah, mid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's good. It's a. Uh, it's definitely. I would say it's also one of Spike Lee's more palatable films. If you're not a Spike Lee fan. Oh yeah. Uh, the uh, plot line of the film is that uh, Denzel Washington is in prison, and his son is like the world's greatest basketball player and is in high school, and so the warden goes and is like, hey. I hear that your son's really good at basketball. If you can convince your son to go to this certain college, I'll reduce your sentence. Uh, and so then he's like, okay. And then he does that. And that's the plot of the film. Uh, so, <laughs> And everyone lives happily ever after. Do they, though? Basketball always lives happily ever after. That's the spoiler. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, a, it's, it's, 
it's definitely the one of the more yeah you're right it is a more palatable spike lee film in the way like an inside man is um i uh i, I haven't seen it in a while but i i do remember liking it or at least enjoying it enough mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's fun i mean if it's a good denzel piece uh it's a good uh it, it's a, one of the better spike lee films uh I mean, yeah. It's also one of the eight films that Shaq has starred in, and I know that Whoa. there is that challenge to see every film Shaq is in. So you mean both? You can do that. What? Oh, he's been in more than two, sir. I, I know. He's, <laughs> he's been in eight. I am, let's be clear. I am. I was gonna say, there's only really one here. Scary, to talk about. Mo- scary movie four, please. Uncle Drew, Freddie got fingered. It's he's been in a lot <laughs> oh, of good films. Right. <laughs> Shut up. There's only two. Steel and Kazam. I don't oh, want to talk about steel. anything else. <laughs> I saw Kazam oh, in theaters. Boy. Yeah, where's Steel on Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah. Where's Kazam on Blu-ray? You know what? There's so many useless petitions out there. Why don't we just add one to the oh, mix? <laughs> actually, sorry. I don't need Kazam on Blu-ray. I owned the novelization. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. That was a true fact. That, that's in the library next to The Great Gatsby, right? Oh, man. The novel, filling all the nuance the movie was lacking. Yeah. But yeah, he Is got... Is Kazam you. also based on an 1865 novel? <laughs> Actually, yeah. It might be. Yeah, Arabian Nights. Yeah, I think it's a... Yeah, it's a... It's a, um, it's a Mark Twain short story. It's a reimagination of Arabian Nights. You know, get rid of Aladdin and the genie and you get Kazam. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he got game. That's my number nine. Uh, cool. My number nine is the movie that you're going to make fun of me. The mo- oh, no. I forgot that's on my list, too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my number nine is, an, is a wonderful, charming, sweet, heartwarming, nice story that's also a kind of different retelling of a story everybody knows. My number nine is Ever After. Then it's true. The story. Oh, yes. Now, then. What is that phrase you use? Once upon a time. Feels just like Christmas. I get a mother and sisters all in one day. Say hello to your new stepsister. I can see the judgment on y'all's faces. No. Full title, please. I can see it. (laughs) 
Uh, no, the full title yeah, is, is Ever After. It's Ever After, a, uh, I think it's a Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. Yeah. No, a Cinderella story is a different film that's not as good. <laughs> Wait, what's the Cinderella story part then? No, I'm pretty sure it's Ever no, After, I, a Cinderella I think story. It, I think it is like a caption, but like anytime you see it listed like on, like on uh, the nice new Android uh, Letterboxd app, it is just listed as Ever After. Uh, on IMDb page, it shows up as oh, okay, fight, 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 fight. Well, you know, Letterboxd is everything that IMDb should have been. So, 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 so uh, James, do you like Ever After because it shows you how to use your Android phone? Oh Shut wait, up. anyway, <laughs> there's like a little parenthesis that says Ever After original title. Bam, bam. So posthumously, bam. they they uh, renamed it. I bet it. they actually probably did just for marketing purposes. Oh, like, yeah. no one knows what this is. Um, this movie is charming and funny and like. Uh, I remember when I saw it and, and like the whole thing of them taking this story and trying to make it sort of realistic and taking all these aspects that like of this fantasy and making it feel semi-grounded was really cool. Um, uh, uh, is it Angela Houston? Who's the yeah? Angelica, Angelica, Angelica Houston, Houston yeah. is the is the like ev- evil stepmother, and she's just awesome. Like everybody, and then they also she's like no Kate Blanchett. They they add the well yeah. <laughs> They add the um, that's unfair. They, they add some like <laughs> dynamics to even the sisters, where like one of them is actually kind of nice, and like like they they add all this depth to the fairy tale to make it you know interesting or more you know it's uh, Drew Barrymore, more complicated. Right? Uh, yeah, it's Drew Barrymore okay. during like charming, lovable Drew Barrymore period. Um, yeah, I, I just I think it's it's a a fantastic easy recommend that like I don't know how anybody could watch this movie and not be like oh this is so charming. I uh, I had an ex girlfriend who loved that movie. Oh no, so I don't watch it anymore. Oh, <laughs> I've never... but I think I think Laura owns it. But that's not its fault. It's not its fault at all. <laughs> I honestly I, I I don't I don't like her anymore. So like I can't. Laura? No, I love my <laughs> wife. No, my my ex girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, so I can't differentiate between the two now. Like yeah. it's always associated with her. Yeah, and she's garbage. So I'm just, you, should, <laughs> I'm just you, should, you should you should give it a watch. I'm just it's kidding. A, it's a decent. It's a good fun film. I remember she runs um, and jumps on a horse. Yeah, I mean there's horses in the movie. Yeah, I don't remember anything else about it. Um, True story. Yeah, I mean there's some cool things like the glass slipper is actually just like you know little gems and stuff like that. And like yeah, I, it's it's actually quite charming. I haven't um, I have never seen it. But the, uh, oh, the um the fairy godmother is actually just uh Michelangelo or no, uh Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, I thought you meant um, Ninja Turtle. <laughs> no. Sweet. Yeah, it's Leonardo the Still Ninja Turtle. Peak, just, <laughs> Dude, um, you're going to the ball. <laughs> there's this great moment especially with him like his character is also sort of deconstructed somewhere like you know, he's he's not the most famous person on the planet. Mm. He's, you know, a traveling artist guy. Um, and there's this one great scene where, like, he he uses, much like in Pirates of the Caribbean, he uses leverage to take a door off of its hinges to free her. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you're like a wizard. He's like, yes, I, I will go down in history as Leonardo, the man who opened a door. Um, and it's it's very charming. <laughs> um, you should check it out. Yep. It's a good romance movie. I don't remember. If it's on Netflix, I'll check it out. You should. Brad? Brad? Oh, bam! We haven't seen each other in like a I month know. and a half, and we're still on the same we wavelength. Still got that shit, man. We still feeling. You. <laughs> uh, so my number nine is a Van Damme movie on this list. My oh, number Van nine. Damme. Did you make it? Nope. <laughs> it's like I can't do the math, but it's many years 20, earlier. Twenty-seven years later. Um, my number nine is Knockoff. 
Hong Kong and the world are poised for one of the most historic moments of the closing century. The return of Hong Kong to Chinese rule after a century and a half as a British colony. On the streets of Hong Kong, a war is raging between the criminals who rule the city and the terrorists who threaten the world. One man is caught in the middle. And he'll need all the help he can get. She's a cop? You didn't tell me she was a cop. Let's go! So you're a spy, huh? We work for the government! We're CIA! That's not a battery. That's a state-of-the-art explosive device. They can target anywhere they want. And they're gonna put these bombs into clock radios, stereos, even children's toys. And once this stuff gets shipped, there's a lot of innocent people gonna be in a lot of grave danger. We don't know what you did! This is obviously between you two, so if you can aim at him. Can I die low, please? You lied to me! Send the detonation signal. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road? You better buy some new CDs, Harry. It's pathetic. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Knock off. I, have, I don't remember this at all. I've only seen it once, so I'll just tell you that Marcus Ray, a sales representative for V6 Jeans, and his partner, <laughs> Tommy Hendricks, played by Rob Schneider, Tommy are about Hendricks. to be busted for selling knockoff jeans. Their American contract, <laughs> Karen Lee, who, by the way, is not only their employer, but a CIA agent sent to find the mole in their operation, is threatening them with a jail term if they do not prove their innocence. The CIA is not regulating knockoff gene sales. Uh, this is a documentary. I think you're wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I don't want to get laughed at for my choice of Brink anymore because that's a worse plot. Or amazing. Or is it? At, at the time, I did not want to make the jeans, but then my friend Rob turned to me and said, you can do it. God wait, wait, was that a Jean Claude Van Damme? I that was know. fucking my, awful. I, it was a dumb French accent. I don't yeah. <laughs> uh, Why was a Muppet it's Brussels, talking to... not French? <laughs> oh, okay, That's so right. get the region right. Okay, sorry, so let down by the exact. Yeah, I, so work on I'll your regional so... French accents. <laughs> you notice I will not do it because I... when you've got it ready, you can come back into your number eight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, for sure. If you need me, I'll be hitting myself with a belt. Three weeks <laughs> later, episode shorter. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of bad, but it's also kind of great. So I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> it's it's I can't even get it on Blu-ray, so it's, I only have it on DVD. It's like yeah. Oh oh oh! Tell me about it. I can't even get some of my movies on DVD. Yeah, yeah. prank exclamation point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's only available on beta at this point. <laughs> uh, no, it's on DVD. I got it. Um, okay. Oh, actually, you know, it is on Blu-ray, but it's like part of this like Van Damme five pack. Oh sure, um, like that, and the quest of the other four that I already two. have. Yeah, sure. Um, oh no, that is a DVD collection. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's Van Damme doing awesome action, and then Rob Schneider like bumbling around and ruining everything. So, uh, yep, <laughs> for, for ninety-one <laughs> minutes. So, like he still does to this day. <laughs> so it's like the animal, but with uh, with Van Damme. I don't it's know, like I it's like animal. it's like the hot chick, but with Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> 
animal. It's like Surf Ninjas, but with Van Damme. It's like any Adam Sandler movie, but with Van Damme. It's like Judge Dredd with Van Damme. Um, yeah, so I've only seen it once, and that's all I got. Cool. That was a very concise uh, summary there, Brett. I hope they will be, nice so this is in like five hours. <laughs> Zach? Zach? All right. Um, my number eight is um, a, f- a film f- with an actor that um, I-, I-, I loved, loved, loved the shit out of as a kid, but I didn't see this film of his until Stinky. senior year Boosting. of high school. Um, my uh, number eight is The Truman Show. Comments are still headed. What else is on? Yeah, let's do what else is Coming to you now from the largest studio ever constructed, it's The Truman Show! Yeah! Good morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> what if? No scripts, no cue cards. Morning, Spencer. How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? How many cameras you got there in that town? 5,000. I believe Truman is the first child to have been legally adopted by a corporation. That's correct. Brilliant. What if everyone you knew was pretending? Hi, honey. Look what I got at the checkout. Dishwasher safe. <laughs> That's amazing. What if your world was make-believe? Cue the sign. While the world he inhabits is counterfeit. I'm not allowed to talk to you. That's how I look. Not your type. There's nothing fake about Truman himself. What if you didn't know it? Until now. A lot of strange things have been happening. Stand by ring cam. Is he looking at us? Does he think he knows? I think I'm mixed up in something. Something big. We accept the reality with which we're presented. Everybody's pretending Truman. Get out of here. Come and find me. Truman? Truman! Truman! Anything happen? No. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself in another part of the world. It's like the whole world revolves around me. Everybody seems to be in on it. I'm going away for a while. You may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? I'm not in on it, Truman, because the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. Fade up music. That's our hero shot. <laughs> He's gone. You okay? Yes. Want to do it again? No. Find him. Truman, where are you going? You can tell us. How do we stop him? Give me some lightning. Is that the best you can do? Come transmit. I like your pen. I was wondering that myself. Jim Carrey, The Truman Show. Watch what happens. Cool. Yeah. Glad somebody got it on the list. This is actually, yeah, like, it's funny because I, Peter Weir is a really good director, but the first film of his I ever saw was Master and Commander. Ooh, that's um, a great one. And I saw that in the theater, yeah. which was amazing. Um, but this film, like, it came out side by side with a movie called Ed TV, yep. which I, I, I don't mind Ed TV, but Truman shows a lot more mature and a lot more, uh, yeah. Insightful and thoughtful about the the movie they're making, whereas Ed TV is Ed a TV, silly, a silly movie with uh, that one lady. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, Beautiful. Exactly. But um, but no, the is Truman it Elizabeth Hurley. I thought it was uh, Jenna Elfman. Oh no, you're right. It is Elizabeth Hurley. Okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah, um, uh, Truman Show. If you if if you're one of the many people who or a few people who've never heard of this film, it's um, Jim Jim Carrey plays um, uh, Truman who lives in a like kind of like perfectish community like everything kind of like happens according to like 
a plan and like it turns out he's actually like being recorded on a like, for a television show that's watched all over the world. The thing that I love about this film the most is when it finally breaks its boundaries and we get to see the Ed Harris character. Mm-hmm. Because that character I love the character Truman because obviously you feel for him and you are moved by his quest to kind of break beyond that dome. Um, and the, the the scene in the ocean at the end is amazing. It's, yeah. a, it's a great example of what you can do within a studio atmosphere, like without relying too heavily on like a computer v- VFX. Like this is like kind of like the one of the last moments where this is like truly like spellbinding. But Ed Harris's character is extremely interesting because he's like stuck in a really interesting dilemma internally about like this thing that he's nurtured and raised throughout most of its life is now like turning on him. And it's, it's like God being like being rejected by Jesus or something like that. Well, you hit that almost on the nose. Yeah, exactly. But like to the end, yeah, you you hit the metaphor, but just like at an angle, but you know what? (laughs) But, but unlike my dumbass, that movie's smarter about the way it approaches it. So, um, but like, and it's just moving performances and, visually striking like it's it's a it's a wonderful film uh i i i it's it's a film that like i i need to revisit more often because i like the way that it tells its tale mm-hmm. without um like it and it never really gets old watching it mm-hmm. like I, since since i saw it in high school i've rewatched it several times but i don't think that's even enough so mm-hmm. so yeah the truman show yeah it's a good one it's a good one um it's a very very talked about film mm-hmm. yeah i don't uh it's not one of my favorites. I remember seeing it uh, a couple times, and I always tried because I know people like it. Yeah, and I, I try to watch it. and I just can never get into it. And I think I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you why. It's just it doesn't hit me the right way. I guess. Yeah, I'm in the same place where like I watch it and I go, "This is very intelligent," and I appreciate what it's saying. Yeah, and then I never watch it. Okay, again. good night. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's definitely not like it, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Like. Yeah. The, this year, the it's not next bad. I don't think any, we're not saying it's bad. It's just one of those where, yeah. It's this is also the beginning of Jim Carrey's quote unquote serious motif, where he takes a couple of years where he's not doing his where normal shit. Good movies, yeah. That's when he started making good movies, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. next year we get his finest performance of all time. So the majestic? No. Well, majestic's good, but I'm talking about another one. Oh, the majestic? No, 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 no. it's a Mila Shorman movie. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yes, Dumb and Dumber. Yes, next year we went five years backward. <laughs> cool. Is that, uh, uh, Ryan, what's you your know? Name? I, I mean, I guess we're just going on high class right now. Um, <laughs> uh, my number eight is a film. Again, I, I loved in high school, and it actually launched the career of these directors. Um, my number eight film is "There's Something About Mary." Are you going to the prom? I, I don't. Yeah, I think proms are I thought maybe, um, dumb. We could go together. Oh, you're gonna go with like a bunch of people, or <laughs> yeah, you want like a designated driver? I can... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and me, we could go together. <laughs> when I was 16 years old, I fell in love. Oh no! 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 I wasn't. Definitely love not Mary again. I mean, crushes don't last for 13 years, right? He couldn't help it. Hi, it's Ted. I haven't seen you since, uh, since... Senior prom. I, uh... <laughs> How's everything? Oh, that's fine. Strong like blue. <laughs> and he couldn't explain it. 
You hired me to find your girl, and I did. And then the truth is, I, I started to like her. Because there's something about Mary. She's still a fox. Mary's a fox. She's a fox. When a guy who can play 36 holes and still have enough energy to take me and my brother to a ball game. <laughs> Just a little bit of history. This summer. It's too bad you don't live here, Ted. 20th Century Fox presents. If Puppy likes him, then you got yourself a keeper. I'll slip that pooch a special treat. He doesn't like anybody. He never usually likes guys. A new comedy. Come on, boy. From the Fairley Brothers, directors of Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin. Would you like a little clam dip, doll? Whatever. Cameron Diaz, Matt Dillon, Ben Stiller. There's something about Mary. Are you the little guy making all that big noise? Huh? Go! Go! Uh, I still love Super this. Super classy. <laughs> yeah, I still love this movie. It kind of started the raunchy comedy craze. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie made a shit ton of money. And, well, I mean, Porky's and stuff. Yeah. I know, but, like, of that, but that of that wave that like continued was on this, with Judd Apatow. Was this pre-American Pie? Or? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. it was a resurgence because yeah. Kevin Smith talks about in Mallrats is like they were trying to do that. But yeah. The studios are saying, you know, those things don't sell anymore. And then right. this kind of brought it back. And then yeah, American Pie that's and all what, that. Yeah, what I mean is like it's over the top like yeah. raunchy it's not yeah i mean between ben stiller zipping his wiener up the into cover his... has a woman with semen in her hair yeah and it's it's still really funny to me and i mean i, I miss sometimes i miss movies that aren't always politically correct they kind of went away lately um politics politics man and but i, I still think it's a really funny movie i still enjoy it you know you i, I you know i haven't really seen it in a long time but being a sports fan i i love the scene where uh, Brett Favre comes and Ben Stiller's character sits down with him and he tries to say his name is hey Brett Favre because if you le- read Brett Favre's name it doesn't sound anything like it's pronounced right. and uh, it's just little moments like that and I, I've always said and I know I've said many times on this podcast I do love comedies but I love uh, little subtle jokes in super goofy movies a lot more so jokes like that um and yeah, I, I just love this movie. I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen it in a little bit, but yeah, it's one of those movies that when you're in high school, it's you know you can go see R-rated movies. I don't need my mom to go see it. I can just, I can just go and uh, I uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah, an important pick. Yeah, cool. That's all I got for that one. It's goofy and funny, Henry. Uh, I will say that Something About Mary was very close to being on my list. I just thought I just thought. It, it was it was a tough year and it's hard to pick pick everything that's good. Yeah. So I just figure my films are a little bit better. You know, that's too anyway. Like I said, I did it based on my high school experiences too, because there's movies that probably should be in a top ten list that aren't in my list at all. And we'll get to other ones later on in is it my next pick too? Probably. <laughs> Henry. Uh, well I mean, like I said, my films are a little bit better. Uh my <laughs> My number eight is probably, uh, in my mind, one of the best animated films ever made. Uh, my number eight is Pokemon, the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back.
Welcome to the stadium. Get ready for the ultimate showdown. Mew versus Mew 2. Bring all your skill. Bring all your courage. The Pokemon match of all time <laughs> is here. November 12th, training is over. Kids WB presents Pokemon, the first movie. Catch it. Pikachu! That's right. Dude, awesome. This is another theater watch for me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see any of this shit because Pokemon's <laughs> stupid, but good for you. You know, it's funny. is uh, So a lot of these movies I experienced with my friend Brandon, and we used to see movies at Blockbuster, go see movies all the time. Yeah. And I have a younger brother who's 10 years younger than me, and he loved the Pokemon show. So I, would t I took him to this movie, and I I've never seen Pokemon before, and... Pikachu is going, Pika, 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 and then to, talking to Squirtle, and Squirtle's going, Squirt, Squirt, Squirtle, Squirt. And I think over around, like, is it going to be two hours of this fucking shit? <laughs> and it was. Uh, but tell us why it's on there, buddy. So, Pokemon, the first movie, colon, Mewtwo Strikes Back. There are two colons in this title. That's a rare one. <laughs> so, this movie's amazing. Basic plot. <laughs> Ash and his two friends, Misty and Brock, all Pokemon trainers, are traveling around the Kanto region. Then, this spooky girl comes to them, and she's like, Hey, my master would love to meet you. And they're like, that's weird, but this is a movie, so I guess we're gonna go. So they hop on a Lapras, and they go to a faraway island. And then they are there, and the master's there, and there's all these other trainers there? Like, what's going on here? And then the guy who's like, brought them all there is like, Listen, I'm gonna kill all of your Pokemon. And they're like, What? We're not gonna, what? No, we're not gonna do that. And so then they all fight them. And then Mewtwo comes out of nowhere because they're trying to revive Mewtwo, who is a clone of Mew, the rarest Pokemon and the most spiritual Pokemon in the world at the time. And so then Mewtwo's what? like, I'm gonna kill all y'all too. And so then they're all fighting and they make clones of all of the Pokemon. Yep. And the Pokemon, like, you're, they're like bond with their trainers. So you can't really, like, what? You can't do that. And so all the clones are like, we're gonna kill all the original Pokemon and we're gonna replace you. And that doesn't work out, but they're fighting. And Pikachu's like, I don't wanna fight. I'm, I'm a, I'm a loving creature. I don't wanna fight. He says this through Pokemon languages. Pikachu, Pikachu. Meow, but he's saying all this the entire time. <laughs> the only and part. And so doing all this. Oh. What? I have to say, the only part of this movie I remember is Pikachu slap fighting his clone Pikachu <laughs> till they're exhausted, and they're just like yeah. the weakest slaps, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and they're crying. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I sob every time this scene comes up. Their, their, so tears, then, their tears lift Ash up into the air. I think it was their then, tears. 
I'm not gonna explain the plot yet. And so then, Ash <laughs> is like, oh my god, this is awful. And so he's gonna, he then runs up to the Mewtwo, and he's like, I'm gonna stop this. And then he tries to punch Mewtwo, which is unheard of in the Pokemon universe. And Mewtwo's like, get the hell out here. And he turns Ash into this big stone rock. And everyone's like, aw oh, shit, Mewtwo just killed someone. <laughs> And so then they're like, what are we going to do? And so then all the Pokemon, like, stop fighting. Even the clones. Everyone stops fighting. They're like, oh my god, they, he just killed a guy. And so then they just walk up to Ash's corpse. And they're like, what just happened? And Pikachu's like, oh my god, my master's dead. And Pikachu's holding him. And he's really sad. And then Pikachu starts crying. And the tears run down his cheek. And then hit Pikachu, and then hit Ash's stone body. And then, st- and then Stone Ash comes back to life and he's like boom i'm back and all the clone pokemon are like what this guy's cool we're gonna stick with him now and then mewtwo's like all right cool cards played i guess and mewtwo's like all right you're all you guys are fine i'm just gonna leave now and then he leaves and that's the end of the movie <laughs> oh my god Epic. Henry, i don't know what the fuck you just said but you're special man that was there, awesome there, there's a reason why it won the, the oscar for best original screenplay wow. <laughs> That was really uh, that, oh that almost convinced me to watch that shit. It's actually not Didn't. a it's actually not a bad film if you know the Pokemon universe well enough. It's pretty decent. Um I have not seen it though in years. So I definitely I watch it every the, year. I definitely appreciate <laughs> the punctuation. I mean it's not as good as an exclamation mark, but punctuation <laughs> in a title very important to me in 1998. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. But anyway, the great explanation. Great. Also anyway. fun fact. Uh also, fun fact, there was uh, a politician in the 2012 election who, when he resigned from running, he used a quote from this movie to describe why he thought it was a good idea to leave. So that's fun. It's so well written that it's part of U.S. politics now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's impressive. How yeah. far we've come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. James? <laughs> uh, my number... Uh, eight, right? We're on eight. Yes, yeah. my number eight is a fun movie. Uh, it's a really good action film. It, it introduced me to a character I didn't know very well and revitalized an old like serial. Um, and introduced me to Antonio Banderas. It was oh. great. My number eight is The Mask of Zorro. There is a saying, a very old saying. When the pupil is ready, the master will appear. Zorro. In a land where freedom is a memory. I came here to learn how to fight like you. To have your strength, your courage. Zorro was a servant of the people. He did what was needed. And now he's needed again. And justice is outlawed. Ask the man will be my brother. Kill him! The just must become outlaws. Do you know how to use that thing? Yes. The pointy end goes into the other man. This is going to take a lot of work. One, five, three. If you want to kill this man, I can help you, and I can teach you how to move, how to think, how to take your revenge with honor. How can I do what is needed? When all I feel is... You hide it with this. Be careful, senorita. There are dangerous men about. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been three days since my last confession. Go on. I have broken the fourth commandment, Padre. You kill somebody? No, that is not the fourth commandment. Of course. 
course not. I had impure thoughts about a man. Last one? Yes, last one. No bad? The only thing would be to deny what your heart truly feels. No bad at all. Now, between the woman who rules his heart... Don't pretend she means nothing to you. But she does. And the enemy who claims his soul... I will murder a hundred innocent men if it meant killing you. Lies the battle. Montero has some plans for California. The time has come to claim what always should have been ours. For the destiny of a nation. Tomorrow we fight in earnest. We will both tempt our fates. It's only one man. It isn't just one man, damn it. It's sorrow. This summer, justice leaves its mark. You know, Zoro, you could be anywhere. Did you miss me? I think this movie is still a super solid, fun, like popcorn action movie. I would agree. Um, like I, and then also introduced me to the disappointment of sequels because <laughs> The Legend of Zorro is unwatchably bad. But uh, Mask of Zorro is a lot of fun. Antonio Banderas, uh, 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 oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Hopkins plays a Spanish man, which that's interesting. But he, <laughs> so he's he's Zorro, but he's gotten old now. And he uh, he finds Antonio Banderas, who's a thief um, and, a, and a scoundrel, and he teaches him how to sword fight. And they decide they're going to help free Calif- um, Mexican California. Calif- yeah, Mexico. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is when California is owned by Mexico, and then there's a whole plot about selling California back to the U.S. and and stealing California from the people who live there, and blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, and so that's great. Um, and there's good sword fighting and. Uh, it's got it's the only movie in which I like Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> you don't only like her film, <laughs> really? Yes, I don't know what you were going to finish your sentence with, but the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> um, I mean, bitch, if you want, but she's really good in Chicago. Oh yeah, that movie is unwatchable trash, and I would literally pee on it. Yes, so, uh, James, what are you doing? <laughs> Peeing on Chicago? <laughs> we're in the middle of Best Buy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Chicago, unwatchable garbage. Intolerable no cruelty. One, no one should. Uh, uh, the worst Coen Brothers film. You hush your mouth. There, the there's Phantom. no such thing. <laughs> uh, the Phantom, unwatchable <laughs> okay. garbage. Okay, Entrapment, Fine. Terminal. Uh, Entrapment. She. Uh, Entrapment <laughs> is okay. Okay, shit. Ter- well, but I don't like her in Terminal. Yeah, her character's terrible. In her terminal. character's terrible, and I think she phones it in. I think sh- her performance in Terminal is bad. Mm. Um, I think literally what? Spielberg would never let anyone that else could have could have done that role better. Yeah, she was really popular at the time, so like no one noticed. But like, <laughs> yeah, she's even she's even Why bad. That on Blu-ray. She's even bad in High it Fidelity. Is? I have it. She's a great villain in High Fidelity, but her performance is bad. She's s- bad in every movie other than The Mask of Zorro. I'm gonna send this She's ep- even terrible in The Legend of Zorro. She's part of why The Legend of Zorro is so bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send this episode to Michael Douglas and just see how angry he gets at you. Feel free. You know what else? <laughs> Michael Douglas phoned it in on Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> Bam! Wow. Anyway. Tangent. Um, so, Zorro. anyway, uh, Mask of Zorro is great. 
Um, <laughs> it's got some good villains in it. Uh, it's got some good action scenes. Uh, yeah, it's charming and wonderful. I love Anthony Hopkins in that film. Like and and Antonio oh, yeah, obviously great. he oh. is it's and it's interesting like I know you said like it's interesting that he plays a Spaniard but like nothing can be more interesting than what he did in Transformers well, the last and, night. Uh, British people can play anything. I mean, this yeah, is a, this is an understood film rule. Yeah, if you are British, you can play any character of you, you like literally anything. It's rule forty three in the big pop up book of Hollywood rules. Peter so. O'Toole played a black man. Like literally, you can get away with anything. Oh well, yeah. Um, okay, it wasn't all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think it's great, and you should check it out. Yeah. I'm sure you can get it like anywhere because no one cares about the movie, but it's wonderful. That's it's fun. It's Martin. It's Martin Brest, isn't it? The guy who did um, Campbell or Martin Campbell, the guy who did um, Fuck Casino me. Royale. Yeah, that's right. Cold Night Double Who, 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 oh, who yeah. did Fuck Me? Br- Brad, can you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brad, can you just be my brain for the rest of the day? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's me, Brad. Brad. My number eight <laughs> is another fun martial arts romp. Sweet. Oh, shit. My number eight is... Oh, and it also needs to be on Blu-ray, guys. My number eight is Mr. Nice Guy. Welcome to What's Cooking Tonight. Anybody hungry? Television's most popular star. Who is that guy? Is not what you'd expect. I know that guy. He's a gentle soul. I know you. He's... Jackie. You're a nice guy. Mr. Nice Guy. (laughs) But if you make the mistake... I don't even know her! ...of getting him mad... ...you'd better get out of his way. Jackie Chan proves to the world, nice guys finish first. Mr. Nice Guy. So Jackie Chan is a Chinese chef who accidentally gets involved with a news reporter who filmed a drug bust that went awry and now is being chased by gangs who are trying to get the videotape. And the the finale is they bulldoze a house. And Jackie Chan escapes. Spoilers. Bulldozing. <laughs> Jeez, Brad, it, Brad, rip that bandit <laughs> off real fast. But it's, oh. it, yeah, like an entire huge, like, weird architectural house like and then all the fights happen and it's pretty creative so cool oh yeah i remember that. that's pretty awesome yeah. there's a time when i loved going to see jackie chan movies he's pumping them out right there, the yeah. there. He'll, he'll sh- i will talk about him later so but this yeah it's a big year for him it's only on dvd and so i won't buy it so i mean we'll see it in a long time <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise i'd tell you more i just stand in the best mind stare at it angrily yeah it's like it's not even like been repurposed into a it's like it's in the old snap cases <laughs> with the oh, paper shit. front. Ooh. Yeah, so you, they're really far behind on that one. My goodness. I mean, I'm sure it's on Blu-ray in, in like Japan or China or something, like most yeah. movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's on a table on a street corner on Blu-ray in China for sure. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yep. Zach. All right. 
My number seven um, is a film that I saw probably a year or two after it came out on um, video. and I, It was actually an early DVD watch for our family. Um, and it features the late, great Don Knotts. My number seven is Pleasantville. <laughs> There's a place where life is simple. People are perfect. And everything is black and white. Honey, I'm home. It's a place that's as far from reality as we can imagine. How about some marshmallow rice squares? Those are swell. But maybe it's a lot closer that. than we think. What happened? I'm not sure. <gasps> Look at me. I'm pasty. Morning, kids. Better get a move on or you'll be late for school. I put blueberries in them just the way you like. We're in Pleasantville? No! We're supposed to be in school. We're supposed to be in color? What's all the commotion? Who's that? I didn't think you'd want to come here until we'd been pinned for a little while. You can pin me anytime you want to. Or maybe I should just pin you. She's a fine young woman. She would never do anything for us to be concerned about. <sighs> From the creator of Big and Dave. What are you doing to these people? You can't do this to them. You're messing with their whole universe. Maybe it needs to be messed with David. Comes a story about the loss of innocence. Oh, I brought you something from the library. Gee whiz. And the power of change. Well, what's outside of Pleasantville? There's some places where the road keeps going. Cinema presents. Look at my face. It'll go away. I don't want it to go away. Something is happening to our town. Jeff Daniels, William H. Macy, Joan Allen, Reese Witherspoon, and Toby McGuire. So what's going to happen now? I don't know. Pleasantville. What are we going to do, Bob? Well, we're safe for now. Thank goodness we're in a bowling alley. Oh, shit, Don Knotts is in that movie? Yeah, he plays the repairman. Man. Repairman! I never saw it. Yeah, if you haven't seen Pleasant... You never saw Pleasantville? No. Oh, shit. Um, well, I was I was 11, and the idea of my mom letting me watch a movie where sex makes you colorful wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is a part of this film. Um, it really brings out the color in your cheeks. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Pleasantville is um, the story of uh, Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon play two bratty kids who uh, are always constantly fighting, and... Uh, Break the TV, TV repairman comes in, fixes the TV. Turns out he fixed the TV in such a way that they get transported into Tobey Maguire's favorite sitcom, Pleasantville. Um, and they are forced to live and acclimate into Pleasantville society. But they end up turning it into, instead of a black and white world, a color world where not everything is so certain. How do they turn things color, Zach? Mm, there are many ways. Because they're sinners. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just broke Zach. Oh, God. That is really good. <laughs> that, really good. that is a perfectly s- solid one-word explanation <laughs> of how Pleasantville works. Oh, um, man. It's, uh, actually, and it's actually Gary Ross, the guy who um, ended up doing um, Seabiscuit and uh, the first Hunger Games oh, wow. movie and uh, wow. Ocean's 8. 
Um, he's well, he's a solid, efficient director. Seabiscuit appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's glue now. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he's going to talk about the time Gary Ross did him. <laughs> what was the most What was the most wonderful thing you accomplished in your life, Gary? I did Seabiscuit. Well, you mean you made the movie? No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. And when and it was it, happening, all Seabiscuit could say was nay. Yeah, nay. <laughs> um, but actually, it, I'm not the world's biggest Reese Witherspoon fan, but I really like her in this film. What's um, up with her chin? <laughs> damn it. Um, Toby Maguire is really good in this film too. William H Macy. Um, the film's like the film's beautifully shot, and it uses the black and white and color palettes really well. Um, costumes are amazing in the film. The the whole. The whole story itself, while it's on the nose, it's one of those on-the-nose allegories that I enjoy. Um, and it, it's fun how they incorporate older TV actors into the in, into the film as actors and playing different roles. So uh, I, I really enjoy it. it. It's it's a film I haven't seen in a while, though. If I had like before this like before this film explosion, it might even be higher. But um, yeah, Pleasantville, check it out. Uh, my number eight is another uh, favorite from high school. <laughs> Again, this is not a great movie, but it's really fun. Uh, Stop living in the past, Ryan. <laughs> never. Uh, my number eight, and I just recently rewatched it, is uh, The Water Boy. He was one of a kind, the last of his breed, the world's finest. Water Boy. And that's what I call high-quality H2O. Bobby Boucher was a lonely boy. It's not like you could use a shower, oh, Dickie. Everybody else got friend, Mama. I just want some, too. You want to have what they call the social skill. My name is Bobby Boucher. That's why you never have any friends, except for your mama. Constantly tormented by everyone. Until one day... Somebody hurt you, my boy. You gotta defend yourself here, Bobby. Or they're gonna ride you for the whole season. They pushed him too far. Stop making fun of me. Wow. Dang. He's killed, though. Now... Play football for this team. My mama ain't gonna let me play no football. They're going to train him. Is there any sport that you do watch? Wrestling. I want you to do to Casey what Captain Insano does to the bad guy. And turn him loose. Visualize all those people that have been mean to you, and then I want you to attack. What am I with you, boy? You too stupid. Stupid? No. No what? Now everyone will feel his pain. The amazing 31-year-old freshman set a new NCAA record by sacking the quarterback 16 times. And you are so sexy. The Waterboy's influence now reaches far beyond college football. From Touchstone Pictures and the director of The Wedding Singer. Adam Sandler. There's something wrong with his medulla oblongata. You playing the foosball behind my back? The Water Boy. Visualize an attack. How you doing, boy? No, no, no. 
uh, the movie's totally dumb, and it, Adam Sandler <laughs> plays the water boy for a college football team, and it turns out he's really great at hitting people really hard. Uh, they really don't explain that he has to do everything else in football, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> but it, it's so dumb, and every once in a while, it's almost, I can say it's like clockwork where Adam Sandler will play a straight character, and then he'll play a character with a goofy voice. Then he'll play a straight character, then a character with a goofy voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it can go from something like, so Netflix just had uh, The Week Of, and he played like a, a dad who or his daughter's getting married, just a normal guy. And then his next movie was Hotel Transylvania 3, where he plays Dracula. Oh, he's so really his, good in that one, too. Oh, no, he's great. Yeah. Uh, but... So I, I think it's and it's in this vein of this just goofy movie where Henry Winkler's in it and I I still always oh. laugh where he pulls his pants down he has a tattoo on his ass and he says what Mama doesn't know can't hurt her because <laughs> um, it's just out of left field uh, it's so stupid um, but it works really well for me and I just think it's funny. This is and before Little Nicky, right? Yeah, Little oh, okay. Nicky's garbage. It's maybe <laughs> it's maybe the one out of is that even on DVD? <laughs> it's on DVD. It's a, it's a New Line Platinum. Huh. It's really hard for me to watch Little Nicky, and I even watched, I think it was streaming a couple months ago on Prime, and I can't even get through it. And I love Roddy Dangerfield, and he plays Satan in it, uh, or Satan's dad, because Harvey Keitel yeah, is Satan. Yeah, Harvey Keitel's Satan. Yeah, yeah, so Roddy Dangerfield plays Satan's dad, um, and it's really bad CGI in it. And Anyway, The Water Boy. Yeah, The Water Boy. <laughs> uh, the Water Boy's just fun. I mean, it's stupid. Kathy Bates is in it, uh, and he wants to go out with the girl who's in the craft. I forget her name. Um, Neve Campbell. No, the the evil one. Neve Campbell. <laughs> no, that's Nev. Um, <laughs> James and I were on the same wavelength. Uh, but no, it's just goofy and fun. Yeah. And yeah, I watched it recently. I think it was on Netflix, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just stupid fun. Yeah, it's stupid fun. And like I said, you know, these movies I enjoyed when I was in high school. Rewatching them, I, I still enjoy them a lot. And just because it, it's just stupid. And it's if you want to kill an hour and a half. And say, hey, you know what? That wasn't too bad. <laughs> you can watch The Water Boy. Um, Make sure you cool. say that out loud, yeah. too. Yeah, that wasn't bad. And I'm an Adam Sandler apologist, so I usually like his movies. I, I love you play the foosball. <laughs> yeah. I actually love it's good, to- it's I loved Hotel Transylvania 3 this week, so yeah, he's really good, good in it. Yeah. Cool. Henry? All right. Uh, my number seven is uh, the only truly pretentious film on my list this year. Hmm. Uh, uh, my number seven is Buffalo 66.
So yeah. Yeah. Uh, both six. What's up? Does anybody get blown in this movie? No. No, that's the director's follow-up film. Okay. Silly. Yeah. Just wanted to check in on that one. This is a good film, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, Brown Bunny's also good, but uh, anyway. Uh, Policy 6, directed by Vincent Gallo. Uh, Vincent Gallo, who model-turned-director-actor, uh, he is released from prison, uh, and he's walking about town, and he meets Christina Ritchie, who's a teenager, and he's like, hey, want to meet my parents? And that's the plot line of the film. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's one of those kinds of, like, it's... I was forced to watch it in film school, and uh, my teacher was like, I promise this is a good film. <laughs> I just imagine um, you're in a chair like um, a clockwork orange. orange. Yeah. <laughs> Gallo! Gallo! <laughs> anyway, Henry, keep uh, going, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those films that like, when you watch it, it kind of feels... it. It's an uncomfortable watch mm. for many reasons. One, because Vincent Gallo is not a good actor. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> It's it's just one of those things where you're just like, as it unfolds, it gets worse and worse mm-hmm. until it's just too bad. But it's but it's very it's shockingly well made for a when you think of a male model turned art house director, you don't think it'd be that good. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, Brown Bunny's a lot more what you'd expect from him. Yeah, but, I just uh, I just thought he'd be ridiculously good looking. So okay, I only just a, a learned model. that he was a model. I didn't know that because he's ugly. How was he a model? Uh, Hand. Well, he's from that era of male models, and he very much fits that era of male models. I'm going to see how many more Zoolander jokes I can get in. It, it's it's an exor- like, it's an exercise in how much can you tolerate before you start like quivering and want to walk away. Because it is a very yeah, uncomfortable I mean, film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's not a film for the faint of heart. It's it's this is a film that did well at con. Like this is not a film that you're gonna watch on a Sunday night with your buddies. So, uh, gotcha. but, yeah, man, we get a six uh, pack of yeah. tours and watch Buffalo sixty six. <laughs> I will get real sad. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Buffalo sixty six. I'm not gonna talk about it anymore because none of you are gonna watch it. Nope, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh wow, neat. Yeah, yep. it's one of those movies where they, they and when it came out, it was at Blockbuster. Everyone says, this is a great movie, and I watch it, I'm like, this is not a great movie. I'm more into, like, the water boy at this point in my life. Um, so, and, and my mama said that Buffalo 66 was, was too bad. I haven't watched cool. it in years, but it's it's actually a really solid flick, so, yeah. Yeah, more like diarrhea flick. Because <laughs> he said He's solid. He's really ugly. <laughs> He's an ugly man. Bowel jokes are and fun. And I can say that as... <laughs> As a as a fat kid, like that, he's a ugly guy. I think you're. Well, keep in mind that he was a male model. Uh, he, he was a male model in the uh, heroin chic age when the hottest thing was to look like you were dying, and so <laughs> yeah. he definitely looks like he was dying. Yeah, Isn't and addicted to heroin. Yeah, <laughs> of I never course not. It. He's one of our best listeners. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool, good pick, I guess. <laughs> James. Uh, yeah, my number seven is a very overrated film that is on my list because it is very good. My number seven is The Big Lebowski. What the fuck is this? Obviously, you're not a golfer.
Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski. That's terrific. What can I do for you, sir? Well, uh, they were they were looking for you, these two guys. Where's the money, Lebowski? Your wife owes money to Jackie Treehorn. That means you owe money to Jackie Treehorn. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Jeff Lebowski, the other Jeffrey Lebowski, the millionaire. His wife goes out and owes money all over town and they pee on my rug? My wife is not the issue here. Mr. Lebowski is prepared to make a generous offer to you. How much did you give me? 20 grand, man. And, of course, I still get to keep the rug. Just for making the handle? Yeah. Why should we settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million? Am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. Come back, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. So I'm proposing that you try to recover the money from the people you delivered it to. Well, I could do that. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money. Her life was in your hands. This is our concern, dude. Maggie says money, Lafonte. He wants the money, Lafonte. If you don't calm down, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Lady, I got buddies who died face down in the muck so that you and I can enjoy this family restaurant. This isn't a fucking game, man. Oh, but it is a game. You said so yourself. You kidnapped yourself. I said I thought. Who's got your undies, Walter? Where's your guard, dude? You don't know, Walter? Dude. No, man, nothing is fucked here. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. His name is Lebowski? That's your name, dude. I don't like you sucking around, modern our citizens, Lebowski. I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. And moving on, Brad, what's your number seven? <laughs> Thank you for sparing us not having to talk about it. Oh, I know. Dear. Hey, people should see The Big Lebowski. It's really good. But don't fucking talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do. Zach, shut up. You know, what did I just say? This is just like your opinion, man. God damn it. <laughs> you are the problem right now. <laughs> we were so close <laughs> to getting through this. We will talk about this later. It was the uh, best. No, we won't. <laughs> Come on, dudes. <laughs> Brad. Uh, so my number seven is a movie by a couple. Don't uh, piss on the rug. <laughs> Brian! <laughs> they held the room together. <laughs> uh, my number seven is a movie by a couple of uh, kids who eventually go on to make a super awesome oh, wow. hit TV show on Comedy Central. Um, uh, it's on here because you know in high school me and my friends watched this a lot and uh, we we quote a bunch. My number seven is "Help Me Orgasmo." <laughs> what would you say if someone offered you peace and happiness through all of eternity? Have a nice day. Meet Joe Young. Hi. He's a man on a mission. Lisa wants to get married in the temple, but I don't think I can afford it. Who just got an offer. Have you ever considered acting? I got offered a part in a movie, and it pays $20,000. He couldn't refuse. What are you acting in? It's uh, uh, an action adventure porno. Porno? 
But when things get out of control... I can't believe I'm doing this. He can't get out. You're gonna finish this film. You don't own me. You wanna bet I don't punk! Without a fight. Ah, heck, criminy! Now, he's becoming the superhero... Bye-bye. God bless. He was always meant to be. I'm Orgasmo. Orgasmo. Did someone say my name? Damn it. And Chota Boy. <laughs> I forgot this movie came out this year. Well, but you're you're uh, bearing. Do you, need, do you need to do a quick mystery right? Was... Well, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you thought it was the other one. Couple yeah. kids yeah. from Colorado. Say, your next one? <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, so, uh, Orgasmo is a story of Joe Young, who is a devout Mormon living in L.A., trying to raise enough money to go back to Utah and marry his girlfriend, Lisa. Joe is spreading the word about the Church of Latter-day Saints one day when he's confronted by two burly bodyguards. And he's so good at kung fu. <laughs> Part of being Mormon is you learn awesome kung fu, right? A scuffle breaks out, and Joe's martial arts skills impress Max Orbison, who directs pornographic movies. Uh, yeah, this movie is... Super gross and ridiculous, and uh, just tons of fun. And yeah. uh, to the Chotomobile, what yeah. my Century Buick? <laughs> it's not in my top ten, but it's so <laughs> stupid that it's so close. And I, I still quote uh, Godzilla in it. So there's this like super f- fat porn star, and then her voice is done by Trey Parker. <laughs> so every time I watch it, it's a she comes in. Oh, hey, Phyllis. You better make me keem. <laughs> Give it to mammy. T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. T-Rex. That's yep. her name, T-Rex. Um, <laughs> what's what's the uh, the guy who owns this? It's the sushi shop, right? The rat. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck. What's his name? I forget his character's name, but he would go, like, the uh, sushi Zanmai in Boulder. Um, he would constantly do karaoke there. Oh, nice. Um, and they, they also have a, if you have the Blu-ray or if you have the DVD. fresh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gee, this movie um they have a drunk commentary on it it's really funny oh um, yeah they, they have did, a yeah, couple of drunk commentaries that. on that film like yeah. one of those with kevin smith actually. yeah it's it's totally insane and it's only something those dudes would make and yeah like he, he gets the part because he's really good at kung fu and i you know i just love stunt cock <laughs> it changes from a white guy to a black guy to a mexican it's just never consistent and they only want him because his great kung fu style. Yeah, <laughs> so dumb. I the, love Trey Parker. That film has two of my favorite like comedic moments. Like the first one is just I can't remember exactly what his girlfriend says, but he turns around and just yells at her, "Don't you quote Dickens in my apartment?" Um, and then the other one is when she's being held captive by Ron Jeremy and the other guy. They're talking about who porn exploits, and like Ron Jeremy looks up in the air and goes, "Hence it exploits people." <laughs> <laughs> And it also, the credit song is one of my most favorite songs ever. Oh, yeah. Now you're a man. From DVDA. Yeah. <laughs> double, double badge, double ass. Yeah. That was their, their band. Yeah, the band. Time. If you look at some of his other stuff, that band appears on some of his other like <laughs> soundtracks. Yeah, there's on a, the South Park one. There's yeah. a bootleg album out there somewhere where they have a song about David Kelly, the, the TV creator. And they call him David Kelly TV Warrior. And it's like half the songs about Allie McBeal. <laughs> I don't sound gay or nothing. 
But I think Beetle Corns <laughs> kick ass. Kick ass. Fuck, I need to watch that now. I've seen that in a while. Good stuff. So yeah, tons of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We liked it in high school. <laughs> cool. Is it the woman in your arms just because she has big titties? <laughs> or is the way he fights every day? No, it's probably the titties. <laughs> now you're my, I wish they made more my, movies like my, that. My, I really want them to take DVDA songs and like remaster them. I know they'll never do it, but like get an iTunes release of them. Maybe they have. I'm gonna check iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> I found the the Turtles uh, concert is someone finally put it up on iTunes, so it's all mastered properly. Yeah, nice. Anyways, <laughs> Zach, what number are we on? Seven, six, uh, six. six. Yeah. Um. So my number six is a film that. I really love, 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 loved when I was in high school and going through college. It doesn't have the same effect as it did then, but I still really enjoy it. And it is definitely one of my favorite Terry Gilliam films. My number six is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I want me to go to Las Vegas at once. As your attorney, I advise you to rent a very fast car with no top. Tape recorder for special music. Get the hell out of LA for at least 48 hours. <laughs> We're all set. If I could just get you John Hancock, you're on your way. Yeah. Listen, you're going to be real careful with this car, right? Oh, yeah, man. Let's give the boy a lift. We can't stop here. This is that country. God damn, I've never rode in a convertible before. Get out. Is this not a reasonable place to park? Reasonable? You're on a sidewalk! Higher! What's the score here? <gasps> Lucy paints portraits of Barbara Streisand. A bless. Hell, look what you're doing to your car! <gasps> Someone should stop that! Police, are you people crazy? What are we doing out here in this godforsaken room? Yeah, we're over there, aren't we? I've never missed a plane yet. <laughs> Universal Pictures presents the story that defined a generation. Johnny Depp. Benicio Del Toro. Let's get down to brass tacks here. How much for the eight? Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. A Terry Gilliam film. All right, now I've got to go. Time lunch. Radio, man, radio. You don't know. Right. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. No, I don't want to hear about Henry S. Thompson and Johnny Depp. Fuck. No, it, it, here's 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 why I put it on here as opposed to kind of just putting it off to the side. So, like, one, I do like Hunter S. Thompson's books. I think they're very interesting reads. There's a lot nope. in there that I like reading about. <laughs> um, and definitely when I was when I was in college. And smoking a lot of weed, it was definitely interesting reading. Um, but that book, that original book, is is incredibly difficult to process on a visual scale unless it's just Ralph right, Steadman's yeah. drawings. And Sorry, there's a, there's a long history of this film trying to be turned into a into a dumb cartoon, 
which it would not have worked as. And Gilliam, for all the opinions anyone can have about him, did do that story justice. Whether or not you like the film is kind of an up to you thing because you may not like Hunter S. Thompson, you may not like Johnny Depp even, or you may not like Terry Gilliam. But I think it's still a hey, all three. I don't like bats. <laughs> uh, well, then good. You you don't have to go down to bat country, I guess. Um, but there's also some very interesting like ways the film kind of addresses the more famous parts of the book, like the way he addresses the wave speech from the book by intercutting it with footage of the different student protests and stuff and kind of like really emphasizing the point of that speech. Um, Benicio del Toro is wonderful in the film um, playing um, uh, uh, the, the Dr. Gonzo character who's based on an actual um, Mexican rights advocate politician. Um, And I, I don't know, like it's a film that like I, I, I have, I don't watch it often enough anymore, but like, I do remember enjoying watching it and thinking about it. So um, I kind of wanted to put it on there for that reason alone. So, and I do like Johnny Depp in the movie. Um, I do not like the rum diaries, but I like this movie. So anyway, if you're in living Las Vegas, <laughs> like the whole podcast, just like I've never stopped. seen it. So I, I didn't say anything. You know, uh, I was just thinking. It's probably, <laughs> it's, it, this isn't like necessary to blame them, but it's probably because they've talked so much shit about it. You wouldn't give it a shot. I, 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 uh, wouldn't, I don't know. blame you. Hold if on. You... Hold on. I have seen the movie. I know you have. It's all right. No, no, I know, but he hasn't is what. Uh, oh, fair. Yeah. So, you know what? I mean, yeah, I will say it's, that, a, like... it's a surreal trip. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not linear at all. <laughs> I also like I'm I'm I I like Hunter Simpson's work. I like Terry Gilliam's work, and they are a match made in heaven. I can't think of a single director who could adapt any of Hunter Simpson's novels besides Gilliam. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like it's this or nothing. Uh, that being <laughs> yeah. said, totally. I'm really just that- not a fan of the film in general as well. Uh, I think it's okay. It's one of these where it's like, yeah, tell, like Terry Gilliam is the one person who can adapt Hunter S. Thompson. That doesn't mean anyone should adapt Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, it's, that's that's it's kind a of a no- different experience than reading his work, and you should just read his work if you're going yeah, to experience that, him. That's another part of that whole like thing because like there's there's theoretically better like ways to like interpret his work, and definitely like film may not be the best mode of transportation for it. Like the documentary that Alex Gibney did on Thompson is better than fear and loathing in Las Vegas in terms of filmmaking. But uh, this film for like a modern kind of analogy, it's in the same boat as uh PTA's uh, inherent vice. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing where it's like, he's the only person who could adapt Pinchion into a, film format but that doesn't mean it's still that doesn't mean he should do it yeah like sure it works as an adaptation but that doesn't mean it's it's it, you should just read the book instead and so because if anything like the, them adapting this book like fear, fear and loathing is like if anything else the the achievement is that he's very respectful of the work sure yeah no yeah sure it's a better adaptation than any of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Bam. Also, it's the compliment. Also, it's the first of t- it's the first of two movies on my list that have the song Tammy in it. Mm. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. All right. Are, are you done? sure? I don't know. Am I? I'm just gonna start calling you the Rambler. Ryan, you're number six. <laughs> uh, my number six is a repeat. My number six is Halloween H2O. Um, oh. I'll hit on all the stuff that Zach says. I really like that it's uh, super quick. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna joke that you were gonna start. No, with, I think because I think it's. What's serves, great about this movie is how little of your time it wastes. Because honestly, I don't think um, slasher film should be 
really long. Yeah. Because, uh, so to give you an example, this one's 87 minutes. Uh, Hell Night is almost two hours, mm. and it just, it's too long. That sounds like a hellish night. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's it, literally, and it not, and it's Hell Night, I don't know. Whatever, um, but I H- don't know that I've ever heard of Hell Knight. What is Hell Knight? Uh, it's Linda Blair, right? Linda Please Blair. tell me it's about a hellish knight K- a, with a K. So I'll give you the premise. It's these uh, the sorority and fraternity go to a house that's supposed to be haunted, and then the fraternity sets up gags throughout it. But it turns out it's really haunted. And so this is all in the first twenty minutes. So when people start getting dispatched, like okay, this has to be over soon. No, it's another hour and a half. Um, so there's lots of long scenes that don't need to be there. Uh, anyways, that's why I like Halloween H2O, because it just gets to the point. Um, I like it more when you listen to Jamie Lee Curtis has a great commentary on it. Mm. And she really, just like this one that's coming out, she really shepherded this and wanted to give the fans something. It's, you know, 20 years later, what has Laurie Strode been up to? And I love the idea of her being an alcoholic and not being able to cope with her past and that she projects that onto her son mm-hmm. and once you get uh josh hartnett's uh hair out of the way um, <laughs> it it it, oh, it, it comes into like a really visceral and really empowering moment when uh zach mentioned it she says she starts screaming for michael she's like i'm tired of this bullshit mm-hmm. if you're gonna come kill me come kill me and it's uh and she stopped being scared and and she talks about in the commentary that the original ending was him just getting his head cut off and they shot it and they took it to the people at dimension and like whoa 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 you can't just kill michael myers and so they reshot it where he starts reaching for the mask and mm. that scene became that michael switched the mask onto a paramedic and then chops off the head and she said yeah i understand you can't kill michael but i thought it would be more satisfying to have Lori kill michael and that yeah. just be the ending of it and i think so too but mustafa cod wanted more money yeah and th- whatever you know it's i mean it's fine i yeah. mean like and it's fine. And then Did they you get, make another one after this. Oh one? yeah, it was with Buster Rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Treat, motherfucker, entertainment." Yeah. Which uh, the it's not too bad. Resurrection, like I like the setup, but then it's just stupid. I don't like that the player's not buffering throughout the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> um, that would so, be more realistic of the time. And I really like Jamie Lee Curtis even more so now. You know, when I watched. Her uh, documentary she did for the night she comes home where she does. She's never done conventions before, but she did this one, I think, Horror Hound in Indiana. And she realizes how much the character means to people. Mm-hmm. And then if you watch Comic-Con this year, some uh, guy stands up and says something about Laurie Strode meant to him. And she does this great answer. And she goes down and gives a guy a hug because he was a victim of something. And it's, it's really cool. And she really is. A, a, I really like listening to her. I think she's a wonderful lady. And uh, I'm almost I'm, I'm almost amazed that uh, Gordon Green and McBride were able to get her for the film. But then when you read everything leading up to it and what's involved in that new one, it's very clear that she would have had no choice in her own heart. So, yeah. And it's it's and so, yeah, it's just fun to see Jamie Lee Curtis do that stuff. And, yeah. cool. you know, she did True Lies a year before. Now we have this one. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Henry. Uh, my number six is repeat. My number six is uh, Truman Show. Uh, I'm not going to say much, but the thing I'd, rather, I'd say is that uh, that was not much before was that Ed Harris plays kind of the villain in the film, uh, and he uh, gives such a subtle performance that people often forget he's even in the film. Uh, but I think I, I think I'd point out that he's really good in the film. I I really like his performance. But that's all I'm going to say about. It. We've already talked I, about I like it, so. Ed Harris when he shows up in films because I think he's so great, and yeah. I, I like when he's kind of the smaller character guy mm-hmm. where he's really yeah. menacing. Uh, I mean, I think he's great in mother. I'm still like mother oh, yeah. is still really goofy to me, but it's one of those movies I tell people to see 
Not because I think it's a you should watch it, but you just have to see it. Are you sure you don't tell people to see it because all movies that end with an exclamation mark are great? You know, I never thought about it that way. I'm just saying. Brink, you've pushed mother. me to the brink of that argument. I'm just saying. Just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, good. Great. Yep. I like Ed Harris. Yeah. Actually, I love him in A Beautiful Mind. Ed Harris, yeah. He's good. Yeah. I like it when he wears white vests. <laughs> uh, my number six is the movie on the list that you will most make fun of me for. Mm. But it's also very good. Um, and it's also a remake based on a really old story. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Oh, psycho, come on. My number six also has Anthony <laughs> Hopkins in it. My number six is Meet Joe Black. 65 years. Don't they go by in a blink? You're dead. Yes? You're not dead. You're just a kid in a suit. The suit came with the body I took. You want me to be your guy? I wish to see the world. Mr. Parrish, will the gentleman be staying for dinner, sir? Yes. If I say who you are, I don't think anyone will stay for dinner. Does your friend have a name? I'm sorry, this is... Joe. Incidentally, Joe what? Black. Have we met? He's from out of town. Let me ask your opinion. Do I blend in? This is crazy. You're married, aren't you? No, I'm not. Gay. What is that? Peanut butter, sir. Hmm. I thoroughly enjoy this peanut butter. Uh, this is Joe Black. He'll be joining us this morning. Our sole order of business today is an acceptance of John Bonacue's generous offer. He filled more of these delicious cookies. Mm, and a cup of tea with milk, please. Is there anything else, Mr. Black? You like him, don't you? Yeah, I guess you. Why, yes. In this world, nothing is certain but death and taxes. Death and taxes? Yes. But non parent Who is Joe Black? He sleeps at Bill's house. He never leaves his side. I have this weak feeling in my knees. You walk into my life, give me the worst news a guy can get, and now you're spooning with my daughter. I love him. I don't care if you love him. Easy, Bill. You give yourself a heart attack and ruin my vacation. Universal Pictures presents... I'm in love with a man, but I don't know who he is. Brad Pitt. What I know is what I want, and what I want is Susan. You're violating the laws of the universe. Anthony Hopkins. You're at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong woman. Are you threatening me? Yeah, I certainly hope so. And Claire Forlani. I want to be with you, Joe. In a Martin Brest film. The time has come to tell you who I am. Joe, I'm afraid. What's going on, Joe? I feel like we're lifting off. Uh, Meet Your Black is the story. Three hours long. It's great. It's great. And it still seems shorter than Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Two VHS tapes. Uh, Major (laughs) Black is um, uh, Brad Pitt plays a guy who gets hit by a truck and is dead for the rest of the movie. Uh, (laughs) Good night. (laughs) But, (laughs) right. Uh, No. So he tells the story of death, literally, um, decides that he wants to figure out what it means to, like, what it feels like to be human. So right after uh, a really, really handsome guy gets comically ragdoll hit by a truck, um, it's, a, it's awesome. Uh, the, uh, he, he inhabits his body and walks around and falls in love with Claire Falani, 
who is the daughter of Anthony Hopkins. I had a big crush on her. Oh, she's she's just beautiful in this Mall movie. Mallrats, Claire Forlorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, her sister. Anyway, her dad is is Anthony Hopkins, and he's trying to like. He knows that he is near the end of his life. And so he's trying to, like, put his business stuff in order. And, I mean, literally his business in order. Like, it's it's kind of getting run by some shitty people. And, like, he's thinking about a lot about, like, his sort of um, legacy and all of that. and um, Which is really what the movie is about. I mean, it, it ends up... The reason why I love this movie has nothing to do with the romance and everything to do with these great scenes where Anthony Hopkins and Brad Pitt talk and Anthony Hopkins sort of, like you know, reminisces about like his life and what he's done well and, and you know, what he wants things to what he wants people to think after he's gone and um th- the movie is always really emotional to me, especially because of like those scenes at the end where here's this guy who is, you know, doing his best to end his life in the best way that he can and sort of leave things on a good on, on good footing. Um I think the performances are really good. I think Brad Pitt is actually really entertaining. He's like he's doing this very deadpan sort of thing. Um, but every now and then when he breaks a little bit or, you know, as he sort of learns, I think it's just, um, it's a, it's a charming little film. It is also very long, um, which is why I don't watch it that often. But there was a period in like college where I was just obsessed with this movie and watched it a lot. And then Um, there's a part where they find out about Joe and they go, he's fucking dead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hand a brat mall rats back around. You know, you know, it's interesting. This man also directed scent of a woman. Meet Joe Black, and then he ended up doing um, the the defining film of his career, Chile. Yeah. No, not the defining film of his career. No, no, it is. Not. Um, gobble, gobble. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I hate you so much. See, no one made fun of you for the movie, because we're all like, no. Yeah, because it's so much easier to make fun of Zach. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, that's my number six. Uh, my number six is actually my least favorite of this director, but it's still good enough to be the sixth movie on my list. Um, his second film launched his career and in, into, into great things. My number six is Rushmore. These are the names that define our world. The artists who shaped our minds, the rebels who challenged our views. But of all these legends, there is one that stands above all others. I'm sorry, did someone say my name? What's the secret, Max? The secret? I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore. Sharp little guy. He's one of the worst students we've got. We're putting you on what we call sudden death academic probation. Can I see some documentation on that, please? Would you invite that kid to your party? Max Fisher. Come on, Dad, there's going to be girls there. I'd rather die. Pull your head out of your... Maybe I'm spending too much of my time starting up clubs and putting on plays. It's time, homie. Kiss me, little one. I should probably be trying harder to score chicks. I like your hat. You're a teacher here, aren't you? Oh, I'm so glad you could come. I want you to meet a friend of mine, Peter Flynn, Max Fisher. Hi. Who's this guy? Has it ever crossed your mind that you're far too young for me? I like your nurse's uniform, guy. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? I don't know what you see in her. I, I don't think she's right for you. What's that supposed to be? Hello, Herman. How are you, Rosemary? I know about you and the teacher. Does Max know? 
my least favorite of his films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's not on the list. I, <laughs> I think I've only seen it once, but... It, it, oh, wait. They do have a face song in it. It's a good film. I just... I, it's not one I rewatched the most of his career. It's the story of love, expulsion, and revolution. <laughs> when a beautiful first-grade teacher arrives at a prep school, she soon attracts the attention of an ambitious teenager named Max, who quickly falls in love with her. Max turns to the father of the two of his schoolmates for advice on how to woo the teacher... However, the situation soon gets complicated when Max's new friend becomes involved with her, setting the two pals against one another in a war for attention. And I think what I don't like about it is, like, Max isn't, like, a character that I like very much because mm-hmm. he's a bit of a no, brat. I hate him. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Bill Murray's character is a bit uh, duplicitous. So. I hate him, too. So, yeah, it's, but uh, it's still got that great Western innocent whimsy. Um, and some fun things, and uh, it's still better than the other four movies I just talked about. This so. is this is because <laughs> you've seen it in the last twenty years. Yep. <laughs> this is a uh, this is Bill Murray's like not comeback, but like re- redefining his career a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This is because this is where it starts for him. Because then he goes on to work with like Jarmusch and a bunch of other guys. So yep. So yeah, that's yeah, my number cool, six. Cool, Rushmore. Don't like that movie. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's fine. I, it's just that there's no one for me to root for. Yeah. It's not like Moonrise Kingdom where you like the kids. You I know. know. It's like Moonrise Kingdom if everyone's a shit heel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you shit. root for the, the lady. Yeah. Rushmore is probably a better title than shit, hole, shit heel kingdom. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like Grand Budapest Hotel if you wish they went to jail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Zach, we're number five. Number five. All right, my number, f- my number five is the first movie where Matt Damon needed to be rescued. My number five is Saving Private Ryan. Dear Mr. Brian Boyd, no doubt by now you have received full information about the untimely death of your son. However, there are some personal details. That Believe I very strongly. No words of mine can ever. He was a fine soldier. And regarding the circumstances leading to his death, felt his loss tremendously. Robert's commanding officer's heroic service to his country. A great soldier, dedicated friend. The grace of God and the aid of your Those son. Those of us I'm alive. Please accept my most sincere condolences. Live in our memories. To you, my deepest sympathy. Colonel, I've got something you should know about. Yes. These two men died in Normandy. This one in Omaha Beach. Sean Ryan. This one in Utah, Peter Ryan. This man was killed last week in New Guinea. Daniel Ryan. The three men are brothers, sir. I've just learned that this afternoon their mother's getting all three telegrams. That's not all. There's a fourth brother, the youngest. He's somewhere in Normandy. We don't know where. That boy's alive. We're going to send somebody to find him. And we're going to get him the hell out of there. 
Some private in the 101st lost three of his brothers, and he's got a ticket home. It's not going to be easy finding one particular soldier in the whole damn war. Get the fuck off the show. Like he Get purpose- the fuck He has to seriously show. do this to like just sweep legs. There's no way. God damn it. How? Well, I am. I am. Li- what? What is this? Nice guy? What's your number one? Nice guys? Like seriously. <laughs> what? How do you put the one other four move? What? I, 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 I'm just going to turn my mic off. I just, I'm just going to turn my mic off. I don't even need a mic. <laughs> that was the most adorable tantrum I've ever seen. Um. Boo! <laughs> I'm turn your mic off. What I'm not talking out say? of protest. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I I love Saving Private Boo. Ryan. Barely not. Do you? It's not even the top fifty percent. It's barely better than Rushmore. Apparently, <laughs> a movie you can't root for anyone in. Um, I just. Boo. I just. Boo. Love- <laughs> I. I just okay. Um, I just like the four above it more mean more to me personally. <laughs> okay, but Saving Private Ryan is one of the greatest movies ever. It is, and it's but not for, better than four other movies to you. It's actually <laughs> yes, it's um. But again, preference, and also this is my God, favorite. It's like between it's, four thousand and nine thousand men are rolling around in their graves yeah. right now. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my. <laughs> I just literally realized that that means Lebowski is higher on your. Oh my god! Oh my god! I need to. I need <laughs> wait, to leave. Wait. I need to leave for a while. Is this the 1999 Academy Awards again? Is Shakespeare and <laughs> Love fucking on your list higher than this? I will tell you, oh Shakespeare. My god. Shakespeare and Love is not on the list because I I know better than that. Um, Do you? I, 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 well, you'll you'll see. Um, right, we'll this, give you a this is when they nominate only five best see? pictures. We see? I was gonna say. <laughs> what? What, Henry? Will we see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Please defend while saving Pratt Ryan's number five on your list, Zach. For for me, um, it's also actually my favorite Spielberg film. Um, <laughs> fuck you. Oh, oh, your favorite film from the best director of all time. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> you have to understand. Well. There's other directors I like more than Spielberg. Um. <laughs> God, Any, has anybody ever seen that scene in Scanners? <laughs> James is just melting into his seat right now. The sound of an aneurysm. <sighs> Remember when Tote melts in Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's James right now. If He's this, fucking dead? If this was a text message, I would literally send the the gif with Peter hanging himself. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're waiting. Um, yeah. So, um, Saving Private Ryan, uh, a wonderful World War II film. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, uh, 
Tom Sizemore and Edward Bur- Edward Burns, who's Vin a- Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> Vin Diesel performance ever. Technically, yeah. If if we don't count some mocap, um, or or voicing it. Wait, wait, wait! You just <laughs> said what the? F- what is happening? <laughs> um, uh, obviously, like there, there's, you can't mention that in the film without mentioning the D Day sequence, which is an amazing piece of filmmaking. I actually also like kind of like the, I like the stuff obviously that happens like as the movie goes on and whatnot. The scene where Tom Hanks is discussing his life prior to joining the army or to being in the army is amazing. Um, when I was younger, I, f- I saw this when I was 10 or 11, so I did not know like everything what good going movies were that, that it was yeah. real. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I didn't, I didn't. It was one of those first films where I saw a bookend kind of thing where it starts in the present, goes to the past, then comes back to the present. Like it was one of like yeah. the first times I'd seen that. So when the, when the reveal happens at the end with the tombstone, it made me cry, and it still makes me cry. Um, it's it's a it's a beautiful film that I think like it's one of the more like re- along with maybe Letters from Iwo Jima, it's one of the most realistic World War II films I've ever seen, um, and it still holds up to that measure. It does not like it. It hasn't really aged. Great um, movies never age. <laughs> well, no, like. <laughs> Like it, in terms of visual effects and stuff like that, so but this is great storytelling. Yeah, right? how would you so. know if it's realistic? You weren't there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what time machines I have. Okay, if your number three is Brink, then I'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a conditional situation. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> anyway, Saving Private Ryan, a wonderful film. I can't uh, wait for Patch fucking Adams to be on your number, your number two. <laughs> that that you know what that did not make the list either. So, <laughs> so uh, a real number five film is a film that me and uh, my friend Brandon quoted endlessly throughout high school, and it's not very well known. Um, but when it, I found it on DVD, it was the greatest day of my life because it's so stupid. Uh, it's called uh, Dead Man on Campus. At a time. When the voices of tolerance and reason cry out for patience and understanding. And in the spirit of a world united by the power of love, we ask that you consider no positive role model. What time is it? 7.15. So early. At night. No secret identities. Let's see an ID. Dr. Mohammed Rashid. No. No, we're doing sex. Are you insane? Uh, okay, some sex. I love college. Oh. oh, shake it off. And most importantly... Just remember, you have to keep a B-plus average to keep your scholarship. You're looking at a dead man. Don't worry, kid. Dale man has always had a rule that if your roommate died as a result of his own willful act, you get straight A's. I'm not going to kill myself, in case that's what you're wondering. Okay, now, here's Mr. Z. Who's Mr. Z? Mr. Z is the guy who's going to kill himself, whether he lives with us or not. Guys, guys will live with us, so his death won't be in vain. We've got two weeks to move him in here and push him over the edge. Oh! This guy, he is it, man. I got some beers. They strike him, huh? That one's not beer. The pamphlets say it's crucial to keep all instruments of self-destruction away from the suicidal person. Hey, Buckley. Oh, what's with the knife? You must be our new roommate. That's right, if I'm still around. Hey! Ah! Whoa! Whoa! 
guys. Psychotic. I smell a pig. Paramount Pictures presents, in association with MTV Films. You guys know any chicks who like party? A Pacific Western production. Who's they thinking listening to you? Which one of these chicks is for me? Actually, I think they're all lesbians. Lesbians! You guys are cool, man. Men on campus. They hate it when you do this. In this movie, these two guys find out there's this written rule. Uh, this is a number five movie, by the way, Zach. They find <laughs> yeah, yeah. out. No, I'm point out that you're apparently this movie as good as Saving Private Ryan. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, so in it, they find out that the, the charter at the school or something. There's this this bylaw that if your roommate dies, you get A's for the semester. And so they keep on trying to. This is why this movie will never be made now. So they keep on trying to find dudes that are like. I thought you said they get AIDS for the semester. No. Um, they try to find people that are suicidal or have a a predisposition predis- to to die. So they keep on uh, getting all these like goofy people, like the jock who they they're so they go through interviews and. The jock says, you guys ever get so horny you just want to fuck everything? Like, you want to fuck this couch? He's, like, going around and, like, fucking inanimate objects. And then they have this British guy uh, who's really depressed and he's a goth. And so when they're interviewing him, he says stuff like, and who the fuck are you? Fucking Kurt Loder. And if you don't know who Kurt Loder is in MTV (laughs) Newsdays, he would probably have some news. And so he's really, like, depressed and he's British. And then they throw in this party and in his room he starts singing show tunes and they come in he's like wait a minute anybody who sings show tunes can't be depressed he's like i am i'm really fucking depressed he makes a sad sad face and they go you're not even british (laughs) it's so stupid and so funny and uh it's one of those movies that i don't know why i love it it's not well made but it's funny and it's it's such high concept that comedies sometimes don't do anymore I, I i vaguely remember that when they go see like the school charter or the rules for the school it's literally in the library in this glass case with the spotlight on it and it's just so over the top um it's I, awesome i've never seen this film but looking up looking like reading the concept and hearing you like this sounds like it might like it, it might be like edgy ed- an edgy black comedy yeah it's pretty fun like, yeah. I, i'm pre- pretty sure it's produced by mtv too oh yeah yeah um, <laughs> so it's you know it's in the same vein as joe's apartment um <laughs> But no, I love this movie. I, uh, Tom Everett Scott is in it. You might know him from that thing you do. <laughs> Ooh, uh, it's good stuff. He's the drummer. Al- Allison yeah. Hannigan too. Allison hmm. Hannigan. Um, um, I think Mark- Linda, Car- Linda Cardellini yeah, and J- lot- and Jason Siegel. Yeah, there's a lot of when uh, they were probably dating. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, famous people now that were in it. It's uh, it's a fun movie. It's totally goofy, but you should cool. see it. That should be on Blu-ray. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, it's fun. Sounds like a, like a number five movie to me. It does, yeah. yeah. Let's get Criterion to put it out. Oh, that'd be awesome. It sounds <laughs> only slightly better than Rushmore. You're right. Yeah. You're, hey, you know what? It is almost slightly better than Rushmore. Yeah. There you go. Henry? Henry? Uh, my number five um, is a film that I'm just shocked even exists. Uh, my number five is Bullworth. By March 1996, Bob Dole and President Clinton had locked up their party's presidential nominations. And while California approached its primary with little fanfare or attention, Democratic Senator Jay Billington Bullworth embarked upon the final weekend of his re-election campaign. 
promised us federal funding to rebuild our community. What happened? Well, you, you haven't really contributed any money to my campaign, have you? I mean, if you don't put down that malt liquor and chicken wings and get behind somebody other than a running back who stabs his wife, you're never going to get rid of somebody like me. That was really good. Yo. Yo, yo, yo to you. Later. I was hoping for sooner. Senator, what is this new strategy? Just tell me a little bit. Senator Bulworth, excuse me, Senator, do you think it's wise to seek the support of the entertainment industry when you have such low opinion of our product? My guys are not stupid. They always put the big Jews on my schedule. Uh, excuse hey. me? Murphy put something bad about Farrakhan in here for you. Let me look. Miss, you be really honest with me and don't spare my feelings. Do you have any more of the little crispy crab cakes? <laughs> so yeah, Bullworth tells the story of a politician who loses his mind and becomes a rapper. Yep. Um, it's amazing. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it so much. An Oscar uh, nominee, too, because it's warm. Well, baby. yeah. I mean, it's a good movie, too. Yeah. Not, you don't need to be like, so fucking stupid. This film was Oscar nominated. Fuck you, fu- number five. Um... <laughs> I have not seen this film beyond the only time I've watched it, so I don't remember if I don't remember it sticking out to me. But it's it's a poster that freaks me out every oh, time yeah. I see no, it's, it. It's a yeah. very famous poster. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's a Blu-ray cover that no one walks by and doesn't go, "Ooh, what, what?" And it's also not a Warren Beatty movie that I immediately cling to. But no. it, I, I remember it being interesting. Hmm. It's definitely. I mean, I don't know. It just was. If if you like political comedies, I think it's really interesting, and I think it's just really interesting. Like, it, it does say stuff about kind of like politics at the time, and how, especially really like liberal politicians were kind of turning their back on the black community, and kind of talks about that in a, in a certain way. And it's an, it's a very interesting kind of film. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's I think it's it's one of those forgotten films. That you don't really hear about anymore, maybe for good reason. But I think it's good, and I think that uh, if you, I mean, it's like if you're a fan of political comedy, I think it's a very good example of one. And so, yeah, it's not a movie I I regularly watch, but I, I get enter- I, I was entertained when I watched it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, better or worse than uh, Dave? Hmm. <laughs> I've not seen Dave in a long time. Better or worse than Wag the Dog? Well, uh, I say it's better than Wag the Dog. Okay, all right, all right, well, yeah, all right I'll check it out. <laughs> Meet the Deedles is kind of better than Wag the Dog. Hey, now, <laughs> actually, well, have you seen Meet the Deedles? They eat worms at one point. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. I owned it on VHS. I'm sure you did. My number five. Yeah. Okay. Good. A good number five for this list would have been mine, which is Rounders. Okay, I'm right. I'm, I'm, oh. uh, what's the limit here? Big bet's $20. Good, okay. It's 20 You've seen half the hand. How the hell are you betting into us? We know what we're holding, and we know what you're holding. The hell you know what we all have. <laughs> well, you were looking for that third three, but you forgot the Professor Green folded it on 4th Street, and now you're representing it, you have it. 
The DA made his two pair, but he knows they're no good here. And Mr. Eisen is just futilely hoping that his queens are going to stand up. <laughs> this might Take it down. All right. Take a seat next to me. I can't. I can't. I don't play cards. Get out of here. How can I concentrate with you looking like that? For the last two years, Mike McDermott has been doing the sensible thing. But his best friend just got out of jail. I can't believe you still know someone called Worm. He's like my brother. You've domesticated yourself for this girl. And needs someone to lean on. I need money. I gotta put some scratch together, man. I consolidated your outstanding debt. 25 grand and still running. What I did was go partners with an old friend of yours. We do what we used to do, man. You find the games, you scout them. I sit and I mop them up. Michael McDermott. I knew you'd be back. Last night, I sat down at that table, and I felt alive. My blood was bubbling, my skin was tingling. I was James Colburn in The Magnificent Seven throwing knives. Hold on there. Whoa! The guy's a cheat. Right now, he's ruining your reputation. If you don't give my money, then you are mine. I vouched for the wrong guy, so now it's on me. But I can't stay for this. For what? To watch you go all in again. We can't run from ourselves. Our destiny chooses us. Deal. Matt Damon, Edward Norton, John Turturro, John Malkovich, Gretchen Maul, Famke Janssen, and Martin Landau. Rounders. That seems like a more appropriate Matt Damon movie at number five. I'll have a yeah, cookie so when I want it. <laughs> Rounders is a really fun little... Uh, it's a movie I didn't see for, I don't know, probably ten years late, like, later. Like it, it was a while before I finally found it, because not a movie that people talk about very often. Um, it's, a, it's a poker film. Um... And Matt Damon and Ed Norton are both, like, poker players, and they are sort of paying their way through college or maybe higher college, you know, maybe grad remember. school or something. Um, I remember seeing it and thinking they seemed a little old for college, but I think I saw it in college, so that might be why. Um, they're paying for schooling and stuff. Um, it's got Gretchen Mole in it, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. There was a period of time where I really liked Gretchen Mole. Uh, like, this and 13th Floor, I was like, man, yeah. Anyway. Um, She's great on Boardwalk Empire. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that show. Yeah. Yeah. Half that first season was watchable. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I just don't want to keep watching it. I know. So, um, uh, yeah, anyway, they're they're poker players, and Edward Norton is a uh, douche. Um, sorry, but he's the worst, and he uh, keeps getting Matt Damon oh, in more trouble. Oh, let's keep it to the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, uh, his character keeps getting Matt Damon's character in trouble a lot. Um, and so they end up having to play... Matt Damon keeps having to play poker and almost loses his, his marriage and has to play uh, John Malkovich, who is a Russian and eats Oreos, and then I want Oreos. All right, uh-huh. I want to get some Oreos. I have a, cook, a cookie when I want it. <laughs> I almost brought Oreos to this podcast. Oh, gosh, that would have been good. Because they had pistachio oh, flavor. I was like, what's that taste like? We have some now that have Pop Rocks in them. Yeah, our fireworks one. I got them. Oh, yeah? My little, my little guy loves them. Yeah, they're Did all right. One? Oh, man. Rounders, I also remember, like, that was another Miramax Collector Series one, and it was always the most interesting, like, poster, like, cover on a DVD I'd seen, but I didn't pick it up till years later. Mm. Um, That's I, good. I felt it being a two-disc edition was a little excessive, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good Friday Night Watch. Yeah. You know, it's about a five. Uh, Brad, <laughs> what's your number five? My number five is a movie from my Infinity Gauntlet. My number Ooh. five is What Dreams May Come. I love you, Bug. I love you, too. 
Don't move. The moment that comes for everyone. Has come for Chris Nielsen. You've died, Chris. If heaven is a place where you know only joy. Oh! oh screwed up. I'm in dog heaven. You're creating an entire world here. From your imagination, from anything you want. Where you feel no more fear. I'm gonna drown. You can't. You're already dead. Oh. And anything you can imagine. Yeah! Is real. It's your world! Could you let go? Of the love you left behind. I need Annie. That'll change in time. Time does not exist here. And wherever it went, it's not going to make me need Annie any less. And how far would you go? You never see her. I'm her soulmate. To get it back. I can find her. Love you, Strong. You just kept me there. Robin Williams. It's not about understanding. It's about not giving up. Cuba Gooding Jr. You find her. You can do it. I believe in you. Annabella Shiora. I'm still here, baby. I still exist. What dreams may come. Ooh. Interesting film. Yeah, on its way up, the most times that trailer has played on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, Chris Nielsen dies to find. Wow. Di- oh yeah, Chris Nielsen dies to find himself in heaven. More amazing than he could. Who wrote this? This is terrible. <laughs> uh, I believe you are saying it right now, and no one wrote it, Brad. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, my brain's just fizzling out. Sorry. Chris Nielsen dies, find, and then finds himself in heaven. <laughs> Let me start over. Sorry, I'm having a stroke. Guys. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think uh, Zach's number five in yeah. your brain. <laughs> Chris Nielsen dies and finds himself in a heaven more amazing than he could ever have dreamed of. There is one thing missing, though, his wife. And after he dies, his wife, Annie, kills herself and went to hell. Chris decides to risk eternity in Hades for the small chance that he will be able to bring her back to heaven. Uh, yeah, so I like this because... Uh, Art-wise, it's gorgeous, yeah. um, and just to explore some interesting uh, thoughts on the afterlife. So I agree, and depression, yeah. and depression. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The the uh, the way it's sh- the the, the ways you the color palettes is really cool in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the the in hell like the sea of people like stuck together and like has to step over the bodies and everything, mm-hmm. and all the, like the torment of uh, like hell being more of insanity than fire and brimstone. Yeah. Um, and depression, yeah, it was just really powerful. So, yeah. that's my number five. Yeah. Zach, it's a beautiful movie. Number four. Um, all right, just, um, I'm just so ready to be so mad. I know that doesn't matter. I'm used to yelling. Damn, um, you guys each gave it two and a half stars. Um, <laughs> so, um, um, my uh, my number four um, actually has a lot to do with my number one from last year um, for ninety or for ninety seven, like last year's ninety seven film explosion. Um, cause it's, um, a story by, uh, based on a novel by the same author, Elmore Leonard. Um, and it's, uh, kind of my intro, it's kind of the world's introduction to Steven Soderbergh in a big, bad way. Uh, my number four film is Out of Sight. It may only happen a few times in your life. 
It's yeah, a good you... film, but better than saving. <laughs> Fuck! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Explain I mean, yourself. This the, Henry, you know we put these movies in order, right? We're not, or Zach, we're, we're putting them in order. We're not just reading a list of ten films. <laughs> Zach, can you take a week off from the podcast? <laughs> No, um, have but, you seen Saving Private? Never mind. I have. Are you on the drugs, Zach? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Um, no. Like I said, the the things beyond Saving Private Ryan are films that like have meant a lot to me in various different ways. Out of Sight does because like it's it it's 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 a fun crime flick that I enjoy watching. Not as good as Jackie Brown for me, but like has that same style and tone. That was kind of like prevalent throughout, like a Get Shorty and even a Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown, like that. So it's kind of in that ilk, and it also kind of like got me into um, like the other end of Soderbergh that wasn't just Ocean's Eleven. Um, the it's George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez in the only Jennifer Lopez movie I can really watch anymore, because um, uh, I, I I don't count Jer- I don't count Jersey Girl because she's only in it for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, it's 
it's basically like George Clooney plays a bank robber who um, kind of gets uh, sexually entangled with a uh, FBI agent, and uh, it kind of they both kind of run afoul of the law. Um, it also features a cameo by Michael Keaton playing his character from Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. um, which is always kind of a fun little Easter egg. Um, the The film is very well shot. It's slickly directed. Um, it's it's actually a film. If I were to describe Soderbergh's style, I'd utilize that more than I would even utilize an Ocean's Eleven as an example because it mm-hmm. it doesn't it it does the kind of same like slick kind of like fades and wipes and whatnot, but it doesn't like overwhelm you with them. So, um, and yeah, and I enjoy the the final moments near the end where they're all kind of like hanging out in that house. Um, so yeah, out of sight. It's a film that I enjoy watching. That's a really good number five, Zach. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You'll be angry at number three, probably, but whatever. <laughs> you mean four. Yeah. Brian? Uh, so my number four is another film that not only uh, my friend Brandon and I quote all the time, all my friends quote all the time. Um, and, you know, this is this is better than Out of Sight. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not better than Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's a film I still watch to this day, and I was so excited when it came out on Blu-ray. Uh, my number four film is Basketball. Wow, at the 10, the 5, touchdown! In a world where professional sports had sunk to a new low, two guys invented a game. Yes! Come on, it's 3-1, dude. That took them... To the big time. Hard to believe that just five years ago, this game was played only on driveways. And it's hard to believe just five years ago, those girls were only in grade school. From the director of The Naked Gun and starring the creators of South Park. What an unfortunate thing to happen on Dozen Egg Night. Comes a story about their rise to stardom. Would you mind signing these? Sure. Oh. The fans who adored them. Joey, look who's here. My biological father? And the forces. Players of your caliber should be making the big bucks, don't you agree? That drove them apart. Dude, you turned down Kane's off without even talking to us. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. Dude! 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 Dude. Dude. I guess you've got a point there. Universal Pictures presents... I love kids. Heads up, big guy. God, I need a little work on the hands. He's blind, Doug. Trey Parker. Matt Stone. Guess I'll take my shot now. Yasmeen Bleeth. Here, open your blouse and say ah. Reamer. Jenny McCarthy. I finally got all the chrome off this for you. Robert Vaughn. It's nice. It's very nice. You want me to start on this one? And Academy Award winner, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> This summer, experience the passion and the triumph. I'm the king of the world! Yeah! Basketball. I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited? Feel these nipples! I was wondering when this would show up. I get it. It's another one of those movies that's so stupid that it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I honestly quote the part with... When uh, Squeak shows up at their house because he has to move in, and um, they <laughs> show him his room. Gas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they show him his room. Is like, 
wow, that, you know, the couch folds up into a bed. Yeah, it folds up to a really nice bed, but that's Jenkins' bed. That's your bed. It's this cardboard box with, like, this ratty blanket <laughs> that hanging is so over. so fucking weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's everything about it is just stupid, but it's really funny because, I, and if you watch the special features with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the only reason they agreed to do the movie is because it was stupid, and then they kind of brought their own humor into it. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on about when they argue dude back and forth to make mm-hmm. a point. It goes on way too long. Um, you know, when Squeak's sleeping in, like, the drawer in the, in the locker room. Come on, bitch. You're my new best friend. <laughs> Can we go to the zoo when he's wearing, like, hoodie pajamas? Um, or when, uh, Yasmin Bleeth is talking to him in the locker room. They both have these, like, ridiculously long penises. It's so stupid. And they're talking to each other, and they turn back to the owner and, like, swings across his face real quick. It swings across the screen. I, I um, love the song when he's having that moment of reflection in the car, and he's like, and those warts on your dick aren't going to go away unless you start using topical cream. That's another uh, DVDA one. Um, I, I'm surprised how, like, it's a different David Zucker film than most of his films. Like, it's not... Uh, it's not, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a straight-up uh, spoof, yeah, but I, it has still the same humor sensibilities to it. Yeah, and it's it's parodying something, but it's not parodying a genre. It's parodying, like, a topic. And, I mean, the subtle... Well, they make it fun of pro sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. which, yeah. Well, they, I mean, the, when they have the Unsolved Mysteries bit, and <laughs> the, it's like, scenario number two, he's hanging by his fucking neck in his closet, <laughs> and then they go to a reenactment, and the actor who's hanging by his neck is smoking. It's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I like it at Ernest Borgnine's funeral when uh, he tells everyone to leave except for Coop, and then he no just starts doing that to that strip to "I'm too sexy for my shirt." <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it goes to a time when so each city. What's up, Coop? Yes, Mr. Denslow. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. Yeah, and they have a great Robert Downey Jr. joke where they take the kid out for to get drink and get shots, and they said, "Man, this kid's liver's worse than Robert Downey Jr.'s," and um yeah and they <laughs> and they almost kill him because he's getting a liver transplant <laughs> yeah. <It's> so dumb <laughs> i love it though and uh each city is a stereotype so like san francisco is a san francisco fairies um the dallas felons i think yeah uh the miami is it the miami felons might be the miami felons yeah uh, whatever i don't remember but yeah it's i think ma- it's the dallas like i mean it's, i just watched it this week. yeah san antonio like uh Cowboys, but they're all racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One, two, three. Fuck the Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Mexicans. It's, it's, oh, and then they, they have the a Miami really Felons. awkward Oh, it's long, the Miami Dealers. Yeah, the Miami Dealers. Yeah. Uh, they have a really long, awkward kiss after they go into the pit of, like, On the friendship board. or something. Yeah. yeah, it's so awesome. I love everything about that movie. Don't they have like oh, it's a, fat I, liposuction I, from Marlon Brando's ass? <laughs> is it? I, I'm trying to remember because I have not seen the film in a couple of years. But it, it, there's a moment where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in the film, right? Like he's like two times. Just, yeah. yeah, he's in a glass case. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's punching out his time clock. <laughs> when they're inventing basketball and they the like the douchey dudes yeah. have like sweaters tied around them and they go what like horse? No, it's not like fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you could basket, you had a letter. What like horse? <laughs> like horse and i still to this day when people ask me what i'm doing i say i don't know hanging out playing nintendo yeah. i still say that every time i can when he uh meets up with like it's R- reggie jackson right yeah he's like man back in the past i like i took i uh made three home runs but i lost that third ball off your fucking ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> some snot nose little shit so the third ball <laughs> and it's like his origin story 
I just wish we could get back to the good old days of of professional sports when players were more like more like indentured servants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good film. Yep, deserves to be number four. Yeah, it's a good one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Henry, uh, my number four is probably the scariest film of all time. Wow. Uh, my number four is Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. There are monsters who dwell in our nightmares. Creatures of unspeakable horror, plotting to destroy mankind. But in this world, there are warriors who have the courage to confront this evil. The original Scream Team is back, featuring all your old friends and starring the world's hungriest hero, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. We're hungry, and we're going to get some food to go. (laughs) Well, I have never met a pair who ate so much. Join Scooby and his pals as they go from unmasking phony monsters to searching the country for real cases of the supernatural. They venture deep into the Louisiana bayou to a mysterious island haunted for 300 years. Well, if they want haunted, they come to the right place. People go into that bayou and they don't never come out. Here in this swamp, you will learn the secret of Moonscar Island as our heroes battle the forces of darkness and, worst of all, cats. Who brought this... this... dog? Wrong? Where? This here's my hunting pig, Mojo. What were you doing out here? (laughs) There's something suspicious about that gardener. Yeah, he is suspicious, but he is kind of cute. You'll have a beautiful view of the Harvest Moon tonight. I hope you'll be comfortable here. What's going on? It was a nightmare. Ms. Lenoir and I went outside to wait for you when we were attacked by these... these... (laughs) Zombies? But there's always a logical explanation for these things. What's that? It's the fisherman! No! It's the ferryman! Roll! Maybe it's real. So come along with Scooby and all the gang in their most frightening mystery ever. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Because this time, the monsters are real. This film's terrifying. (laughs) Um, Did you pee your pants, Henry? uh, I watched this film a lot when I was a child, and boy, 
Was I a scared child because of it? You know, it's oh, funny. Okay. Is my little boy watched that the other day because all the Scooby Doo's are on demand on Comcast, and he <laughs> Kellen loves Scooby Doo's because they go on solve mysteries. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, I can appreciate it. <laughs> Was he scared? No. He's, he's three, Henry. He's he's a skeleton fighter right now, though. He'll tell you he's a skeleton fighter. Listen, this <laughs> film's terrifying. <laughs> Just because Ryan raises his son to watch all of the Halloween films and yep, all of those true. films before his, he's five, doesn't you know what? he's a Raise little a more boy. used than me. He doesn't like five, does he? <laughs> so, like, tell us what this movie's about. So basically, yeah, the mystery gang reunites on this one island and has a dark secret. There are actual monsters there. They're zombies. <laughs> and they're real. Wow. wow. There's a part where Fred rips someone's head off. Terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> this film so, is also just so good. It's actually very well done. And actually, Scooby-Doo was not being made for ten years before this film. And this film was so good that they were like, let's do Scooby-Doo again. And then they made my favorite film ever made, the live-action Scooby-Doo film. And it was great. Is this movie how he got elected president of Cartoon Network in 2000? It might be. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, that's that. Yeah. Because I don't understand. I mean, I was campaigning really hard for Brack, and the fact that Brack came in second place really pissed me off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Scooby. I think this is what got him the role. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, man. That's not yeah. a joke. That's real history. Go <laughs> yeah, look it up. Oh, I know. Like, that's some shit, man. Um, but yeah, this movie. It's actually it's very well animated. It's very well done. It revived Scooby-Doo, which, leveled, which is shocking. Uh, and I just I think it's actually, I think it's just actually just a really well done like for how a kids Scooby horror Doo out of commission well for what was that how long was Scooby Doo out of commission for where they didn't really make new stuff before this you turned the thing a little bit oh uh, I think he, I think he said ten years ten years yeah. was like the yeah. gap between Scooby Doo's yeah because the, uh, they had uh, the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo in like eighty four I think around huh. then. Uh, and then they and then they had like pup named Scooby Doo, which was like a spinoff, which wasn't really Scooby Doo. And yeah. then they didn't make Scooby Doo until this movie. Wow, because you know he's such a part of pop culture. Oh that yeah. To see that he's been gone for that long, because now they just turn out those movies like they're nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I I wouldn't believe mm-hmm. it because Henry just said that he was in the Thirteenth Ghost, and that's definitely not a Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> <laughs> we could make it one though. <laughs> um, uh, no, if you don't know about Scooby Doo and the Thirteenth Ghosts. Holy shit. This <laughs> miniseries they did was insane. It's Scooby-Doo, the Daphne, Scrappy-Doo, Shaggy, Vincent Scrappy. Price, and then yeah. some other kid hanging out and solving mysteries. <laughs> it made no Because you need sense. Vincent Price to help you solve mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, Daphne's sexy, so. <laughs> she has the red Fred hair. Fred and Velma were on their honeymoon. Bandana, oh. the short skirt, the high, knee-high socks. Love it. We should make a porn parody called Scooby Goo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm done. Scooby Doo me. Show's over. All right. Oh, okay. Just I people mean, fucking dogs. Isn't the name? Isn't the name Scooby Doo? How do I get in on the audition, Brad? <laughs> cool. Great. Good pick. But yeah. Yeah. That's my number four. James, your number four? Yeah, my number four. Uh, my number four is a. Um, Weird, quirky little sci-fi film that uh, I 
Um, I probably saw I don't know 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, and and Diff did not understand it the first time. Uh, and it, it's one that like takes a while to figure out. And it's a movie that I've been I've been like waiting for Alex Proyas to live up to ever since. Uh, my number four is Dark City. So Dark City is based on a bunch of notes from uh, like meetings that um, uh, Sigmund Freud had with like some client of his who was, who was crazy, um, who basically like th- thought that all these weird conspiracy conspiracy things were going on around him. And so it's it's kind of taking that and trying to make it real. So it's about this guy who wakes up in this weird sort of man. I don't even know like mid mid 19th or mid 20th century city and uh he's he hands up getting accused of maybe killing a hooker and he doesn't know what's going on um and there's these weird sort of bald guys chasing him who end up sort of being aliens um and there's just all this bizarre stuff happening and sort of tying together um and it ends up kind of being like a weird sci-fi superhero film where he ends up having like telepathic powers and and there's all this other crazy stuff going on um is like a very interesting watch and certainly for somebody like me who at this time and you know from for the um eight years after this where i was like really studying sci-fi a lot um this was one that like found its way to the top of a lot of stacks when people would ask me like hey what's some good like weird sci-fi that i've never heard of that i should watch i mean this is one of those first things that I'll, i will recommend to people um because it's such a weird uh, interesting kind of idea for a film that they get to just you know go have some fun with um did you get to the title yet 
Yeah, Dark City. Okay. I inter- Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, I had to it. pause for the trailer. <laughs> this, and this popped up on a couple of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, this popped up on a lot of people's lists that like were sent to me. I've mm-hmm. never seen it. Yeah. Oh it, wow. Uh, oh, it's yeah, it's cool, and and it really is like Keeper. every time Alex Proyas comes out with a movie, I'm like, motherfucker, why can't you make a good movie again? Mm-hmm. Like, and I like some of his stuff. Like, I'll even. I'll even apologize for a few things like knowing and iRobot for being like, well, you're trying something. But then, man, that uh, Gods of Egypt shit is bad. Um, in a fun <laughs> way. <laughs> yes. Uh, but not in a this guy's first big oh, yeah, hit yeah, yeah, was yeah. Dark City way. Right? Oh, yeah, like, no, I agree. Like the guy who made Dark City should have gone on to be a like a, a light Christopher Nolan. Like this movie has so many wild ideas and such a cool style. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Diet, especially Diet at, at a time where there were so many, you know, I mean, shoot, this is the year before the Matrix came out. Like, there's a lot of that kind of gritty sci-fi weird stuff going on. Like, this is one of the ones that I think stands the test of time and is still a very watchable and enjoyable movie that, that has aged relatively well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out. If you can get the director's cut, you should. Um, in college, uh, our teacher like showed us all the religious symbolism in it. Oh yeah, it's just I, yeah. there's lots of Easter eggs. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean it's it is a very I mean that's that's part of what's frustrating about it is like there's so much craft involved in this film that like then when you go look at something like Gods of Egypt, you're like, what the fuck? Where did you, you where? Why did you stop trying? Mm. Um, you know, because like at least at least with iRobot, I can be like, dude, man, that guy cashed a check, you know. Um, Robot's but, interesting enough, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It is a fine. Yeah, fine. It's I'd, fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. I robot's fine. It's, it's like it's three fine. stars. Yeah. yeah, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, everything is fine. Yeah. Um, it's not a travesty. But it's not. Yeah. It it, uh, it doesn't live up to like the the great sort of sci-fi um, uh, genre that this movie is. So um, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a fun one. Dark City. People should check it out. It's a it's, it's a weird movie. I think I said weird like six times in that. <laughs> Brad. Uh, my number four is a movie where my friends were like, hey, we're going to go watch this. And it's uh, more of a grown-ups movie. I'm like, okay, I'll go. And it's not on my radar. And then I go watch it. I'm like, oh, my God, this movie's amazing. Uh, but it's also a repeat. My number four is Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> four? I'm gonna, I, I, hey, he's better I, than me by one. I Okay. Uh, mm, I don't know. I just don't get it. Our, our title's Real Nerds. I just don't believe like, it sometimes. Why even put it on the list? <laughs> I'd get, was, I'd get, I'd get mad at you, at you, but I already got so yeah, mad. I'm like, exhausted. I, I think when you hear my top three, you'll forgive me. Okay. <laughs> all okay. Right. All right. All right. All right. If, if it's, it's if definitely it's, the best quality movie of the last yeah. four. If it's the quest and catastrophe <laughs> and uh, cardigan sorrow, I'll be okay. <laughs> also, children of men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did yeah. the quest come out this year? No. no. I, was okay. a, I was just listing. I like Asian, if I missed a Van Damme movie, I, uh, I know I, I was should just go back and fix something. Van Damme movie. That's all. I might uh, kick Saving Private Ryan to put quest on it. <laughs> 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 just out of spite. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're probably going to talk about this a lot later, so I'm just going to say, yeah. Once you watch the D-Day scene, you're like, yeah, you're yeah. Bl- you're just blown away. Like you never seen anything like it before. Yep. Um, and then for me, you know, expecting that. The guy in the beginning is Tom Hanks, and it's not. Oh shit! It, like, blew my mind. So, spoilers, brah. <laughs> yeah, from twenty-year-old movie. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Zach, That's a good movie. All right. Um, 
know what to say anymore. I know. <laughs> so I literally can't get mad. I have nothing left. My number three is a film that I found at Circuit Cities when they were closing. Um, okay. And I picked Robo it up. RoboCop Two. No, <laughs> that's the one I got. Um, uh, no, um, it's a. F- but but I picked it up. I watched it, and I kept rewatching it and rewatching it for various different reasons. And for some reason, it's my favorite high school movie. Um, my number three film is The Faculty. From Kevin Williamson, the writer of Scream and Scream 2. From Robert Rodriguez, the director of From Dust Till Dawn, comes a new science fiction thriller. No more pencils, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time... They're right. Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. Critics are calling it hip and scary. A thrilling ride from beginning to end. It's the faculty. Please report to the principal's office. really hoped he was going to say brink no i really like the faculty wait 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 <laughs> sorry let's stop you to keep doing Brad, this Brad, Brad, Brad got there way faster than i did i just real okay yeah sorry go ahead zach sorry um so faculty is pretty much like invasion of the body snatchers in high school yeah um and uh I'm not sure exactly like to this day exactly why it's able to push all my buttons but it does really well. Um, and uh, I, I, it's not the best written Kevin Williamson script. Um, but, but even what even, is a good one? Scream. Scream. Okay. Um, but but even still, it's one of those ones I enjoy. Um, I like Robert Rodriguez's take on Williamson's uh, uh, content. Um, there's a bunch of actors popping up that I that I like watching like and also John Stewart's in this film and he gets stabbed in the eye with a pen it's really fun um I like the whole body snatcher like element to it and how they try to do a like a teen spin on it the soundtrack is is pretty fun I liked enjoying listening to that soundtrack um when I was able to pick it together from the different albums in which they're on because iTunes never released a full version of it um and then like just it's it's pretty it's pretty quick it doesn't like linger it it moves pretty qu- quickly throughout its whole process um uh it's also like like there's a lot of neat little practical effects in it that still hold up rewatching it last year i noticed that like even in the shadows and like outside of the shadows when like bright lights are hitting up those practical effects still work really well uh cgi not so much but i kind of forgive it like for being a low budget dimension film of the time like this is the money Robert Rodriguez was going to get. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, and it's, it's one of the few things he didn't write. So it's like interesting to see him take other people's work and uh, shape it. Um, but yeah, and uh, the, the Famke Jameson character is interesting. Uh, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Famke Jensen's in it. All right. Yeah. Um, and uh, my guy, I mean, the only cameo that's completely useless in it is Harry Knowles. Um, uh, 
and yeah, I enjoy it. I, I really like it. I wish it's one that they would have put on Blu-ray when they brought everything to like Mill Creek or Echo Bridge or whatever they did, but they haven't done it. And I don't expect to see a Blu-ray of it anytime soon, so I'll have to it settle exists. for like... I have it. It's on from Scream Factory. I mean, Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Let me look it up. The faculty, oh. really? Oh, maybe, no, I'm thinking of disturbing behavior. No, yeah, no, no, oh. no, 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 no. Yeah, like the fact I... I now it's in the hands of different people because Dimension was sold along with that other company. Right. So hopefully maybe we'll get it. Um, but yeah, no, The Faculty, number three. It's a movie that meant a lot to me um, in senior year of high school. Speaking so. of which, that other company made another movie that also outshines David Primera. Anyway, right. <laughs> um, my number three film was maybe the first time this di- he's right. He found. I love Ryan. He found him <laughs> for me. Um, so this director is my favorite director, and uh, he made a bunch oh, yeah. of horror films. I figured this one. And the western he made a couple years before this, The Quick of the Dead, was really fun. It's getting a 4K release. I know. I I, when I see some movies come out, I'm like, what? I know. Not that I mean, it's a fun movie, but it's a weird one. It's one to put on 4K. Right. Yeah. Um, so Sam Raimi <laughs> directed what I call uh, his Coen Brothers film, which is A Simple Plan. Look at this! Just like we found lost treasure. We're like Robin Hood. Do you want to keep it? Sometimes good people do evil things. Part of that is my money. Like there's two sides now. You're my brother. Bill Paxton. You gotta make us look like it was an accident. Billy Bob Thornton. What do I get? Bridget Fonda. He's gonna shoot you all. From the New York Times best-selling novel. A simple plan. I wish somebody else had found that money. Uh, very well shot. In fact, if you watch an interview with Sam Raimi, he talks about how he brought the Coens on set to teach him how to shoot in snow because they did Fargo the year before, two mm-hmm. years before. Uh, two years? Yeah, two years before. I one. I think I talked about it last year. Was it well, they shot, well, they shot it in 95, and then it was released in 96. Okay. So, yeah. So he uh, – it, it's, it's really – I mean, it's a movie about these people that find a million dollars. And what they're going to do with it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a kind of a film noir and set by a really clever director. And what's really cool about it is you can see this film really taught me that Sam Raimi could shoot anything because it's not his typical movie. It doesn't have a lot of his flourishes. Mm-hmm. It's a little more slow moving. There's no arrow cam. Exactly. There's no no spider cam. Um, he's not doing crazy. Like, you know, in the Quick and the Dead, there's a shot where there's a a shootout and the dude gets shot in the head and Sam pulls the camera out of the dude's head. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if in for love of the game had anything crazy going on no, with it visually. No. So yeah, he's able to do stuff like that. No, love yeah. of the game Two is a pretty straightforward, uh, film as well. Yeah. Um, this one's way better though. It's, uh, I mean, all the actors in it are great. Bill Paxton and, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. It's just a really cool movie. Uh, you can watch it now for free on prime. I just rewatched it recently. It's, it's one of his better movies, well, and uh, I, I won't say too much about it. It's a film noir because it's one of those movies that has twists and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should definitely check it out if you've never seen Sam Raimi's A Simple Plan. And it's one of the few movies too he uh, he just adapted. He didn't uh, or was he just shot it. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. lot of his stuff, even his Spider Man's, he wrote some of it. Mm-hmm. And Quick and the Dead, he wrote some of it, even if he's not credited. Right. Uh, in this one, he just there's a novel. Someone else wrote it. He took it, shot it. And I think, too, it helped that him and the Coens are actually really good friends, and they grew up together, and they worked hmm. on each other's films. Oh, wow. And so I think he saw how they made Fargo. He's like, well, I'm going to try my hand at this stuff as well. And he, I mean, he pulled it off, and you should pick out, 
pick up a simple plan. It's a good one. You got nominated for best screenplay. That's right. You got an award that year. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a film I need to revisit. Yep, good one. Henry? Uh, My number three uh, is probably my favorite uh, Disney princess film, and that is Mulan. a great deal about you, Mulan. You took your father's armor. Ran away from home. Impersonated a soldier. Endangered the lives of thousands of men. And destroyed my palace. Soon the world will know the great things you have done. Father. The greatest gift and honor is having you for a daughter. I remember for the longest time I'd go to Disneyland, or was it Disney World, where you went to the art of animation and Mushu would be the your guide they just Ooh. like recently replaced him hmm. but he's not the best character of that Mulan is <laughs> how do you tell us about Mulan Mulan I like it a lot it's uh it's like one, one thing I like about it is that like it has like a really solid plot like it's not like uh I'm gonna watch the princess movie it's I'm gonna watch this war film like <laughs> a lot of people die in this film like, yeah. it's really surprising actually um but yeah, I think I think it's just a really really good story. I think uh, I think the characters are really good. The musical number is up. I mean, the musical numbers are obviously amazing. Oh yeah, uh, I'll make a man out of you might be one of the best Disney songs ever made. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just great. I I love pretty much every aspect of it. I, it's uh yeah, I like it a lot. I don't I don't really have much else to say about it. I've noticed that, that it's, it's uh, the 20th anniversary is kind of making people re-examine the film. Because I've had I've seen articles pop up I think from the Nerdist and stuff that say why uh, Mulan is the best Disney princess movie. Hmm. It's really fascinating. It makes me want to re-examine yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, maybe 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 that'll be one of my discount films when I get uh, Infinity War <laughs> next month. Yeah. That's uh, that's one I don't own, so I may have to the, go back the, to it. The animation of like the final sequence where they're like chasing each other on the roof is pretty awesome. Yeah, you know hmm. Disney did get a lot of credit for this time. I mean Hercules, I think is animated really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mulan. Uh, because they're you know transitioning for, to CGI stuff, but the hand drawn stuff is still absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and this is one of the yeah of that era. This is probably the best one that I remember. I mean, I, I like it more than Hercules. Yeah, 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 or Hunchback. Ugh. It's animated well. <laughs> it is. It, it is. But beautiful it's, film. But yeah, it's, beautiful. It's yes. lacking Charles Lawton. Yes. <laughs> cool. It's a good one, Henry. Yeah. That's it. Number three. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I don't uh, have much else. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number three. Uh, what is my number? Th- oh, my number three. Not the best film for this actor performer, uh, but it is the movie that, like, yeah, I was ten that year. Um, 
So it was the first time I had seen a Jackie Chan movie, and it blew me away. My number three is Rush Hour. If you want the girl back alive, listen and do not talk. The drop will be made tonight, 11 p.m. The amount will be $50 million. $50 million? And who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? Detective James Carter loved his job just a little too much. You destroyed half a city block. That block was already messed up. And you lost a lot of evidence. Still got a little bit left. But the job got a little too dangerous. You have 29 minutes left. I got everything under control. I want to speak with my daughter. I was about to get his daughter back and you screwed it up. I would like one of my people to help. Now it's time to bring in the master. Please tell me you speak English. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I don't want no partner, I don't need no partner, and I ain't gonna never have no partner. Did Kojak have a partner? Yeah, the fat guy. Did Columbo have a partner? Look, no, 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 no. You put your own bag in the back. I'm not a sky cat. Ah, bitch boy. Oh, hell no. Don't you ever touch a black man's radio, boy. They're two cops with nothing in common. Do it again. Like this. Except the case. Hello. You have one more chance. They can't walk away from. Agent Carter is a very passionate about finding your daughter. Damn! Get up. Which one of y'all kicked me? From New Line Cinema. The fastest hands in the East meet the biggest mouth in the West. Just received a threat on the building. We ask you, please exit the building. Do not panic. Do you hear what I just said? Get the hell out of here. the bomb in the building. Jackie Chan. I can't hold that anymore. Just hang on, man. I'll be right back. Chris Tucker. FBI. Take a picture. It's okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rush hour. We can hang my crib. I will show you my hood. What the hell did you just say? Uh, yeah, I really like Rush Hour. It's not, yeah, I mean, sure, you go compare it to other Jackie Chan movies and it is, you know, not the best, but um, it was really impressive to me. I still think it's really funny. Um, I think it's like the best Chris Tucker's ever been. Um, you know, like he I, he is he he walks that line where he's like palatable in this film and really funny, yeah. but doesn't get too like, terribly obnoxious i'll say about this movie too is you know when we watched rush hour three which i haven't seen since theaters oh my but then you go back and see rush hour one even rush hour two you're like wow yeah this is oh, pretty fun stuff Rush Hour two is is solid yeah right? like it is a better sequel than like shanghai nights is oh yeah i always um, loved the uh dvd case because it was red yeah like, oh, they tried something new it's yeah blood red um <laughs> yeah um so <laughs> oh, cool can i buy this red. mr best bag <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's Jackie Chan is a cop in Hong Kong, and he his his bo- his like favorite politician's daughter gets kidnapped, and he gets paired up with Chris Tucker, who's a wise talking or smart smart assy L.A. cop. Fifty man. million dollars? Who are you kidnapping? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> is it L.A. or is it? Um, I think it's, it's L.A. I think yeah, it's L.A. Yeah. Um, and so they gotta get paired up together, and there's there's some really cool like. I love you know, too the physical action scenes the, at the beginning where Jackie Chan pretends like he doesn't understand him, 
and yes. he's, he's kind of oh, playing yeah. dumb, and then he yeah. realizes that he's a really smart guy. Yeah, the movie's good. I haven't seen it yeah. in a while. Yeah, it's really fun. I, I think both the, the comedy works and, then of course, the action is fantastic. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, it's, a, it's a fun high, flick. Higher on my list than it probably deserves to be simply because it introduced me to him. Um, so, Brad? Uh, my number three um, is not as good as Saving by Ryan, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you admit it. But... Um, it's the memories attached to it because we would uh for like i think the month that it was out sometimes we would cut class and go to the green mountain uh six and then hang out at mcdonald's (laughs) after school and watch it and we did like that three or four times um but my number three is also rush hour (laughs) Oh nice. shit! Well, then I'm not gonna argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, everything you said it's fun. It's got great action. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think if. Uh, you, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm trying to think if like that was kind of the return of buddy comedies because also Lethal Weapon was, Four yeah. came out this year, but this is way more well, yeah, fun. Yeah, but that was like the end of buddy comedy. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, we can do this well. I I, I should looked up the, date, the release date because were they like, oh, we should put an Asian guy in our movie too because it worked so well in Rush Hour. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, they couldn't have squeezed them together, in the, you know. But I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's tons of fun. It's all, it's number three this year for me just because of you know. Yeah. Us and our friends in high school hanging out. Had you seen yeah. Jackie Chan movies before that? Yeah, like Rumble in the Bronx okay. and uh, yeah, see, I Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just I wasn't sure if like you had, you found Mr. Nice Guy afterwards. So yeah, okay, cool, very cool. It's a good pick. Zach, two. All right, um, my number two is a film that my dad introduced to me, and um, it's also a repeat. It's The Big Lebowski. Great, Ryan. My <laughs> no, I I do want to talk about it. Okay, fine. Um, uh, my 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 dad is is the reason I love the Coen Brothers because he got me into them, and this was one of like the first DVDs we ever owned. Um, and he and it was always on his shelf, and I think he let me grab it after I watched Joe Brother Art that with him. Um, and I did not understand it the first time I saw it, and I've had to watch it at least like. I don't know, like once every other year, like in, in that pattern until I like kind of got the point of it. It's Coen brothers unhinged, like in, in, in the weirdest way, especially rewatching it yesterday. Like it's more unhinged than even like a Barton Fink or a inside Lewin Davis, because it manages to kind of encapsulate every element of their filmmaking. And sometimes that's off putting, I guess, because it's a hodgepodge, but I enjoy it. Um, Jeff Bridges is great in the film. John Goodman's amazing. Um, this is, the side characters are wonderful. Charles Durning and, or not Charles Durning. Um, uh, what's his what's his butt? Um, David Huddleston, who plays the the real Mr. Lebowski, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Sam Elliott, uh, Steve Buscemi as Donnie, uh, which is a character that I've been readily um, compared to and admire. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Yeah, I'm out of my element. I know, um, and uh, just. Rewatching it yesterday, like I, I was, I enjoyed how like I kind of got the perspective of like, oh, it's the story of an alcoholic fuck up, drug and drug user, um, but it's also mixed with some neo noir. It's, it's got a lot of different moving parts going on in it, and it's there's a reason why it's got like the status it does in the culture and stuff, and so I really enjoy it, and I love the Coen Brothers. Like, despite many claims, I can't find a single uh, film in their directorial filmography that's bad. So. Yeah, it's a really funny movie. 
People yeah. should see it. It's definitely one of the best movies of that year. Yeah. Um, I will say I don't think we need a festival for it, but whatever. <laughs> I, people have fun with it. I'm not going to ruin their fun. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just one of those that like. Did you ever see the documentary? Not the like the mini featurette they put on like the Blu-ray for it about how that festival got started. No. It's both admirable, but at the same time, I'm like, good. Now can we stop it? <laughs> it's the best Tara Reid movie. <laughs> Uh, she's fine she's in American Pie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this movie's better. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two is a lot like uh, Brad's, where um, we would ditch school to see it. And I saw this theater, I think, five or six times in this movie in the theater, six, five or six times. Um, and to this day, it's my second favorite film of this actor. And uh, my number two film is The Wedding Singer. Before the internet, before cell phones, before rollerblades, there was a time. Everybody on the dance floor. Very nice, Grandma Molly. When Robbie Hart was the most popular wedding singer around. You spin me right now, baby, right now. Like a record, baby, right round, round, round. Hey, somebody get some pants on that kid. Until he got stood up. At his own wedding. I woke up this morning and I realized I'm about to marry a wedding singer. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. New Line Cinema presents. Is it true that you're in the middle of a nervous breakdown? Whoopity doo! Adam Sandler. Hey, psycho. Get out of my Van Halen t-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up. And Drew Barrymore. You're the wedding singer. How you doing? I'm Robbie. I'm Julia. In a story about finding love where you least expect it. Uh-oh. What? You like her. No, I don't. This is my fiancé, Glenn. I don't even know your last name. It's Gulia. Julia's last name is going to be Gulia. Julia Gulia. That's funny. Why is that funny? I, I don't know. I just... Now, the girl of his dreams is about to marry Mr. Wrong. That's grade A, top choice meat. Good morning. You can make breakfast from bed? Unless he can pull off the performance of a lifetime. She and Glenn just jumped a plane to Vegas. Go get him. All right, all right. Are you thinking of leaving Glenn for the wedding singer? He's more than a lover. What do you think of the jacket? I don't know, man. I would lose that glove. You look nuts. He's more than a legend. You are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! The Wedding Singer. I said hip-hop. I hip it to the hip, to the hip-hip-hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang-bang-boom. You say up, jump the boom to the rhythm of the boom the boom. I, I think this movie's cute. I love this film. I think Adam Sandler is great in it. I think Drew Barrymore is amazing in it. Um, I love Steve Buscemi in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just really fun. And when it, it's a movie that, I mean, I would ditch Jim to go watch it. And um, <laughs> and then we, I don't know where we ate afterwards, but it was kind of the same thing where we say, oh, you go, what do you want to do today? Do you want to go jump? No, let's go see The Wedding Singer again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because Adam Sandler plays it so well, he goes through this swath of emotions where he's happy he's going to get married. And then uh, his fiance dumps him and then he finds Drew Barrymore, but she's marrying the wrong guy. It's very rom-com, 
but I really enjoy it. And um, it's a good showcase for his range. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. I mean, it's not as good as Punch Drunk Love. Well, no, but <laughs> um, I think this he's really great in this movie, and is I, I call this at the peak of Adam Sandler's power. Because, yeah. you know, he did Big well, Daddy yeah. and this stuff. Um, pa- power think- is a strong word because I feel like that's a guy who has more power now for sure because he can just be like, I want to make a movie where me and my friends uh, sit around and get peed on by deer. And I want to yeah. make a billion dollars. Yeah, and I, then he I, does it. I guess a power I mean like uh, – I think it's the uh, first one where he had like – the movie had like an emotional core to it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sure. everything else sure. was just yeah. silly before yeah, this, right? He definitely has – that's linger throughout. It, all his best movies, if they're comedies – Usually have something the emotional cord. It's you know I guess I would I would agree with the word power because like in that that that's at a time where he everything he did was unbelievably good. Like everybody thought he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like by the time he gets to grown ups and can make a billion dollars by being stupid, everybody thinks he's a joke. Right then he's yeah. he's literally the character from Funny People. Yeah. So yeah I, I yeah you're it, right. it's the film of his that took me the longest to. St- to appreciate and as far as growing up as a kid because like when i was a kid it was billy madison sure but then like i think i saw this one when i was 13 and i really enjoyed it so Uh, it's it's still one of my most favorite films Mm -hmm. i i just again like i said it's just a film that when i was in high school just i don't know for uh because me and my friend brand we love 80s music Mm -hmm. and it just everything about it just worked for us because you know i was born in 81 so Mm -hmm. I, i grew up in that decade right and it just brought back memories and um and you know that, yeah, you know, it's, I just love the film. They turned it into a Broadway musical recently, didn't they? Um, sure, sure. Oh, that's, I don't right. know. Yeah, it sounds about right. Probably it did. It really does. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's all fine. Yeah. We're good. It's fine. But yeah, so you should see that cool. and then get into his other stuff. You know, like Punch Drunk Love, Spanglish, Spanglish, Men, Women, and Children. It's good stuff. Meyerwood stories. Men, women, and children. Ugh. Meyerwood stories is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Nicky. Little Nicky. <laughs> Ridiculous six. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> anyway, cool. yep. Henry, Henry? Uh, I'm more mad, Zach. Less because of Saving Private Ryan, but because my number two film he put his number fucking nine. Uh, my number two is Pleasantville. <laughs> oh, oh, mine was oh. Not, that was number seven for me. Sorry, not nine. Yeah. I got too mad at you anyway. It's number nine in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film, though. Uh, yeah, Pleasantville. Pleasantville's great. Uh, I really love it a lot. Uh, it's one of those my guilty pleasure films. Whenever I'm looking for a better mood, I will watch uh, Pleasantville. Uh, it's uh, the one person I will point out that I don't think... I mean, he, you, you might have mentioned it, but one person I won't point out, because he was the stand-up performance for me, was uh, Jeff Daniels. Uh, oh, Jeff Daniels yeah, is yeah, amazing yeah. in this film, and... Hmm. Uh, and uh, but he's my favorite part of the part. But I'm, I'm not gonna say much else because we've already talked about it. But yeah, my number two is Pleasantville. And I, like I said, if I had rewatched it prior, I probably would have put it higher too. But I just I, I knew I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I just call you the freaking Zappa. The this. sweeper. The sweeper. Mm-hmm. Sweeper no sweeping. Sweeper no sweeping. Oh. Sweeper no sweeping. <laughs> Give me a body oh, bag, Johnny. Man. Oh man. <laughs> um. All right, my number two is a uh, heavy, visceral film. Uh, it's it is a difficult movie to watch. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that has meant a lot to me um, at different times of my life. Um, not a, it's hard to say whether it ages well. It's definitely pretty pretentious, um, 
And I don't know that like everything it's saying now is about, especially about race, is still accurate today, but was certainly accurate at the time. Uh, my number two is American History X. Um, so you I'm not going to talk about American History X because who the fuck needs to hear about that? I'm going to talk about what my number two should be, which is a uh, mini series from HBO <laughs> that came out that year called From the Earth to the Moon. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. Can we do it? We have to. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Ten, nine, ignition sequence five, six, five. Four, three, it is the biggest rocket anyone has ever seen. For the first time in the history of our civilization, a man is going to set foot on the moon. Retro, go flight. Control, go. You are go for the moon. We had some big glitch here, gang. Three fuel cell lights and AC bus light. A fuel cell disconnect. AC bus overload. I feel very thankful to have the experience to be doing this. What a beautiful view! Oh my God! LB, you are going to the moon! America's greatest adventure, television's biggest miniseries. Tom Hanks presents From the Earth to the Moon. Twelve dramatic stories, six amazing Sundays. Two new shows every Sunday night at 8. Premiere Sunday, April 5th on HBO. Wow. Um, wow. Did you just do that? <laughs> yeah. Yes! So, so the truth is, if From the Earth to the Moon were a film... Wait, wait, what? What trailer am I putting for this? Uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit. So, From the Earth to the Moon is Pokemon it was basically the proto-version... It's basically the proto version of Band of Brothers, where HBO, right. uh, you know, uh, Apollo 13 was a big deal. HBO goes to Tom Hanks, or, and they make this deal, and they make this series about the Apollo <laughs> missions. Um, I've talked a number of times about how amazing the second episode is, which is the the Apollo One episode. Um, it is still one of my favorite episodes of television. Oh period. yeah, that second episode. Um, yeah. From the Earth to the Moon is an incredible thing, like piece of television um for a number of reasons I, every episode is is structured differently takes on an aspect of the apollo missions in a different way um it's it is a fantastic thing to watch and i i like cherish that dvd so much um because there, i still don't have a blu-ray of it because there isn't one uh because everybody fucking loves band of brothers but nobody talks about from the earth to the moon no i'm just kidding um, I love how your but, your version of it is that HBO went to Tom Hanks because he did Apollo 13. I'm like, it's like they think he did all the visual effects. No, I know. They think he put them up in space. No, you know what I mean. Like it was guys. It was I didn't do that. Yes, were, you did, Tom. They were launching off of the back of the popularity of that 
Yeah, that film no, I know. Sure. Just the um, way you worded it made yeah. me a giggle. <laughs> and um, and Tom Hanks like narrates the whole thing, and it's yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um, like I said, I, I you can you can find sections of it online. I know you, I think you can watch like whole episodes on YouTube, bizarrely, um, and then you can get the DVDs for relatively cheap. Uh, but I just think it's incredible. It's one of my favorite things. I remember when it was coming out, we we rented like an HBO cable box for like two months or whatever it was so that we could watch those episodes. It's the only time that HBO was ever in my family's house as a kid <laughs> mm-hmm. was just so we could watch from the earth to the moon. And it was a big deal every week. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I adore that show. It is, it definitely deserves uh, to be represented here, even though it is not a film. Um, and American history X is fine. It's fine. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, I it's wasn't a, it's impressed. A heavy, it's a really heavy movie with I, some interesting stuff to say. I, but like, I like from the Earth to the Moon is great. <laughs> I like American History X, but I don't like think it's like efficiently or solidly put together. Right, but from I think the it's got Earth good ideas. Moon. But yeah, from Earth to the Moon is the opposite of that. <laughs> but but American History X has good ideas. It's just it it's it's very choppy sure. and like. That's that curb stomping scene though is intense as shit. It is. Racism sucks, man. Oh yeah, of course it does. Brad, Brad? God, God damn! What were you guys laughing about? Wow. You'll find out. You'll find oh, out. God. You have to listen to this episode. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, so my number two, uh, if this was 1998, it would probably it would be my number one, but things have changed in 20 years. Um, <laughs> What's funny about that? It is a truism. <laughs> you, yeah. you sound so like, I've got no man bitter. <laughs> Water's wet. All right. Um, yeah, so my number two is Star Trek Insurrection. It is human nature to wonder what it would be like to never grow old, to experience utter peace and harmony. And it is also human nature for some of us to want what we do not have. Alert! Area 12. He's trying to remove the headpiece. Do not delay the countdown. And for others, to stand in their way. We are participating in the outright theft of a world. They were never meant to be immortal. Who the hell are we to determine the next course of evolution for this people? Radiation coming from the planet's rings continuously regenerates our genetic structure. We're only moving 600 people. We'll be able to help billions. This is the moment we've planned for so many years. How many people does it take before it becomes wrong? people does it take, Admiral? We wouldn't be tempted by the promise of perpetual youth. There are hard choices to be made. Send your ships. Don't let go of this moment. Looks like you're planning on doing some hunting. Return to your quarters. That's an order. No uniform, no orders. The environmental anomalies may have stimulated certain rebellious instincts which could affect everyone's judgment. Except mine, of course. Okay, Data, what do you think we should do? Saddle up. Lock and load. Move these people out! Stand in defiance. Definitely feeling aggressive tendencies, sir. Hold your ground. If a court martial is the only way to tell what is happening here, I welcome it, Admiral. 
enjoy the rebellion. Blow off the ramp scoop. Stand by. Full thrusters. Star Trek Insurrection. Yeah, I liked this a lot at the time. Yeah. This movie is about when an alien race and factions within Starfleet attempt to take over a planet that has regenerative... I don't know why they have that in quotes. Properties. <laughs> they literally regenerate. <laughs> yeah. It falls upon Captain Picard and the crew of the Enterprise to defend the planet's people as well as the very ideals upon which the Federation itself was founded. So the Federation decides that a whole planet of people don't have any rights and they're just going to take over their, their, their resources, which is this regenerative property, and that's yeah. not cool. So... Yeah, easy, easy moral quandary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the only thing is, it's it just feels like an episode of the TV series with really good special effects. Yeah, because uh, the stakes, you know, those are big stakes, but they're not in the grand scheme of like that crew. Like it's not a very personal story, other than for for, for Picard, who I guess falls in love. In yeah, the, that's the maybe sh- the weak bit. Yeah, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And Data I mean, gets to learn about youth. I love how to this, be a kid. I love the section where uh, Jordy gets his eyes. Yeah, that was. Oh weird. yeah, was the, I mean, I I would, as I sit here thinking about it, this might be, if not my favorite, my second favorite odd numbered Star Wars Star Trek. Like, I like Generations a lot too, so maybe that's better. Mm-hmm. But those would be the two. Like, I think it's better than all the other odd numbered ones. Like, mm-hmm. I I think it's a unfairly maligned. Star Trek film at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, certainly it was, not the worst. After coming off of First Contact, which just bl- you know, blows all four right. of those movies out that's of the, the yeah. That's the only reason I think that movie gets judged so harshly is because it came off of like the coolest Star Trek movie. Yeah. I agree, you know, because I watched them back to back to back to back because I yeah. got the Blu-ray set. And so I watched Generation. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then that one's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's certainly interesting in terms of what it's trying to push in terms of an ideal and theme. But right. Like it's I, such but, a... but again, it it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel as cinematic as it could be. But yeah, like, I think part of the problem was there was a lot of fighting on set between uh, mm. what the story needed to be and Jonathan Frakes directing. Like there, this was there was a clash of visions. Shoot. And unfortunately, uh, just like a short few years later, Michael Piller died. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's really too bad because you're right. I I think you maybe hit the nail on the head, which is that the like the premise of that movie is so good. Even even like the relationship between the villains and the and that 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 planet is so good. Yeah. The problem is just the way that the that the ship itself connects to the story that gets, you know, it, it is a little weak. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it has a couple kind of silly sequences like the whole. The whole part of the beginning where Data's going crazy and singing the song in the ship and they're chasing him and all that. And it's, mm, a, yeah. it's a little bit like it doesn't start off on the best foot. Like that, that scene is fun, but it's not great fun. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, it also, is that wait, is that the one that starts with the wedding too? No, no, no that's no, Nemesis. No. That's, that's Nemesis. Yeah. And yeah, Oof. I, we've, I went back and saw this at Denver West so many times that year. Oh yeah. I bet it's great. I really enjoyed it. I remember seeing that in theaters. That was good. Yeah. It's a good pick. Zach? Number, number one. one. All right. Is it you guys? Um, uh, number one is a film that I I saw probably too young, but I've gone back to it since. Um, and it's probably my favorite Ian McKellen movie. Uh, my number one is Gods and Monsters. Lights, sound. Okay for sound. Action. The Bride of Frankenstein. 
A man with a legendary career behind him. Who's this new yard man? Mr. Boom, I, I thought something be. He came cheap. A man with his life still ahead of him. Hey, the master wants to know if you're free for lunch. I do have a lawn this afternoon. I'm free until then. Expect nothing fancy. Come in, Mr. Boom. Separated by class. Are you famous? I was merely a director. Do you have the most architectural skull? Have you ever sat for an artist? By time. You were a soldier. I was an officer in the trenches. And by desires. All I know is bugger. He's a bugger. Does that surprise you? I'm not. You know. Mm. I did not think you were a bugger at all. They have nothing in common. Mr. Clayton Boone. My gardener. He's never met a princess. Only queens. Except their humanity. I've spent much of my life outrunning the past. And now it floods all over me. I'm losing my mind. Every day a new piece of it goes and soon there'll be none of it left. My condition will continue to deteriorate until the end of my life. Why are you here? Let's get this straight. What did you want from me? What do you want? Just back from the hospital already, you're chasing after boys. Oh, shut up. Man's gonna make up his life alone. A philosopher. Thoreau, with a lawnmower. Do you believe people come into our lives for a purpose? To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> so, we understand each other. Open that uh, Gods and Monsters is the movie that tells the story of uh, uh, James Whale. Um, well, I should say a fictionalized account of his final days. Um, but James Whale was the director of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, and uh, The Old Dark House, and a lot of like classic Universal monster movies. And the story is basically about like how he gets a new gardener at his house. And he develops a friendship that kind of pushes into much more uh, like romantic boundaries um, with this gardener, who's played by Brendan Fraser in what I think is probably Brendan Fraser's best performance ever. In terms of if crash, we, we, no, crash though, but crash. no, no, you shut up, you shut the fuck up I'm right kidding. now. That was a joke. Yeah, you better be a joke. Um, but. Like this film had like I saw it when I was eleven, and the only reason I watched it was because I had seen in the special features for all the monster movies they showed clips of this film, mm. and it was also around the time that I was like that Lord of the Rings was in theaters and whatnot. So there was like a big Ian McKellen boom in my life um, between that and X Men and stuff too. So, but this film like. There's the opening scene where he's interviewing um, a, a young uh, man who's writing for his school paper, and it's basically like, "I'll answer one question if you strip one like piece of your clothing." It, it's one of those like things that I didn't quite understand. Like it's it's it was the way I learned what homosexuality is. Like that like was from that film, um, and it it's a very tragic film in in the sense of like this old man who's really 
dealing with kind of a, a three different things hitting him at once. He's getting old and stroked out. Um, he's no longer an in-demand director and a person who was the love of his life has already left him. So everything kind of like comes closing in and the flashbacks to when he was in the war to him on set painful memories kind of motivate his actions going going forward and within that fictionalized telling um with the gardener it kind of leads into this terrible conclusion at the end um but one of the things that this film does so beautifully um in a kind of ed wood way is at the very end the gardener who has moved on to um a wife and kid family life still remembers his time watching the Frankenstein movies and the movies Mr. Wales directed. And like he goes out to take out the trash in the backyard. And as he's walking, it starts to rain. And then he starts walking like Frankenstein because he was like kind of playing a Frankensteinish model for Mr. Wales when he was drawing. And it just, it's heartbreaking. It's like one of those like first films that taught me about heartbreak um, in the weirdest way possible. Like I know other people have different films for it, but it all, the fact that it connects to cinema and specifically that old, like the old Hollywood cinema was like, it was the perfect like gateway for me into that kind of realm. Um, and it's certainly motivated a lot of stories that I've tried to write and tell about like that idea of regret and loss and getting old and stuff like that. Like themes that I'm not necessarily like certainly relating to directly, but ones that I like exploring. Um, and so, and Bill Condon's the director and he's gone on to do a lot of films that I really enjoy and have meant a lot to me. Mr. Holmes is one that he did recently that I thought was like a, a, a stunning portrait of how you handle Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. He did Beauty and the Beast, which is beautifully made and my mom loved it. So that obviously means a lot to me. I uh, did dream girls, which, um, got Eddie Murphy an Oscar nomination. So, <laughs> you know, he's done a lot of great things. Um, and, yeah. but gods of monsters is he won an Oscar for this too, for screenwriting. And it's, cool. um, and Vanessa, um, Vanessa Redgrave's in the movie too. And she's amazing or Lynn Redgrave. Sorry. Um, but she's amazing in it too, as his maid. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's weird. It, I, 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 I'm, I need to look and see if it's on Blu-ray, but I have the DVD of it, that yeah. old Lionsgate DVD that, has no picture poster on the disc. It's just that white oh, background yeah, yeah, yeah. with the font on it as if though it came out of like an old uh, an old computer. So yeah. but yeah, Gods and Monsters. I know Saving Private Ryan's better, but no, Gods and Monsters hey, means a lot to me. That is a fair pick. Yeah. I mean, you Same. know, it's a it, <laughs> if you'd put it at number two and then this, like that'd be fine. Yeah. Just say, yeah. <laughs> I understand people not putting it at one. But anyway, yeah. You know. Cool. Uh <laughs> Right, I I think you uh, yeah. and I may have the same movie. Did you also pick Deep Rising as your number yes. one? Yes, Treat Williams at his best. Oh man, um, the best Fomka Jensen movie of the year. Of, of course, <laughs> the number one movie of nineteen ninety eight is one of the greatest movies ever, which is uh, a repeat, um, <laughs> and that is uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, yeah, the movie. Is, it is the best movie. <laughs> you know, I saw this movie with my mom. Uh, Evergreen used to have a movie theater, and we <laughs> the that? Bergen Park. Yeah, the Bergen Park. Yeah, yeah, so, and yeah. we wanted to see this movie, but it was sold out at Denver West. So my mom took us up to Bergen Park, and the so the D Day scene is really intense and it has great uh, visceral moments in it. But there's a part in it where the kid's losing, lost his arm, and he's calling out for his mom. Oh, yeah. God. My mom oh, started yeah. crying. 
because she has four boys mm-hmm. and she's just you know oh is this the my kids could be drafted and then the emotional roller coaster throughout the film mm-hmm. is is amazing it's shot so well everything in this film is just beautiful in a weird kind of way where it's a story that should be told and i mean there's uh, tom hanks's performance and it's great you know mm-hmm. the the scene where they get to matt damon and matt damon you know says private ryan says i don't want to go mm-hmm. and he's like hey, you know how many people have died to save you you're coming with us and it, yeah it, there's great moments in it they, they let the they won't let one nazi go he comes back and kills him and mm-hmm. uh, the knife fight in the, God, <laughs> in the the i <sighs> guess the st- uh, church or whatever i can't remember exactly yeah. Yeah. um and then i mean i mean i always t- tease vin diesel for dying in this because he's stupid but when you encapsulate it in a war yeah. where you're trying to save somebody right. you understand what he's doing and then he gets picked off and it's a it's a wonderful film and it's one of the most important films ever yeah. because it took it stripped away some of the glamour of world war ii if you watch a lot of films coming leading up to that world war ii was always look at what the americans gonna do look at this look at that and this just like stripped it of it yeah yeah it, very, very few films up to that point even remotely touched on the dark aspects of that war yeah and i think it's a movie that like only you only he could have made that movie because only he could have gotten that budget to to do what had to be done to film that like which is only there, 70 million by the way which i just read yeah, but but still, I mean, at the time, like to go make a production like this, I mean, especially for that D-Day section and to film it the way he films it in those long shots and mm-hmm. and cut everything together the way that he did, like, and then <laughs> to be able to release it and have like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this 20 minute D-Day section at the beginning where literally like you don't know anyone, you don't know what's going on. It's just going to be brutal and the audience has to sit through it like. That's a ballsy thing that, like, that's the only guy who could do that. Yeah. And, like, have it be as as big and popular as it was. And, you know, it it also introduced something that I don't think any other director has been able to pull off correctly is the cut, 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 shaking camera. Because you're put in the war. Yeah. And it feels like you're part of a documentary crew. Yeah. You know, it's shaky. um, It's gross. And it's, it's, it's intense. It's one of the most intense openings to a film I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think that script is is incredible. Oh, yeah. And the way that it, it really focuses on those characters and makes you know those guys mm-hmm. so that it, it it gives you that feeling of, uh, you know, and obviously this is also what Band of Brothers was trying to do, but really gives you that feeling of knowing these guys well and understanding their relationships together really well so that that way, as they die, you feel every single mm-hmm. one of them. I mean, um yeah, like when when Waits dies, that one sucks. Um, it, oh yeah, sheesh. Everything. Yeah, that movie is is incredible, and is a movie that I watch. We will reference this later, but it's a movie that I watched a lot. Like I would rewatch this movie um, because sometimes I was watching it because I wanted to see the way it was cut, and sometimes I I loved those characters and wanted to spend time with them. And sometimes you know, it was never that I rewatched it because it was so brutal. It was yeah. that what I was watching was so well crafted. Like, I was just in awe of the way that movie is made. It's interesting you um, say that, too, because I did the same thing. I would sit there and listen to the sound design. Yeah. You know, where, yes. where's uh, where's the bullets coming from? And, yeah. And the music in it's amazing. Everything about this film is so good. Yeah. Um, 
It's a movie. Yeah. It's brutal, but I can watch it. And it's one that like really has something to say and leaves a leaves a mark. And I think part of it was like you you find yourself wanting to watch and rewatch it to make sure you don't forget like those few little lessons. Exactly. Um, you know, there's there's certain turns of phrase that you just you want to not forget the way they say things, mm. um, because it has a lot of meaning. Um, yeah, it's a you know also yeah. it puts in focus D Day, and I I was fortunate enough to go to France and visit. Uh, Normandy during World War Two. Yes, holy shit! I know. Uh, but Why you, did you ever tell us? Uh, you know, you sit up there and you look and the sacrifice that these men made. Yeah, and you get a sense of it in the movie, and then also going there, and it's it's had a profound effect on me on my on my life, and understanding that people don't just cry. Like when my, I saw my mom just sobbing uncontrollably, people just don't cry because someone you know, has cancer in a movie. So my mom is upset because of the horrors of war mm. and how it affects people in a different way. And it, it's a very profound movie that way. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I would almost venture to say it is a, it is a perfect war film in that it, it both vilifies the, the enemy and the Nazis, as well as having those little moments where you kind of get like, Oh, they're kind of in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, don't know why they're there and and aren't really there for the right reasons and and you also get the scenes where the Americans are kind of being assholes like you you know um, always like the sticky it, it bombs makes it, <laughs> yeah 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 that is also good um, but you know I think of like the um, yeah there's there's just so many amazing so memorable in scenes the movie. yeah um, geez, I'm 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 gonna get home and like regret not being like oh well what about this and what about yeah. that like. There's so much about it that is incredible. Um, yeah, that score, that score is so good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sheesh, you can hear like three notes from it and already get a little weepy. I know. I, I, was, I was thinking as we're doing this, I should go home and watch that. And then I don't want to be up to like, you know, four in the morning. But uh, Nathan Fillion is really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Everybody, and I don't think there's a weak part. Yeah, there's really not. Yeah, there's really not. Um, man. Ah, oh, yeah, Jeremy Davies is in it. Shit. Yeah, I need to rewatch this movie again. Yep. Sheesh. Just came out on 4K recent, not too long ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Can't find that still book though. No. It's tough. Oh yeah, that's right. I've been so busy, I don't remember. What day yeah. is it? So yeah, number one movie of 1998. Uh, Henry. Well, my number one is American History X. Look, I told you I don't want you all coming up here to see me. I don't care what you told me. I'm trying to get through this, and you're just making it harder. You think you're the only one doing time, Derek? You think I'm not in here with you? He was his mother's hope. He's gone. You don't know the world your children are living in. His father's legacy. It's everywhere I look now. What? This affirmative black shit. The white man marches on! See this? That means not welcome. And his brother's hero. I trust you, Derek. hate has anything you've done made your life better Derek Vineyard was released from Chino early this morning hey man how you doing too big to give me a hug oh it's good to see you check this out man where'd you get that what 
Well, I came to talk about Danny. He's headed right where you are. What's wrong with you? Let the kid alone. He thinks the joint mess with your mind. Dead. I'm asking you to do whatever's in your power. You know what you can do? You can get me shot by a bunch of white boys. I am out, and Danny is out too. And if you come near my family again, I will feed you your heart. What's happening, Dad? I don't think you realize what's been going on here. We are ten times what we were. They're after you, man. They're gonna come for me. They're gonna come for me. There ain't nothing I can do. Hey, Danny! Get it! friend and I'm not telling you what to do but I need you to understand which we've apparently decided that we're not going to talk about so instead <laughs> I, I would like no to talk problem about the... talking about it <laughs> no, no no instead I wasn't gonna talk about instead it I needed to use that time for something else that's all sorry similar similarly since there's not a lot... You can't just see American History X if you've not already seen it. Instead, I'll be talking about the tragedy of Paddington 3, which will no longer be made. Um, <laughs> they've announced that Paddington 3 will not be made because the director of the previous two will be going on to make Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the actor who plays Paddington said that they will not do it without him when they're not... And they can't wait. So they're not going to make Paddington 3, which I think is the biggest tragedy, because that means there will not be a Christmas film as a Paddington film. Paddington <laughs> will never meet the Queen. Um... The, these are things that should have happened. There, it, the Paddington Three should have been a Christmas film where the Browns meet uh, Queen, the Queen, and uh, they lived happily ever after. But instead, we're not getting that. And I and I would like to blame Nazis for that. And that's why my number one film <laughs> is American History X. Henry, Henry, choose life, man. All right. Well, hold on, hold on. The question is: Are you blaming World War Two Nazis or American History X bald-headed Nazis? Both. A Nazi's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fair. Directly neo Nazis and regular Nazis because they spawn neo Nazis, so they're both at mm-hmm. fault. True. Yeah. So yeah American History X. That's my number one film. <laughs> Don't give up, Henry. I didn't think they'd make another Ninja Turtles movie, and they are going to. So. I mean, know. listen, if, if Michael Bay makes Paddington 3, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> so. I want that. I thought explosions were missing from Paddington 2, so it might be a good thing. Who knows? I, I'll keep an open mind. There were explosions of love in that film. You you could just go see Christopher Robin and pretend. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't piss him off with this. I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh. You know what's awesome? It's so Marmalade sandwiches? Besides that, I'm going to totally derail this real fast. So because I am a D23 member. Stop oh. bragging. I, I got an email to see Christopher Robin like a week early, exclusive to oh, D23. At Sloan's Lake. I work that day, though. Aww. I would just send you guys, but you have to bring my D23 membership and a photo ID. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, just, Ryan, can we, swap, just hold your can we swap faces for a day? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to take your face, face. So I'm like, face off. <laughs> I'm like, wow, an actual benefit to being this <laughs> in this club. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah. Brad? Okay. Oh, no, we know mine. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> talked about it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The same. The we, siege. It, for the record, <laughs> it, my number one was not Deep Rising, though a fine film. It was Mercury Rising. <laughs> All right, if I can talk about it in twenty seconds, we can hit three hours exactly. Okay, go. Uh, 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 I can't. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I guess we'll just close this out uh, with um, my number one. Uh, like I said, has become my favorite from this year, um, and that is uh, I got to enjoy it just last week at a Alamo movie party, and my number one is Basketball. Hmm. Yes. Because I was getting, I was getting suspicious. Yeah, I've revisited it so many times, and it's, it just makes me happy. It's the uh, story of two losers from Milwaukee, Coop and Reamer, who invent a new game, playing ba- basketball, using baseball baseball rules. And when the be- game be- uh, when the game be- what the fuck when the game becomes a huge huge success, they, along with a billionaire's help, form the professional basketball league where everyone gets the same pay and no team can change cities. Theirs is the only team standing in the way of major rule changes. And that of the owner of a rival team who who wants to institute. It's, I feel like it's someone who doesn't understand English is writing these. <laughs> Are you looking, reading it off IMDb? No, uh, Letterbox. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like we talked about it earlier. Dude, it's, you're just upset because I have a sweet ass. I can't help <laughs> that. <laughs> it's a great satire of sports and the commercialism uh, that has plagued it, and uh, as well as being like a great buddy comedy. Um, and yeah, when I watched it at the Alamo. I think that sucks about a movie party is they encourage like audience participation mm-hmm. and I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> and so like, you know, I got a seat in the second row and for some reason I was surrounded by a bunch of dude bros who were like repeating everything <laughs> or like saying the lines before they got to the screen. Um, so that wasn't fun, but, uh, at a certain point, like the movie is like, I'm into it so much. I, I got lost and it's just yeah. like, and it was fun. Like, I don't think I saw it in the theaters in 98. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so seeing, like seeing it with a, an audience, like obviously this bombed, uh, back then, but you know, we had an almost full house and just hearing everyone react to everything. Like just, you know, it was like watching 22 jump street with an audience. Like nice. everyone was really like, super into it. So it's, it's, I think it's aged well. Um, I know some of the things they said is, have come true. <laughs> like the team's moving and shit. You're like, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. You move to Utah where they don't allow music. And the corporate <laughs> sponsors everywhere. I mean, now the NBA, they put corporate sponsors on their jerseys. That wasn't a thing then? I don't know. Like, yeah. That's a pretty recent thing where they allowed corporate sponsors. Yeah. I know it's a NASCAR thing, but yeah. It's one of those, um, it's one of those few things where Jenny McCarthy is really funny on something. Mm-hmm. Like she... Like that scene where like you think she's like like having anal sex and then it turns out she's he's just she's just fixing her his floors. Yeah. We can go back to my apartment and lay some carpet. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, great movie. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's always a fun watch. Yeah. It makes me happy. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it gives me a boner. Um, <laughs> so we got a bunch of mail. So um, thank you for listening to ours. I'm going to drop some knowledge from our listeners. Corinne sent a list. Hey, nerds. Felt like I should send a list considering 1998 was a big year for me as a youngster. Lots of these movies were and still very important to me. And I doubt I doubted that you guys would choose my favorites. And I felt like they should be represented. You can judge my choices all you want, but I don't care. how. But I don't have to explain myself to you. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I wasn't going to uh, judge. Snappy. Number 10, Star Trek Insurrection on Brad's. Yeah. Number nine, Liam Miserable. I don't know oh, which one she's Liam, talking about. Liam Neeson and Uma Thurman. All right. There you go. Number eight, Shakespeare in Love. Okay. Okay. Number seven, Ever After. Okay. It's wow. a good movie. Number six, The Parent Trap. Remember oh, yeah. I love that in theaters. Yeah. yeah um, I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Number five, The Mask of Zorro. 
Yeah, that's a great movie. Number four, Mulan. Okay. Number three, Rush Hour. No one's fighting you, Corinne. Yeah. <laughs> number agree, two, number three, The Prince of Egypt. I forgot hey, that oh, game. yeah, I Val really Kilmer. I get that on my list. I really like that movie. And number one, You've Got Mail. I'm never going to disagree with oh, Tom no, Hanks. You've Got Mail is really good. The, I, the, I like You've Got the, Mail. More the internet remake of The Shop Around the Corner. <laughs> Um, it's a good movie. Our, fr- our, our friend John also sent in a list. He said, hey, nerds, since one of my favorite qualities in a movie is rewatchability, here are, my f- here are five of my favorite films from 1998. Rounders, the best movie about poker ever made. I love everything about this movie, especially John Malkovich's hilariously over-the-top and awful Russian accent. It's really bad. This movie zips along briskly, and it pays at its pace means if you're in for five minutes, you're in for the entire 120. Yeah. Bring the man his money. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hardly wait. Not a great movie by any stretch, but fairly decent. If highly romanticized snapshot of high school culture in the late 1990s. The party depicted is what you'd wish all high school parties were like, when in reality most of the high school parties sucked. True. Uh, Polly, yes, this movie about a talking parrot voiced wow. by Jay Moore. Mm-hmm. I had a parrot <laughs> as a kid that looked very similar. And Ch- Tony Shaloub. Yep. Does another hilariously bad Russian accent, and because it reminds me of my childhood, Ollie's specific ways, makes me cry every time I watch it. I wish we could have made Jay Moore happen. Um, A simple plan. The quiet tension infecting every corner and every scene in this movie is exquisite. Skillfully crafted, darkly comedic, and flawlessly executed. This is maybe my all-time favorite suspense film. Nice. Uh, Out of sight. Soderbergh at his best. Snappy and funny dialogue. Things that adapted Elmore Leonard's screenplay. Mm -hmm. And a cast full of ringers and perhaps my favorite scene in any movie ever. Uh, The edited romance courtship scene between Clooney and Lopez. (laughs) Epileptically. Uh, I can't even. I got to. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Epileptically edited. Epileptically edited. uh, Scene between Clooney and Lopez. At the hotel hypnotizes me every time. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the chance (laughs) for the chance to weigh in. Happy 1998 to you. And make sure you're prepared for Y2K. Man, I haven't heard Y2K in forever. I know, seriously. That is a steamy scene in Out of Sight. Like, it's pretty steamy. Um, we have one more. Uh, from Ryan Neal. First time writing, you guys. Love the film Explosion episodes. Here's my odd list for films I loved in 1998 in Ooh. no particular order. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Pleasantville. What Dreams May Come. There you go. Hey. Wait, is this is he's, it from the bottom? Because it's. We said no particular order, so I'm just reading. Them oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> a bug's <laughs> he gave life. Instructions. Yeah. Ah oh, man, I I I struggled with a bug's life. Like, yeah. You know, it, it is incredible, but it's one of those that I don't return to that often. I like Heimlich. Yeah. Oh, every, I mean, it's it's really good. I had fun at when you Gosh. go to Disney World. He has li- a little kitty ride, and it yeah. made me laugh. Once yeah. a bug, little bug. <laughs> uh, rush hour. Great expectations. Not all I hoped for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, basketball, <laughs> American History X. There There's something about Mary, <laughs> the Water Boy. All right, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, see, oh. Water Boy's better. <laughs> you said no particular order, <laughs> but we know. But we know. <laughs> but we know. Um, does everybody have? Uh, um, yeah. I've got two lists. Oh but yeah, someone. No, you go first. Zach. Oh, um, my uh, my uncle Jeff uh, wrote in. Uh, he uh, just sent two pictures: a picture of the Big Lebowski. And a picture of Blade. So, <laughs> Blade makes it fancy. Yeah. The, the opening scene of Blade yeah. where he's throwing the, I still, the boomerang yeah. or whatever in the shower Cookery. scene. Is, yeah. I, I still awesome. like that first and second one a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? well, I mean, we don't, <laughs> we, I mean, we don't have to talk we about Trinity. Don't, we just don't. Um, and then uh, Matt Willicks um, used to be on Arcade Cabinet, and uh, a friend of mine sent me a list. Um, 
in no particular order. Saving Private Ryan, Dark City, Mascazuro, Fallen, Wedding Singer, Can't Hardly Wait, Disturbing Behavior, Blade, Pleasantville, and The Faculty. And then he said, damn it, I forgot John Carpenter's Vampires. So, <laughs> well, so I'm back. not alone, guys. <laughs> uh, my wife actually chimed in with Spice World. My wife never... Wait, was that 1998? Yeah, I guess. Wow. Oh, All right. Of course oh, it was. Um, so, yeah, Jeez. my wife was Starring very excited. Roger she still Moore. has, I think, the t-shirt Spice World. I'm sure. And she wears it every once in a while. That doesn't surprise me. Nope. So, yeah, my wife actually put something out. My mom's torn between Saving Private Ryan and The Big Lebowski. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's an interesting... But she also she put something about Saving Private Ryan making her cry. Yeah, she, says she makes it, uh, that one makes her cry every time she sees it. She's but human. Big Lebowski, and she can't spell Lebowski for some reason, reminds me of some people I knew way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I guess we have uh, a half the conversation. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Please do write a script about it, and it, it'll get made. Uh, it'll be great. That's pretty good. That uh, movie is really good at capturing Los Angeles, like especially it's a in that great like movie. It, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's yeah. got an interesting like vibe. To, I, yes. I, I, we I just don't have Mom, to talk about it. Yeah. Mom, do you know druggies or hitmen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it the Germans, the, the nihilists well, that she remembers? <laughs> maybe your dad's a hitman. <laughs> He's a nihilist. It must be <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> do you have another one, Brad? Uh, I mean, there's some other people on this. Um, Facebook thread that I don't know, but do you want me to read them or what do you have? I have one for my mom. Okay, uh, MC Saw likes American History X. Uh, that's that's the guy oh, no. I work with. The no, oh, I may have missed it, but what about the worst movie? Okay, yeah, he he went the other direction. <laughs> Wait, so he's saying American History X is the worst movie? Yeah. What? That's not bad. Has he seen Meet the Deedles? The worst movie ever <laughs> so, Norton was in. American History X is what he says. So okay, so there's this scene where he wants to go on a date. So, uh, Meet the Deedles is about gophers that are trying to <laughs> to steal Old Faithful from Yellowstone. I National can't believe Park. you're doing this. Well, we stole it from him first. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair. You, Hashtag you, gopher rights. You know what you need. You know what you need to do. Get on the website and write why Meet the Deedles is worse than American History X. I should I do should. a comparison essay. I'm just saying. Hashtag Gopher Lives Matter. <laughs> See, so the Deedles are a, are a pair of really wealthy brothers who are surfers, and they end up getting in school trouble because the principal rides a jet ski. Anyway, uh, Brad, wow. what else? Uh, some someone named John Arbogash likes the Big Lebowski. Yep, another guy I work with, and that's all I got. Nice. All right, uh, I've got top ten movies of 1998 from my mom. Hello, nerds. I don't know that's if that's me. the way she typed it, but I'm going to read a Hello, nerds. It's like Homer Simpson. <laughs> Nerd! Uh, it was gr so great to see all of you at James and Brooks's wedding. Uh, I got excited when I saw that you were doing another film, Explosion. They are my favorite podcast. Therefore, in the spirit of being supportive, I thought I, I, I thought I'd better try to contribute something. I must say that each time I do this, I have renewed respect for you because this is hard work. Mm -hmm. Number 10. Thanks, Carol. Star Trek Insurrection. I know, I know, it's pretty bad, but it's still Star Trek. <laughs> Nine, Hope Floats. Oh. Uh, this is a great story with many meaningful lessons My about mom loves how, that movie too. Yeah, about how sometimes we fail at loving well. Eight, this is a movie we haven't talked about. Enemy of the State, uh, ah. which is definitely in a pre-Y2K, this was a really fun movie. And it's still, like, you go back, like, you know, eh. it doesn't age as well, but it's, you know, it's this was... 
we were worried about this. This is my I like Will Smith movie. Yeah, totally. This is your Big Willie movie of '98. Oh so. yeah, uh, Will Smith and Gene, ha- and he was starting to do R. You know, uh, we're getting um, Wild Wild West. Yeah. That's '99. Uh, Will Smith and Gene Hackman are both great in this fast-moving action conspiracy movie. How funny to see Jack Black in his role, uh, in the role he plays as one of the tech guys. Uh, number seven, Ever After, I Can't Help Myself. I love this way of telling sin- the Cinderella story. It made me love Drew Barrymore. Um, number six, The Horse Whisperer, beautiful way to tell a, uh, this story of healing. Number five, mm-hmm. Rush Hour. Uh, this gets a higher rating simply because it is too much fun and Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sentence and Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, and Jackie Chan. Um, <laughs> number four, You've Got Mail. Sweet. Yes. What can I say? Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, I like You've Got Mail more than uh, um, Sleepless. Sleepless in Seattle. I do. Um, maybe because of Chappelle. <laughs> to be completely honest, <laughs> and I think that's fair. You know, uh, what? you probably like the Stars Born remake that Bradley Cooper's going to do, just because Dave Chappelle's in it. Maybe so. <laughs> um, number three, Armageddon, action in space. Duh! I'm surprised. I that. love I, watching those movies. <laughs> this is great. I love watching those shuttles take off. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that didn't show up on anyone's list here. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to do it, but no. Um, I mean, the movie. Yeah, fun. you had to make room for the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it is. I mean, it's better than Saving Private Ryan for sure. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, her number two, Meet Joe Black. Uh, I love this movie so much. I'm pretty sure that James has it on his list. Enough said. <laughs> uh, and her number one, Saving Private My- Ryan, because my mom's smart. Uh, this is my number one, not because I like to watch it over and over like James does. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure he's told you all of James, the what are you doing in there? <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you've, he's told you all the reasons it should be number one, and I would agree. It is so amazing, uh, but it's also very difficult for me to watch. Uh, there are scenes that are haunting, and they should be. Her honorable, honorable mentions are Patch Adams, Big Lebowski, Six Days, Seven Nights, which is a fun movie. Mm. That's, good, that's good Harrison Ford having fun. Um, the Mask of Zorro, it's got pirates in it. I know. Every movie with pirates in it is better than it deserves to be. That's because yes, they that don't includes make Cutthroat Island. Uh, <laughs> the Mask of Zorro and The Man in the Iron Mask. Here's where it gets interesting, guys. I noticed that there were three movies from 1998 that everyone talks about that we have not seen. By we, she means my parents. My question for you is should we? The Wedding Singer, There's Something About Mary, The Truman Show. Uh, yes, yes, and maybe. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, your answers are clearly I feel like wrong. Tru- I, feel like tr- <laughs> I feel like Truman's show would be more up her alley than sa- There's Something About Mary, but yeah. I... She's going to like The Truman Show. She's, yeah. Well, she's going to find The Truman Show really interesting, not necessarily enjoy watching it because it drags so much, but I think find it really interesting and like it. Um, I think she'll really like The Wedding Singer, or the, you know, find some stupid things about it, but oh, yeah. think it really, uh, really charming. Carol, listen to me. You'll like the wedding singer because it's really cute and charming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she like should definitely, She should definitely not go not watch There's Something About Mary. She should. Let, yeah. let your mother experience that. Okay. She needs there, to see nuts in a zipper. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, well, I, okay, there you have it. Hugs to all. Carol. Yay. James, what? stop watching Saving Private Ryan and go out and play with your friends. <laughs> I told you not to bother me while I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> Are you watching those haunting war memories? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this man. is a film that they came out for this year that I only saw in film school, but 
I, I, I know it wasn't going to get talked about, but the siege with Denzel Washington and Bruce Willis. Um, yes, def- that's def- a good movie. Definitely, like, yeah, d- definitely has dated, but still, like, very interestingly executed. Uh, so we sort of talked about this early on. There were a couple movies that like I adored as a kid that year that certainly don't make it onto my list, but movies that I really loved. I joked about Meet the Deedles, but I would have put <laughs> the Lost in Space movie, which I really, mm. really liked when I, when <laughs> I was a right. kid. Okay. Uh, I really liked the Godzilla movie that came out that year. That's more understandable. It was my uh, 11. Char- Charlize Theron's, uh, the, the, uh, the Charlize Theron and Bill Paxton, Mighty Joe Young. Which I yeah. think is a really solid, fun Disney family adventure movie. That's adorable enough. Um, and then, yeah. Um, shoot, the other ones were... I did really want... I really wanted to make Deep Rising my ringer and then just put <laughs> just put Brink at number nine. <laughs> uh, because Deep Rising is one of those weird movies that I've watched on TV so many friggin' times because it's stupid and weird. And there's all these like creepy tentacle monster sections of it that are just like... You can't look away. Um, Stephen Summers is just fun. It's getting a, like a really nice Blu-ray release. Yeah, it is. Yeah, in I, August or September yeah. or something. Like I might have made The Negotiator my ringer, but I haven't watched Ooh. it since. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, it's just too bad that I. It's hard to watch it now. <laughs> but <laughs> I also felt bad not finding a place for Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels because that a was film. a that was a movie yeah. I was like really like when I got into Guy Ritchie, I got really obsessed. Um, but it's not. I mean, Snatch is my favorite. Yeah, I think Snatch is better too. Yeah, that's why it's not. In mine. There's yeah. There's like there's section. There's the movies end up feeling so similar that there's like little sections of Lockstock that just drag or annoying. Yeah, where I yeah. I I like Snatch so much more. Yep. And these are two kind of like offbeat ones, but uh, Pecker by John Waters, which is an interesting oh, yeah. photography film, and uh, Apt Pupil by Brian Singer, um, which uh, is another Ian McKellen film. Not as entertaining or enjoyable as Gods and Monsters, but interesting. Uh, only other thing would be Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth is a, is fine, a good film. fine film. Yeah, um, just not like. I always forget she got nominated for that and the sequel for it too. Yeah, they're they're both incredible. Yeah, she's films. amazing. Yeah. yeah, they're just not like they don't hit my soul. Mm-hmm. You know the way that Brink exclamation mark does. <laughs> Uh, wow, thanks everybody All the lists, that was awesome Yeah, that was great um, I appreciate everybody sending them in Henry, thanks for staying up with us Of course We appreciate it um, Next week we're seeing The Best Damn Runner in Hollywood Oh, hell yeah That movie gets me stoked um, yeah, I think we have a guest too I, I, I've i been showing uh, Brooks hadn't seen 3, 4, and 5 So I've been showing her those And like the when we first I started with 4 Because I was like uh, That's an easy way And I know you're going to like this one And the first time he runs She's like he runs weird. He's like running with his shoulders back all the time. And I was like, oh shit, that's why he looks like he's moving so fast. He runs he, with his shoulders back. He understands how to make him look running Man. fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And was she impressed with Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall? Uh, I haven't asked. She loved Rogue Nation. Loved it. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. You, you know, I, I, I like that movie. It's just my least favorite of those three. Really? Yeah. It's because of the water sequence. I don't like the water sequence hmm. at all. I have a lot of people. I mean, I was reading a lot of. Uh, critics online, they think the Rogue Nation might be one of the best ones, and this one tops Rogue Nation, so I can't wait. Because I mean, Ghost Protocol know. is is just the sound effects where you know in the the bathroom scenes, just like I prefer a hammer. Henry Cobb, I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I I still haven't seen Rogue Nation, so that's going to be my two oh, yeah, on got Tuesday. To. But I got I, that. They're all amazing. Blu-ray set. <laughs> they're all amazing. I yeah. But three is my favorite. Four, I think, is the best one, and Rogue Nation is 
great. Ghost yeah, Protocol was great. like the one, like it's one of so the tight. only films in that year it came out that I saw twice in theaters. Yeah, it's yeah, just so great. tight. Man, Tom Cruise. It's amazing that like movie. that franchise gets better with age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Tom Cruise doesn't make a bad movie. Stamp it, send it, guarantee it. So let me tell you about Jack Reacher 2. That's not a bad movie. Okay, it's not bad. You're right. It's not bad. That's what I've seen. It's just not great. So so The Mummy, not bad, not great. Somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Misguided. (laughs) Cool. We'll see you next fucking day. Yeah. All night. All right. We'll see you next Mission Impossible. We, We accept that mission. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.